Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak. Coming to you from the X Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6NERDS5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Georges Genty, and you are listening to Real Nerds Podcast. We need to fail. We need to fail down here, so we don't fail up there. This is a bad idea. Is it ever a good one? Honestly. I got a really good feeling about this. Let's talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good. Wow. Go rogue. He's been authorized to hunt you down and kill you. That's the job. So glad we took this job. I'm talking about actual life and death stuff. Let's shoot something. Oh my god, I shot you! What the? He is a killer. But he will be killed tonight. Really? One never discusses a woman's age, Michael. What if I taught you better? Why should I? Because he's a 12-year-old boy. Dogs love those. Children have very deep feelings, just the way everybody does. You gotta say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I, I wanna, wanna hear it. it. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That's a copy. This is not a place for a priest, Father. You shouldn't be here. We might need to work on your sales pitch, son. <laughs> the El Royale. No place for a priest. I hope they remember you. Don't freeze. I never freeze. Because we're welcoming everybody to Real Nerds Podcast. End of the year extravaganza. Following into the new year. Film Splosion 2018. Hi, hey, everybody. Hi. And that's how everybody's doing, but fuck everybody. We're, our show's too long. <laughs> um, well, I'm doing well. Uh, oh, hi, Henry. Hi, Henry. Henry's here in person again. Yeah, Henry's in person, looking Great. very dapper. Thank you. Yeah. You have me for one week. That's yes. a really nice non-racist red hat you have on. Why, thank you. You're I welcome. appreciate that. Yeah, take it back, man. We also have another guest with us, Corinne, wearing... I don't even know what that is, so... <laughs> Pause to move the mic. I am wearing clothes, for the record. Yeah. <laughs> I said you're wearing, I don't even know what it is, because your kid's well, a Jayhawk fan. I don't want fan. people to think it's like a bikini or something. It's, a, it's, a it's more of, fun that way. I didn't even realize, you know, I don't, I, I don't see people that way, so I didn't even realize you were wearing KU stuff. Okay. I didn't know that was a thing. Like, I don't, I don't judge anybody yeah. based on their sp- it's sports. It's game day. I'm wearing KU clothes. Their sports, sports orientation. I just don't <laughs> judge people like that. You're not a sportist? Yeah. <laughs> not. Sportist. You know? I think everybody's equal. Cool. <laughs> Corinne, welcome to Film Explosion. Thanks, guys. Excited to have I you on. Appreciate you letting me join you today. I anytime. You being here. Yeah, anytime. If you're wondering why I sound so awesome, it's because uh, me and Brad made out and he gave me his cold. <laughs> so we both have mono. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I had mono for a whole year. It turns out I was just really bored. 
if two people ha- if two people have mono, is it then called stereo? <laughs> ah, oh, that's awful. That's an old uh, Wayne's World joke. Any uh, Wayne's World fans here? Oh. Yeah, the, the mono joke is. Nope. Yep. I fear change. Nice. So uh, if you've never been on a or heard a film explosion episode, we all pick our 10 favorite films from 2018 and we share them with you. Uh, you will hear the trailer for each film and uh, to get you in the mood for why we picked it and what we uh, liked about it. Brad, are you okay? Why? Why? It's just been such a bad, bad time. Oh. Like, I really wanted to have, it, have that DVD done. And then, like, as I'm sitting here, I'm just like, oh, we don't have all the mics we need. And then I totally forgot these two guys' DVDs that I made. That's okay. It's okay, Brad. We're all, we're all going to okay. get through it. It's such a bummer. It's so fine. And I'm sick. Yeah. So. That part's a bummer, because then you don't feel well. But the rest of us will be just fine. What's great is, even without a DVD, I still can mostly remember what my list is. So we'll be all right. Yeah. And James doesn't have a beard on, which is really yeah. weird. If anybody fucked this day up, it's me. Yeah, yeah who he, are you? He's like that. What's that one dude? Wooly, wo- you, like you moved the... Wooly Willy? Wooly Willy, yeah. I, yeah. Look, I look like upside down Wooly Willy now. Yeah. James, have you been cast in the reboot of Wooly Willy? <laughs> Wall Wooly Willy? <laughs> I can't say the name, Excuse but you know me? what I mean. No. The reboot? The reboot. Yeah, yes. Or, sorry, the, the, the live action version. No, I no. haven't. Michael Bay's yeah. producing it. No, I... I um. I just felt like I should I should lose it. It's been you know it's it's. it's got <laughs> I've long. never you seen you without using it. it. So ten you years. Not? I was wondering. Yeah. Ten years. I've Damn. never seen it without a beard. I've shaved it in the last ten years, but you just must not have seen me then. Yeah. Um. Like there was, but it was every time I do this over the last fifteen years. Every time I do this, I shave it once, and then I don't touch it again for five years. I appreciate that you got the job done clearly, because like I shave too much in a hurry, so I still have stuff left over, and then yeah. I'll have to finish it off the next day i think i i abused my wife to some degree because i let it get super long like it was it was it was crazy wooly long grizzly adam and style. then i should like i should have at least given her a week where it was super short so she could imagine like what if, <laughs> the, like the sexy beard right like well no i just mean like so that she could see like okay well if you just took three millimeters off that's what his face looks like. You want your but, facial hair to be a choose-your-own-adventure for your wife. Right. In, in in this case, it's more like I I, I, I neighbor Wilson walked out from around the fence, <laughs> and she was like, oh, my God, I want a divorce. Da, da, did, they, da, 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 did they ever show Wilson's face? I think in the – was it in the finale? It must have been in the finale because that's where you'd put that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't remember. I know there were times. Well, no, no. In the finale, he came out with a little fake wooden thing that he was holding. Like he, he had a little wooden face <laughs> around his. Yeah, you've like. I don't think they showed his face on the show, and there were times where they'd show the bottom half of his face so you could imagine. Um, and you can just go Google the guy. He's a man. Okay. Uh, he gotcha. does. He does have a face. I like the mystery. He wasn't like a burn victim from the bottom down. <laughs> I like the he, Simpsons episode where it's Tim Allen runs him over with a lawnmower and he goes like, "Oh no, I killed Wilson. Looks like it's back to jail for me." <laughs> oh, I wish. Uh, if you're curious, he's the same guy that plays Davy Jones in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the oh. big uh, squid guy. Yeah. Oh, nice. No, it's so. not. Yeah, that's what he looks like in real life. No, so. it's I love not. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Thank you, Industrial Light and Magic, for cleaning him up. That's why he always asks for Jack Sparrow on Home Improvement. Henry's Henry's trying to say that both of them are actually squid face people. (laughs) (laughs) There's no CG involved. Both both Wilson and the David Jones actually have squid squid monster faces. Love it. Anyway. All right. What are we doing? So I'm going to start with Corinne, and I'm going to go around in a circle. 
because I'm going to put it all on her that her first movie better be really good because you're starting us off. Wow. Oh, gosh. For the 2018 that's, that's film explosion. Of, that's just mean. Under pressure. I'm going to pull up my list here. I totally forgot what it was. Oh, and that's what number 10 should be. Number 10 should be like, oh, <laughs> well, what did I, I end I know, up picking? I know what it is, but I have like notes. Oh. Because I sent Brad an email prepared. in case I couldn't make it. Gotcha. Man. So, yeah. are y'all ready? Yeah, we're yeah. ready. Oh, we're ready. Okay. So, my number 10 was a film that, by the time I saw it, it had been kind of hyped up a little bit too much for me, but I still really enjoyed it, trying to figure out what the F was going on. My number 10 is a simple favor. A few weeks ago, I met Emily, this wonderful, elegant person. Our sons brought us together, actually. Come here, little dude. Can me and Miles have a play date today? A drink? Does your kid drink? Maybe? I mean, it's never too early to start teaching. I think you're joking, but great. Every time we do this, I feel so high tone. <laughs> Want to trade confessions? No, no. Come on. What's the wildest thing you've ever done? She is an enigma, my wife. You can get close to her. You can never quite reach her. She's like a beautiful ghost. Did you just take my picture? Erase it. I guess I'm probably not the kind of person you're normally friends with. Oh, you do not want to be friends with me. Trust me. Stephanie, I need your help. Uh, are you okay? I'm fine, but I, I do need just a, a simple favor. Can you come over? Yeah. Five days ago, Emily went missing. I warn you, you go poking around in her past, you're gonna find something that is terrifying. She was not a normal person like you or me. I've never seen such a beautiful girl wanna be so invisible. I smell her, Sean. I smell her perfume like a ghost. It's just you being paranoid. She told me to say hi to Stephanie. Were you aware that he took out an extra $4 million life insurance policy on Emily before she disappeared? People do terrible things for their own reasons. They thought you knew more than you were letting on. Oh, you got dual head nods so, at the same time. I'm like, so glad. Uh, I tried really hard. Yeah, this should have been my ringer. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you got this on your list. Awesome. Yeah, Why yeah I like just it? recently rewatched it. It's good. I haven't seen it since the theaters, but. I do remember like seeing the trailer a lot and being kind of intrigued with this like kind of weird vibes it was thrown off of like it's this super suspenseful like kind of murder mystery thing but then at the end of the trailer there's like this little like French song that plays it's like <laughs> or whatever it's weird it's like Gone Girl but fun yeah yeah it is well I don't know I didn't see Gone Girl but it well, is it is fun it's like Gone Girl but, but fun, fun. <laughs> okay. 
but so, yeah, it just kind of had a, like a weird aesthetic, and yeah, I liked all it, the performances. It's fun, and like there's lots of there is lots of French music in it. Yeah. Yes. And also, those... that house. <laughs> I would murder for that house. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, and both those characters are so much fun. Blake mm-hmm. Lively and Anna Kendrick are just amazing. Uh, you just want to hang out with them, you know. And passes the Bechdel test very well, which is appreciative. And that mm-hmm. Harry Golden guy. Oof. Yeah. He Oof. may or may not show up later. <laughs> Ooh. Is he your number two film of the year? Is this Harry Golden? <laughs> is this Harry Golden? <laughs> <laughs> no, he might just literally walk down those stairs and oh. just come right in. <laughs> and we make out. That It'll does. be a great time. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> that handsome man is pure celluloid. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Cool. That's a good pick. I do like that, too, that he's not really like a bad guy in that movie you know he's just kind of dumb yeah <laughs> you know? right yeah exactly yeah for being a college professor <laughs> right yeah <laughs> and maybe he's a little bit like thinks too much with his dick sure <laughs> it's, like the whole conversation that he has with blake lively's character where like right when they first get together where she like steals his mom's ring or something yeah and then she's like all right now meet me in the bathroom and we're gonna like have sex it's yeah, you didn't and he's think, just like, like yes, right ma'am. Then that, that might have been like a red flag for you. Hell no, right. that's like the most greatest thing you could ever happen to you. <laughs> so, Mary, she steals my mom's jewelry. Mary, woman who <laughs> constantly does terrible shit, but makes up for it with sex in the bathroom. Yeah, on yeah. an airplane, mile high club, man. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere, you can't say no. So, well, and I guess it's consistent with his character because then, like, exactly. right after his wife supposedly yes. dies, he then bangs her best friend. So, yep. Yep. Are they really best friends, though? Ooh, intrigue. <laughs> well, her supposed so best good. friend, at least. Man, I need to watch that again. Like, that's just a, that's such an easily recommendable film. And also, know? her costumes, Blake Lively's costumes. I love the outfit that she wears where it's, like, this suit, but kind of deconstructed of, like, the little cuffs. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, You know, and it's, I don't she know. She takes the jacket off and there's just a, cuffs underneath? Yeah. Yeah, it's dope. It's anyway. got a nice little How old does, Hollywood elegance to it that I enjoyed. Those, yeah. How does it even stay on her wrist? Like ticky, like foam tape, double stick foam tape. <laughs> tape guy. The world may never know. Yeah. I cool. Mean, she went from fighting sharks oh, man. to fighting preconceived notions of women in power. All at the same time making love to a Green Lantern. <laughs> okay. Nope. Uh. <laughs> You're like oh. you're like the Daniel Tosh of our show. We tell jokes, then you just say one more to just kill it. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Aww. Although now it's making me think of Henry Golding as Green Lantern. Ooh. I'd be down for that. I think Do Henry it. just swooned. Do it. But he's Asian. The Green Lantern's white. <laughs> I, nobody Who gives a shit, gives a shit Shut Ryan? Up, he's hot. <laughs> nobody gives a shit. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I know you are. <laughs> cool. Okay. All right. Thanks, Sweet. guys. Yeah. Not at all. Henry, I'm, I'm out now. <laughs> <laughs> well. Hey, Henry. Hello, it's my turn. It is. Uh, okay, so my number 10 of the year. Um, uh, like I said before, least pretentious list so far I've made. Very proud of myself. This is amazing. We're going to start a little pretentious with an indie film. So, my number 10 is Blind Spotting. What is this? Oh, 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 this? Hey, hey, I, I would like to get out. Look at this. I'm better one in the glove, though. Yeah. I ain't trying to go back to jail. $200 for Collins. Not Collins' gun. Very nice. Oh, I just got an Uber pickup. You got it. Is this an Uber? Hell yeah. Tell him, slow down. No, you can't catch me. I'm on too fast on the gas. Don't chase me. Put him up like this. You got him. I'm a tough guy. I'm a tough guy. Wow. 
Do me a favor. I got three days left on this probation. When you got that gun on you, just don't tell me about it. Plausible deniability. Oh, do you mean this gun? Get out. <laughs> Good night, Colin. Go. Bro. Stop. Stop. Don't you. Don't <laughs> You are a convicted felon, Mr. Hoskins. You are now that until proven otherwise. How? Prove otherwise at all times. Not enough. Stop! Don't shoot, don't shoot! <laughs> are you with me now? You know, you don't have to act ghetto to hang out here. Can you hear me now? You need to get rid of Miles. Miles, this is my best friend. He's gonna put you back in jail or he's gonna get you killed. Miles! Don't make me write you up for your last week. The judge will extend your time here a year. That is the life we live in and it's been since the beginning and you know we stuck in that soil loyal. Don't be who you is. time you come around, you monsters got me feeling like a monster in my own town. So yeah. Is this a train spotting sequel? What is this movie? I don't uh, know what this is. Blind Spotting came out in the summer. Uh, it came out pretty much at the same time as another film uh, that, they two, that the two are compared to a lot. I'm not going to mention it just in case it's on someone else's list. Um, okay. But uh, Blind Spotting is, uh, it has uh, David Diggs and uh, Rafael Casal in it. Who are uh, Debbie Diggs is more famous for uh, being the main supporting actor in Hamilton. Oh, uh, but before Hamilton, he was a slam poet in uh, all of just all all of America, pretty much. Uh, and so he and his friend Rafael Casal were have been making this film for ten years. Uh, and the film is basically about gentrification in uh, Oakland. It's about these two guys who are quote from the ghetto uh, that are living in Oakland as it's being gentrified. And it's about how one of them is really desperate to leave kind of that lifestyle and kind of embrace this kind of better kind of lifestyle, whereas the other one is really desperate for staying there and kind of defending what he has always been. Yeah, It's about that conflict that the two run into. Uh, it's only an hour and a half long, uh, but it's, in my opinion, the best written film of the year just because it has so many themes like just thrown into it. Mm. Um like the trailer, I think is pretty misleading because the trailer makes it about all about like that. Uh, the David Diggs character sees like a police shooting, and that's what the entire film is going to be about. That's really like maybe five minutes in the entire film. Yeah, like he sees that he then goes to hang out with his friends. He goes like, "Oh, by the way, I saw someone get shot yesterday." <laughs> I, it's literally like he goes somewhere. He's like, "By the way, I think I saw, saw someone got shot yesterday." And they're like, "Oh, okay," and then they just move on. <laughs> um, but it's like it's it's technically a comedy. Um, and it is and oh, okay. it, it is funny. It gave me like probably my biggest laugh of the year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's very well done, very well written. There's a great, you can, I found it, you can find the scene online if you just want to see this one scene. If you look up like just like, uh, like the street fight scene, uh, which is just an argument between the two main characters. Uh, oh. it's, it is where it's cause Rafael Casal is, is it them fighting with words or is it they live? It's them fighting with words. Okay. Shoot. Um, it's, uh, I was really excited for like, they live because, but... because like David, <laughs> D- yeah, David Diggs is, uh, is black, obviously, and then Rafael, uh, Rafael Casal is white, and Rafael Casal is the one that wants to stay in kind of the ghetto and kind of stay kind of like in that kind of lifestyle. And they get into this argument where David Diggs says, You need to call me the N word. 
uh, and kind of and kind of about kind of that what that word means and what that how that word applies to people. Huh. Uh, and it, it's a very very well well written scene. A lot of the films actually in rhyme, which is really interesting. What? Because um, they're both slam poets. Um, but yeah. I would I definitely recommend it. It's very interesting, very well written. It's the same length as Venom, and Venom. Uh, okay. <laughs> Had a lot less to it, so <laughs> I only mentioned that name because I'm almost positive it's not on anyone's list. So. Is it? Is it? No, it's Zach's number one. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you fucking guessed is, it. Is that the movie that everybody compares this to? Is <laughs> are the are the end credits as long as Venom with a, <laughs> with a scene from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse at the end of it? Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, I strongly recommend it. Uh, it's very it's very well done. Uh, I think I, I think a lot of people would like it. So. Yeah, it keeps popping up on um, uh, the Best Buy shelves and whatnot. And I, I it was a Sundance release, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, but it's like yeah. one of those ones that came out with the other one that you mentioned. We yeah. don't want to mention it yet, I guess. But um, but yeah, it looked pretty interesting. So. If it's not on your list, Zach, you're the only person I thought it would be on. So the other one's not on my list, and this one isn't on my list. So what so movie fine. is the other one? Uh, sorry to bother you. Oh sure. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. no no yeah. no! Damn it. <laughs> I thought you were talking. Okay. I thought you were referring to monsters and men. The uh, the uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> These oh, are, this in the film, I guess we're not mentioning anymore. Um, were, were, were released at the same weekend, oh, so they were compared to. Okay, all right, gotcha. <laughs> well, okay. Well, whoops. Oh, what's your number ten, then, Zach? <laughs> it's not that yet. Oh, okay, um, good. Uh, no, that, my, that would have been funny. <laughs> so good, good pick, Henry. Great, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my number ten is it's it's a documentary, but the caveat is that it, in my opinion, it should be paired with a film that the documentary is talking about. Um, it's a Netflix presentation, um, and it's uh, from the director of Won't You Be My Neighbor. Um, it's Morgan Neville's film, They'll Love Me When I'm Dead. The other side of the wind is the crazy picture. It's not a work of fiction, and it's a little of everything. It's kind of a departure in movie making. Orson Welles was the ultimate independent filmmaker. Somewhere between Zen master and God. No other director has been held up to such an impossible standard. Citizen Kane, the greatest motion picture ever made. Do you agree? No, certainly not. That's My next one is, though. Could you give us the title of that? I haven't decided what it is yet. Oh. <laughs> the other side of the wind, what is that? Orson Welles' last movie. Everything else I've ever done has been controlled, but I want to go further. It's a story of the last day of the director's life. The darling of Hollywood who fell out of favor. Wait a minute, that's Orson. Is it? Orson, is that you? Everybody will think it's autobiographical, but it's not. Yeah, bullshit. Orson was such a perfectionist. Action! So I think we have ourselves a confrontation. Cut. I fucked that up. Take 21. He was creating an environment where others would get sucked into it. <laughs> it was this circus of scattered souls. It's Orson, it'll be something. We were totally out of reality. And he said, if anything ever happens to me, I want you to promise me you'll finish the picture. No story has a happy ending unless you stop telling it before it's over. Let us raise our cups to our crazy and beloved profession, to the movies. A lot of people want to see the other side of the wind get made. 
It is the greatest movie never released, the bookend to Citizen Kane. What did Orson really mean by it? What is its true form? Orson said, they'll love me when I'm dead. Um, they'll Love Me When I'm Dead is uh, a f- documentary about Orson Welles and his final film, uh, The Other Side of the Wind, which, you know, like it's it's kind of tailor made for me. So it's kind of unfair for me to like pitch this in a way that's accessible to everyone. But like Orson Welles like has this weird reputation throughout like film fandom and film history as like this arrogant asshole, which he was. There's no questioning that whatsoever. But it always feels like like if you look at the long lineage, like from Citizen Kane onward, even though his ego was bad, like he still got a f- bad shake in Hollywood because of Hearst and everything that Citizen Kane kind of brought upon him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you watch the documentary, you get a sense of a guy who theoretically, like any other director who was getting a revitalization in the seventies should have gotten some form of like, like work, like, or like, like the opportunity to maybe get some money from a studio See, at that like, small oh, period. Pick weird movies, and now we are just grinding to a halt. <laughs> Go ahead. No, Zach. we're friends. <laughs> <No. laughs> Don't listen to him. Um, so, uh, but so this uh-huh. this film attempts uh-huh. to <laughs> this film attempts to kind of redeem him slightly, and it kind of does it. But it's also about the redemption of Peter Bogdanovich, who. He talks a lot about Orson Welles, but he doesn't really talk about how much Orson pissed him off and how he kind of led to – it seems like it led to him and Sybil Shepard kind of separating at some point, hmm. which is interesting. Um, it's not like the best documentary of the year. I will easily agree to that, but I think it's an interesting one and one that is worth your time. Um, and if you watch it with The Other Side of the Wind, like if you watch Other Side of the Wind than this one, it kind of like – it's a nice little double feature, mm-hmm. uh, long and pretentious, and you should be a film <laughs> fan to do it, but I'd recommend it, especially since it's on Netflix. You're not paying any money, so you're not really like yeah. investing anything. Orson Welles is weird. He he is. <laughs> he is. And like that's the thing. Like This documentary shows a lot of like how like conflicted he must have been at this point and how that film like because the finances are all like fucking shaky and there's like a deal with the Shah of Iran involved in it. Like how by the time it's all said and done, like he dies without completing it, and that's why the restoration had to be done mm. by Frank Marshall and um, uh, Danny Houston actually came in to do VO of his father John Houston's voice because his jo- father John was in the movie. Mm. So it's it's a pretty fascinating film history thing, and like I love Won't You Be My Neighbor a lot, but like Morgan Neville made a movie specifically for me, so I, it was my ringer of like yeah. if I don't talk about this, it'll just be forgotten. Totally. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they'll they'll love me when I'm dead. Um, with the caveat of the other side of the wind. Cool. I liked Orson Welles in Transformers. I thought he was nice. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? A talking robot? I made Citizen Kane. Damn it! Now, Zach. Side Where's my note? F- <laughs> yeah. Whenever Ryan does his number ten, you should be a dick to him. Yeah, no, nah, <laughs> no. I, I, he can't because my number ten's a good I, movie. I, 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 <laughs> I'm a living punching bag. It's fine. I, I, I know my I know my place in this world. It's not really and, you, Zach. It's uh, Orson Welles. I can, <laughs> I can I never could get into his movies, and I think all his movies are super overrated. It's it's it, it. Look, they're not for everybody, but like 
I actually imagine now that Orson Welles' ghost is going to haunt you in the middle of the night going like, it's, Ryan Frost. It's a lot like The Shining, where everyone's like, it's the greatest horror film of all time, and I think it's garbage. Mm-hmm. And where everyone's like, this isn't Kane's the greatest movie of all time. I'm like, this is boring. It pumps it. It, it gets pumped up severely. Yeah. Like, I like Citizen Kane, but not for not necessarily just for the visual stuff. Like, I love that story. I think that story is really I think well the most told. interesting thing about Citizen's Kane, Citizen Kane is when we you picked it in one of our films explosion. <laughs> And the weird to... trailer, it's like, we're talking about the new Hollywood picture, uh, Citizen Kane. Um, you know what's funny? The Pinocchio trailer and it are very similar, but the Pinocchio one's really short. <laughs> They're like, who will be your new favorite character in Pinocchio? Is <laughs> it Geppetto, the lovable, the lovable scamp who creates puppets out of wood. In that, they also mention the cat and the fox. Or, or, and um, uh, what's, it, what's his Honest name? Honest John. Honest John and his, and his sidekick. No, is like, no. will those be your favorite characters? I'm like, probably not. That's right. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. Uh, um, or Lam- cool. they, should, they didn't say Lampwick which I'm like of course not nobody wants to be friends with a guy who turns into a donkey <laughs> ah he's a cool guy though he smokes drinks gambles plays until, pool until he has a tragic end <laughs> well should I drink gambled and played don't, pool don't we always I turned into a donkey for four years guys it was fun <laughs> the only thing I'll say about Orson Welles is he's not even top five of best Rochesters so yeah sorry. what sorry yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking take that Orson Welles <laughs> yeah <laughs> You just hear like a you just, you just hear a fat guy rumbling in his grave. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's my number ten. Cool, Brad. Brad. All right, my number ten is on Letterbox. This is a 2017 movie that comes out next week and that I saw <laughs> two months ago at the Denver Film Festival. My number ten is The Upside. You need to prove you're looking for work. Yeah, I've been looking. Trust me. Three signatures by tomorrow, or you can tell it to the judge. Tell me about a time when you worked hard to solve a problem. This morning, getting up. We're going to find you someone you like. Let me be your arms and your legs. I love that. All right. Penthouse. You need to wait your turn. Relax, it's not a holdup. Just sign this one, please. How would I sign it? I don't know. Slowly? (sighs) What, don't your arms work? They don't. You can move your mouth. As can you. I need assistance. How much does it pay? Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. It's my bad, my bad, man. You are not qualified for this position. The buckle, buckle! Have you ever changed a catheter? No. Pinch the head, insert. Mm. I can't feel it. Oh, well, I can. You want to feed your soul? Then listen to its clue. Think, think. Think about what you're trying to do to me. It's amazing, ain't it? I sound just like her. Yeah, it's uncanny. He was rich as Jay-Z? No, richer. Which car is yours? All of these to the right. Oh, my God. They're not practical. Exactly. You can have any girl you want. What about this lady with all the bow ties? I'll be perfect for each other. You can't move your body. She can't move her face. Surprise! I specifically said nothing for my birthday. I'm sorry you got to have a surprise party in your huge mansion. Some of us got real problems. I'm fighting to see my son. And whose fault is it? Is it yours or is the world out to get you? Are you mad? You want to break this big-ass bottle of wine? Yeah! What else you want to do? The ball. Dell made a mess. So I surrender. Jimmy. This is the moment I surrender. 
Uh, it's actually apparently a, uh, I guess the Hollywood remaster version of the Inconceivables, Untouchables, um, and it's about a Brian Cranston plays a writer who is paralyzed in a hang gliding accident, <laughs> and then he uh, is interviewing people for a caretaker position, and um. Oh, that's right. They're showing that Kevin. trailer a lot now. Yeah. yeah. Well, it comes out next week, apparently. Yeah. So. Yeah. But... Um, and then Kevin Hart interviews for the job. He's uh, uh, like recently out of prison, and he's he has to fulfill like th- uh, a job search quota, and uh, he just goes through the motions until he just stumbles onto this uh, caretaker position. And um, Brian Cranston's so impressed with how Brian Cranston wants to die. So he's hoping he can find someone who is like inept at the position so that he he can like check out. And then uh, Kevin Hart actually ends up like filling a gap in his life. Also, Brian oh. Cranston's wife died in the, in the hang gliding ac- accident. So or oh. cancer. It's not quite clear. Sure. But um, yeah. I like so. to think she fell like Wile E. Coyote. Maybe. Or, or, or hang gliding gave her cancer. Yeah. All plausible. So yeah, it's, it's on my list because it was like. Something I picked from the festival at the last minute to go see, and it was like one of the best movies oh. I saw the whole time. So. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's why, why are they dumping it in January then? I don't know. Like because Kevin Hart hates gay people. <laughs> wow. Probably. Fuck. No, that's not. That's not even like. That's pretty well known. Yeah. That's like when his tweets were out. I'm like, mm. I remember reading an interview with him in Entertainment Weekly or something saying he would never play a gay person. Yeah, but we need to fire James Gunn. Yes, I know. We yeah. really gotta take yeah. care of James priorities. Gunn. Yeah. yeah, priorities. Um. It's probably just not testing well, so it's. Huh. I, I thought it was great. And the audience seemed to like it, but. And also, what's huh. coming out in January? Glass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. I guess I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing really that big. Is, yeah. Is there is there not like a, a skeleton key too? Uh, clearly, none of you saw a movie of the year Escape Room last night, like I did. <laughs> <laughs> you actually went and saw that. Yep. You didn't, is it, is you didn't call 13? us. Uh, I can't. It can't be. It's too violent. Is it? I could have sworn I read it as PG-13, but I could be wrong. I don't know. It was yeah. PG-13. They're pretty, much, they're pretty pushing it, so. Huh. Like, I've been so sick that I've just been, like, not paying attention, just re-watching stuff. From well, I, w- I wouldn't say you need to go see it. So. Awesome. <laughs> like, and then my kid was really cool last night. He said he wanted to watch The Rock, and he picked Skyscraper. So, you know. Oh, oh, I thought he moved uh, the I was, rock. I was going to say, he picked wrong. He should have picked the rock. <laughs> no, he, like, skyscraper's fun. Like I was no, but it's didn't... not the rock. I'm oh, sorry. what if they remade the rock with the rock? In uh, it? <laughs> I mean, yes. they should. If you go to his IMDb page, it's like upcoming um, projects. It's he, like 30. He's got every <laughs> reboot imaginable. Good for him. I'm just surprised your son didn't want to pick Be Cool. I mean, that's clearly yeah. the rock's finest well, hour. He likes Rampage. Yeah. yeah, he likes yeah. Rampage and Jumanji, and he asked for another one with The Rock, and so I just put them out, and he picked the one with him jumping across a building. Jumanji is probably not the n- enough The Rock. No, he you really know? liked it though, because yeah. I mean it's a fun movie. But I'm saying, if you wanted though. to watch The Rock, too much Jumanji jun- is great. Too much jungle, not enough The Rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, yes, yeah. So. James, cool. Uh, so my number ten, you know, my number ten is usually saved for. I always call it the Ringer. It's something that I swap in, like. Um, like a simple favor or uh, there's a handful of movies that I was looking at this year that I thought like, ah, oh, this is really what I should put there. Or Johnny Knoxville's The Ringer. <laughs> no, it was never that. Um, and this year, as I as I got the rest of my list, you know, at least everything that was going to be on it pretty nailed down. I realized like this was a year that was 
in the real world kind of rough, you could say, and a time where things felt really divided and there was a lot of like anger and separation and like it was just when we when we all left the theater and pulled our head out of the sand we came back to something that wasn't always fun and lincoln came out years ago i looked at (laughs) (laughs) i looked at uh i looked at my list and realized a lot of the movies on my list had something very important to say Mm. um and and they were often trying to speak a good word into that division um one way or another not even always intentionally and so for my ringer i decided i should pick a movie that i thought had something really important to say and it was really different and something that most people probably didn't watch. Uh, So my number 10 is Hannah Gatsby's Nanette. I don't feel comfortable in a small town. I get a bit tense, mainly because I'm this situation. And in a small town, that's all right from a distance. People are like, oh, good bloke. I love being mistaken for a man. I, I wouldn't want to be a straight white man. Not if you paid me. Although the pay would be substantially better. I do think I have to quit comedy, though. And it's probably not the forum to make such an announcement, is it? I, I have built a career out of self-deprecating humour. And I simply will not do that anymore. Not to myself or anybody who identifies with me. Do you understand what self-deprecation means? It's not humility. It's humiliation. I want my story heard. Because what I would have done to have heard a story like mine. Uh, So, Nanette... You didn't see it, but the... uh Exclamation point from Metal Gear Solid went over my head. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, what the trailers have been really good for. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Nanette. Does this even count a, as a movie? It's a comedy hey, special. Hey, hey, Hold your horses. So, what is it? It is a film. It is, it, it, it is presented on Netflix in the same context as any other film. Um, it is a stand up special by Hannah Gatsby. Um, and. Even that, the reason why I would argue that it is more of a film than it is just a stand-up special is that about halfway through, much like Dave Chappelle's A Bird Revelation, about halfway through, it stops being funny. Um, and uh, Henry, I have a feeling you saw it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and what it becomes is, you know, she starts off and she's telling jokes and all of this, and she's slowly and deliberately and gently laying these themes for what she's actually going to talk about. And the second half of it stops being funny and starts being a really intelligent um, and, and often heartbreaking conversation about why she frames it as why she needs to stop doing comedy. Um, but it really is her just breaking down a... This this idea that she has right now that that comedy comes from two different places. She it either comes from anger and the reason she has to be angry, she doesn't feel like she's allowed she she should perpetuate anymore. And the other is that she is really good. Like comedy comes a lot from creating tension and breaking that tension. And she doesn't think that we should break the tension anymore. That we kind of need to live in it. And so she starts telling stories about what it was like to be a lesbian in trans in uh, 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 Tasmania. Um, at a really difficult time, um, she tells the stories like tells really touching, beautiful stories about 
her mother that that earlier on she made jokes out of but never told you the actual end of the story either because the end of the story was heartbreaking and terrible and violent and awful and things we didn't want to hear or because the end of the story was beautiful and heartwarming and wonderful and everything we actually probably do need to hear but neither of those things made great jokes and she spends a lot of time and some of it is is like there's still funny things in it and you will laugh and have a good time um her ranting about why Pablo Picasso is a fucking rapist asshole and that cubism isn't worth the way that he treats women is brilliant and so memorable and one of the most fun and and interesting things that I got to sit through this year. Um, watching this reminded me in some ways of uh, of like some of the other movies I've talked about in the past where like when it's over, you just kind of sit there for a bit and kind of stew and and it is not a it is not at all times a comfortable movie especially if you are a white straight male it is not always a comfortable movie because she kind of makes you sit in it a little bit mm -hmm. um and it makes you think about some things that i think are worth talking about and so in in that context where i felt like this was a year where a lot of movies were trying to actually say something good this was one and this was a conversation where she was ripping open a wound to say like, hey, we got to talk about this stuff and not let this be open. And I think it's also just a an extremely brave piece of art where, I mean, she she puts a lot of her shame and guilt and pain into this thing. And so I put it here. Yeah, it's it's above two unbelievably good stand up specials from Dave Chappelle that I think are more brilliantly crafted and funny but this one has sort of a passion and a heart to it that i don't think anybody else could have done so well i mean i've noticed like a lot with stand specials this year that uh there's been this there's been this trend where like the first half is very funny yes and then they all then halfway through they're always they're always like now i'm gonna get serious and they'll tell yes. jokes throughout the serious part right. but another example is uh annihilation uh Patton oswald's yes. uh Patton oswald's annihilation uh, yeah. very much so. yeah. yes uh, and uh, but I think like with Dave Chappelle stuff uh, and yeah. Annihilation, they're talking about very personal issues, where, where she's talking a lot more about just world issues. Yeah. So well, and she but she's talking about them in a personal way. You're right. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Dave Chappelle's one has a lot more to do with Hollywood and what mm -hmm. happened to him and all of that. Yeah. And, and I think it's brilliant. I, I do. And I think what you would expect from Dave Chappelle is that in in those. Every word, every everything that seems like a screw up is a brilliantly planned piece of pacing. Mm -hmm. And with Nanette, that's not true. Mm -hmm. There are times where she repeats herself, where she stumbles a little bit, where she chokes herself up, where she gets angry and says things that you know weren't scripted, mm -hmm. but she's she's just working her way through it to some extent. And it is for the most, you know, 99% of it is planned out well. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying you see the cracks, and that makes it maybe not the best piece of stand-up art, but makes it a little bit more impactful. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's one of the most valuable hours I've spent watching film this year. Yeah. You, you talked about this earlier this year, and I've only seen Bird I Revelation. I haven't seen this one by Gatsby, but uh, what I like about Bird Revelation and what I guess I'll like about this one is like just because it grinds to a halt doesn't mean it's not funny. Like hum oh, no, hum hum humor doesn't necessarily lie in laughter; it yeah. lies in like observation and yeah. like. I mean, I mean, like I, I Bird Revelation like is one of the most well crafted like yeah. monologues ever. And for a long time, that was my number ten. Like that was the thing where I was like, "Well, this isn't really a movie, but I'm gonna slip it in here because it's great." 
uh, and I loved it, and I watched it like four times. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was one where when I rewatched it, you know, and you're right, it is still funny when she talks about Pablo Picasso. <laughs> she's saying awful shit and making a really good point, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious at the same time because yeah. she presents it to you in a way where you're like, how do you reconcile these two things? And you go like, you don't. I, we just laugh at it and go like, oh, yeah, man, that guy was an asshole. We should be better than this, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I thought it was fantastic, and so I, I had to recommend it. I do remember you talking about it on the show, and I went and watched it after hearing mm-hmm. your recommendation. And, yeah, it's really good. The one part where she kind of tells you, like, the rest of the story about when she was mistaken for a guy uh-huh. or something. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a rough movie. Things are still broken. Anyway, Ryan, <laughs> um, please give us a fun movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Um, you know, this year I actually struggled really uh, hard with my list. I, I really enjoyed this year in film. Um, and as I made my list, I whittled it down to movies I rewatched or movies that I enjoyed, obviously, um, goes without saying. Even though there's maybe some movies I might have rated higher or um, I thought were better films. Um, sometimes for me, it's not how good the film is. It's how much I enjoy the experience. Um, so this one might surprise people because it's, uh, battles that happen at sea. And I was really, um, shocked that it ended up on my list. Uh, my number 10 film is I kill giants. Gift of new gift of old bless the righteousness guide my hand. Against the darkness, my final stand. Barbara, I want to get to know you a little bit more. Do you have many friends? What about your sister? I play your dragons or whatever if you ask me to. That would be hilarious. What are you doing? What's it for? There's some serious stuff going down. I find giants. I hunt giants. I kill giants. Cool. Yeah, that's it. Dark omens are totally cool. A giant comes to the place and takes everything from you. And when it's done, it's like anything that made your life good was never even there. Giants aren't real. Then why are you sweating? No one likes me. I know that everything I do looks crazy. This isn't real. You're not listening to me! This giant is coming! We're gonna save this town. There are times where you have to ask yourself, do I want to live my life as a coward? Or a warrior? Wow. Battles that happen at sea. Um, I Kill Giants is one of my favorite graphic novels introduced to me uh, by Mr. Hart here. And um, it's by one of my favorite comic writers. So I didn't know he wrote this. Uh, Joe Kelly wrote many Spider-Man stories that are really great. Um, I Kill Giants is a story about a young woman who is dealing with uh, certain things in her life that I want. Trauma. Trauma. There we go. I don't want to say it because it. 
the movie's uh, undiscovered trauma. Undiscovered trauma, and uh, she also fights giants, and um, <laughs> she has a special weapon to take out these giants. And the movie is an independent movie, and it's based on a comic book, and it so it doesn't live up to the potential sometimes of fighting the giants. Yeah. However, the young lady that plays Barbara is amazing. Yeah. And the story is really well told because Joe Kelly was very involved in it. Um, I was fortunate enough. James had to go out of town and I was fortunate enough to go see this at the Alamo with Joe Kelly. Um, and I've met Joe Kelly on many occasions. You can also find him in real nerds pod show season one, episode six, yep. um, asking who we are. Um, <laughs> he's a really nice guy. And uh, it made my day, too. So he went and did uh, the showing of I Kill Giants. And the next day, he was at Dink. And uh, he said, you know, at at the showing, he says, hey, if you bring the posters, I'll sign them and talk to you. Cool. And so I went to Dink. And uh, my little boy went there with me. I'm like, oh, it's a comic book show. You know, my kid's going to have fun. Eh, Dink's really not made for children. (laughs) Um, Dink is an independent comic convention. And it's fun. But it's hard for my son to get excited about, you know, social issue comics yeah. um, <laughs> uh, Just imagine that, that was a swipe at independent comics anybody get anybody get that um yeah, no. you laugh now but he'll be a big fan of those in four oh, years yeah, i know <laughs> i know um daddy, see, i want to know what you do of saga <laughs> hey, saga's okay daddy will you read my zine uh <laughs> no son why um anyway so the the next day i went to there and i as you know i'll get a poster signed for james he wasn't able to make it and so I go and see Joe Kelly. He's like, hey, I know you, Ryan. He remembered me from all oh, our interactions. Shit. Yeah, That's cool. And it was really cool. And so uh, he signed that. And it's uh, just the movie made me cry. Um, I think it's a great film. Yeah. Um, and it, you should really seek it out. Uh, this is another one that's a 2017 movie that like, was so like trickled out that I didn't see it yeah, until didn't, 2018. Didn't, and, didn't release to Denver until later. Yeah. So uh, okay. I Kill Giants. Is a fun one. I think cool. it's also on Prime now. If anyone is it? Oh, you should so, definitely yeah. check yeah, it so. out. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. of my biggest regrets was not being able to go to that screening with you because I and I still haven't seen the movie yet. But I, I, I actually really want to read the book before I watch the movie. You should. So, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I'll definitely have to get it from one of you guys. Yeah, we've only been talking about it for fucking six years. I know. I know. You know, what? I can let you borrow one of my three copies I have signed. <laughs> Seriously, okay. I know. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't want it to be a burden. <laughs> um, no, that's funny. I have uh, my original one after James. How old is this? graphic novel james oh 10 11 years so uh, james recommended to me one of our first encounters he recommended to me and so i bought it and so the one the first one i had him signed is all like my special one that's all like yeah. thumbed and yeah and then when he came back to denver for colossal um i got the I guess titan edition titan edition yeah. yeah yeah i keep giving them away so i don't have my original one because i lent it to somebody eight years ago like and then i keep buying new copies of it um so but yeah it's awesome it's a it's a wonderful movie on how to deal with trauma and how sometimes uh people aren't good at confronting trauma yeah. and issues in their life oh, i'm so glad you and, it, and it tells a story it's, it's actually the second film explosion it's been on is also on my comic-con film explosion oh yeah that's right because I, I i want people to experience i kill giants yes that's like my yeah. my mission in life that and the night when stacy died that's like my missions in life Cool. Grand number nine. All right. My number nine film was kind of an obscure release. I know I saw a couple of trailers for it in the theaters. No, I don't think you saw it, Henry. <laughs> maybe you did. Maybe you did. Probably He's not. Hurt. Um, 
I only ended up seeing it because I got like free screening thing from Regal. It was like, would you and a friend like to go see this movie for free? And I'm like, sure, why not? Because <laughs> nobody else does. <laughs> um, it. Um, I have seen different versions of the story before, and I guess I forgot some of the key points of the movie because I cried at one point because I was like, oh, I didn't realize that happened. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> um, but also, it's just a really well done movie, and it's kind of interesting to see this kind of older story being set in the modern day. My number nine film is the 2018 version of Little Women. Welcome to your castles in the air. Fill them wisely, loves Marmy. I, Amy March. I, Margaret March. I, Elizabeth March. I, Joe March. Will be a very successful writer and do all the things. A rich and famous painter. You don't know what it's like to have everyone else make fun of your nose. Will have a family of my own. I want to make friends and go to parties and talk to guys our own age. I think this is my castle. Just being here with all of you. So you're the infamous Lawrence grandson, Lori. I wish to propose a new member to the club. Every club needs a secret mailbox. Welcome to the Pickwick Club. Joe, you're a good writer, but you are far more interesting than what you write. That's definitely a pass for me. Pass for me as well. Me too, sweetie. I just don't think I can compete for the best writer I know. I think it's about growth and accepting change. Why do you even want to get married? Because I love him. We're growing up. You have to deal with that. We go through all these stages of learning and shifting and changing. Why do you have to be so difficult? <laughs> no! And then we become something far from perfect, but perfectly unique. The longer it takes for you to forgive her, the longer your pain will last. We each have our own path to our castles. What's it, smell? What's most important is the workings of your mind, your humor, your kindness, your courage. I'd rather lose every word I ever wrote than lose you. Oh, how I've missed my little women. You're my person. I guess Brooke, Marmy has dad, and I have you. each other reach our castles no matter where they may be i think that clarissa should still fall in love with the prince it's not a love story isn't everything Correct, I've not seen this <laughs> <laughs> henry hasn't seen it okay. this isn't the leah thompson one is it um no yeah i think she's the mom oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. okay great yes did any of you see it no i recently saw the winona Ryder one for the first time ever um, which yeah. was the first time I've seen Little Women. Yeah, I also um, watched that a couple of years ago, and I that's how I was like, oh, yeah, I've right. seen this before. I know yeah. everything that happens. So I saw a cardboard not. cutout for this film at the AMC, and I was like, what's that? <laughs> and then I just walked past it. <laughs> not, not, any, not out of any rude conjecture. The only time like, uh, Zach takes a second look if it's Orson Welles or Jack Benny. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> The, it's uh, Orson Welles, Jack Benny, or Little Women movies I haven't seen yet. <laughs> they're also take, make, uh, remaking it again next year as well. Yeah, with oh, are they? Watson, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, there anyway, it is. How is this one? Um, it's really good. I mean, good. it kind of feels a little long in parts. It flips back and forth between like the more 
like pre- like the present day storyline and like different parts of their childhood. So it'll be like 10 oh. years ago, eight years ago, seven years ago. And then it'll kind of keep flipping back and forth. Um, but yeah, all the performances are great. And I mean, it's kind of interesting because, you know, seeing how some of the things like translate into the modern day, like the grandson who's, you know, mysterious and they've never seen him before. And it's like, that was, you know, back in the olden days right. when people didn't like hang out all the time. That and there guy, wasn't like social from, media. He was from like two towns away before. And now he's got to be from like, mm-hmm. you know, the other side of the planet. Yeah. So I thought they did a pretty good job. And I, I liked how they did Joe. I think is Joe the main, the one, yes. whatever the main one is. Yes. Joe, I think Joe. Um, <laughs> the one who's the writer. Yeah. She, she <laughs> felt like. Those in quotes. <laughs> like she has any right to be. Well, no, she. Well, that's like the whole conflict of <laughs> like the present day storyline is she's trying to get this book published, right. and everybody's like, "No, it sucks." And so then at the very end, spoilers, she writes Little Women about like her family. Yeah. So it's just I I liked it because you kind of like were annoyed with her sometimes, just like her family was. But you know, at the end of the day, or at the end of the movie, like you still felt for her and like we're following her on this like very emotional journey mm-hmm. so she seemed like a very real person which i think is good because it means that they translated that well from the book awesome which very i've cool. never read oh side note. Neither have I. cool so that's my number nine neat that's a good one i, I may have to check that out honestly I, I, no one's read little woman so <laughs> <laughs> especially the screenwriters for little women <laughs> cool henry cool so my number nine film is, uh, in my opinion, probably the best animated film of the year and also the, one of the best superhero films of the year as well. Uh, my number nine film is uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Coming this summer. They're finally going to make a movie about me! The story of Batman's greatest ally. It's me! That must be me! And best friend in the whole world. Finally! Alfred, the movie. It's time to clean up this city. Does look pretty good. I still see it. Just a young gun with the quick view. They're really making movies about every superhero. Has there been a movie about you? There was a Green Lantern movie, but we don't we don't talk about that. It's time they make one about me. I'm afraid it's no. I only make movies about real superheroes. <laughs> Why don't they take us seriously? Titans, you guys are never actually doing anything heroic. What about that time we discovered that sweet diner and they had that food? That wasn't even a crime and you didn't save anything. We save room for design. Having a movie is the only way to be seen as a real hero. What about an arch nemesis? right there deadpool deadpool what why does everybody think i'm deadpool i thought deadpool was a good guy by the way he should be saying that he's not me okay because i came out like way before he did nah i'm pretty sure you're deadpool i am Slade. if we can make him our arch nemesis then they will see that we're worthy of a movie i'm not interested in fighting a bunch of sidekicks and a half a robot Oh, man, I'm never letting you fly my body again. The whole world will be under my control. <gasps> Destroy them. How big is your army? A hundred thousand. Halt for the mighty. <laughs> 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 
I just watched Ryan <laughs> sigh in relief. <gasps> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I recently saw this and I loved it. I'm glad you get to talk about this. Oh boy, this this one's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, Teen Titans go to the moon. Now I'm I really like the original Teen Titans cartoon when I was growing up. Great. Sure. Uh, I'm all. Everyone hates the new Teen Titans uh, series, uh, the animated one, not the other, the serious one. Right. Um, but the, the other animated one is also still pretty good, and I was still pretty excited for this movie when it came out. I saw this movie opening weekend. I was one of the three. Um, <laughs> I took Kellen. He wanted to see it. You were the other you two. Were the yeah. two. <laughs> um, um, this one's great. This one's hilarious. There's a point in this children's cartoon where the Teen Titans hit and run someone <laughs> and then leave the scene. They also they also kill Aquaman. Yeah, help, they kill Aquaman. Help Bruce Wayne's parents get murdered. Yeah, yeah like, they direct him to Crime Alley like, yeah. and encourage him along the way. Now, there's a great uh, joke there. It's like, why wouldn't you just go down Happy Alley? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> oh, boy. This one's amazing. Love it. Uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movie is about uh, the Teen Titans and Robin wants to have his own movie, yeah. but no one will make a movie of him because he's, he's a sidekick. Right. And so it's about how he has to prove that he is a hero. Um, awesome. it's so good. Oh my god, so good. <laughs> I've almost watched it a number of times in the last few weeks, and and didn't because it's on streaming all over the it, place. I love how but it, I should. I love how of all the movies that they're making other than a Robin movie, one's Utility Belt for Batman. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> utility <laughs> Belt the movie. <laughs> I was just gonna ask: Is Slade in this movie? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, Slade is, is he voiced by Ron Perlman? Uh, Will Arnett. Uh, so <laughs> that's uh, not anything like Ron Perlman. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, Will Arnett is pretty great in it. He has uh, his like superpower is really stupid, but yeah, it's like, pretty funny. Um, and it also distracts just, them. The uh, also just like their theme song that they're singing throughout yeah. the film. Oh yeah, they uh, keep trying to repeat it throughout um, the film. <laughs> uh, which is which is amazing if uh, you've if you know the comics and just how absurd is that they're rapping. <laughs> like, um, Ah, oh, God, I just love this movie so much. Awesome. <laughs> so good. What's your mother's cool. name? Martha. Mine's Martha. Another friends. Wait, what's your father's name? Jonathan. Thomas. And then they start beating each other up again. <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah. Good movie. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Add it to the list. Cool. Zach? All right. Uh, my number... <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. In- Interesting you bring Asshole. up interesting you bring up that sound effect because there is a lot of screeching of tires and driving in my next selection. Uh, Fast and Furious came out this year? Even no. Oh, shit, if only, man. I, I, I'd argue more. I, I'd argue that uh, this is a little more fun for me, at least. Uh, my number nine is a uh, film that's based on a miniseries from the UK that got turned into a fun uh, action heist film that no one talked about. Are um, you sure Fast and Furious didn't come out this year? <laughs> <laughs> my number nine is Widows. You have no idea, do you? Or did you choose not to know? Your husband stole $2 million from me. This is about my life. This is about my life. And because it's about my life, it now becomes about yours.
Morgan. Your family's been involved in Harry's life for many years. I need help. I don't see what I can do. Our husbands aren't coming back. We're on our own. My husband left me the plans for his next job. All I need is a crew to pull it off. Why should we trust you anyway? Because I'm the only one standing between you and a bullet in your head. It's what I've learned from men like your late husband and my father is that you reap what you sow. Let's hope so. This is for guns. Guns? From where? Figure it out. If this whole thing goes wrong, I want my kids to know that I didn't just sit there and take it. I did something. Now, the best thing we have going for us is being who we are. Why? Because no one thinks we have the balls to pull this off. Um, Widows was blew my hair back. I had no idea what the miniseries was, uh, and the only thing I had to go off of, other than the cast, was Steve McQueen, who right. had done Twelve Years a Slave and Hunger and Shame, and I was like, I want to see what he does with an action movie, and it's not a traditional action movie. Like it, it. it it paces out its action. Like, it's almost like it's an old, like a throwback 70s kind of yeah, thing. Like, a, like an old Steve McQueen film. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, I always have to process that uh, in my head. I'll see you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's it's an adorable joke. We're all <laughs> laughing. Um, but, uh, no, um, but, it, it mean, it, I think what works about it, honestly, is, like, Viola Davis and that crew like have to sell that film really hard and one of the strongest like elements of it is Elizabeth Debicki who I knew she was in films I just <laughs> didn't really realize she existed until this film you've been under a rock man I know I have been under a rock like I, I've seen her in movies I know she's there but then this movie I'm like wow where have you been and she's just amazing in this film um and also uh Cynthia Urivo who was also in Bad Times at the El Royale um uh, she's in the film, and like I, I just think that she's a presence. Like I, I love her, like her presence in in films this year. Like mm -hmm. she's she's got an attitude about her that I really dig, but she's also like I feel for her in certain things. Like in Widows, she's not doing a whole ton, but she's doing enough where I really care about that character. Yeah. Uh, and Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out last year uh, plays a villainous kind of character in this film, so he's not on the opposite end of pain sure. uh, and he does something to a guy in a wheelchair that is brutal and sadistic and it was the one of the creepiest things i saw this year um but yeah no widows i i i would recommend it i think that it's a film that i understand why it kind of got under the radar but i really enjoyed it i um, mean and i think all you guys would like it to be honest no, I, I wanted to see it and i did too and then i uh, did it? Why did I see it? I, I think we had other things that week. I think they should have released it in February. It was released the same week as uh, Venom, which we all thought oh, was more important. Right. Yeah. So. Well, you know, well, we, Venom, we all make mistakes. It, yeah. <laughs> in, in defense of Venom, it was more fun to talk about that Venom, train wreck. Venom, than, Venom. I mean, like, because what were we going to say about Widows? It was amazing. Um, right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Widows. And also, Viola Davis is a badass in this movie, man. Like, She's a great actress. She, she has a lot to do in this film that, like, is both 
physical and emotional, <laughs> and I think it just plays out really well. And Steve McQueen directs the hell out of this film. So, yeah, cool. check it out, Widows. It's it's a pretty fun flick. Awesome. So sad I missed it. Brad. All right, my number nine is a very much maligned movie that I didn't think was going to be that great, but uh, ended up being in a... I enjoyed it enough that it's my number nine. Uh, my number nine is Solo, a Star Wars story. You're after something. Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together a crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Uh... Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. Whoa. <laughs> L3! Let's go with the mean man's face. Who are these guys? If you come with us, you're in this life for good. You might want to buckle up, baby. give you some advice we assume everyone will betray you and you will never be disappointed i got a really good feeling about this since when do you know how to fly 190 years old you look great push it Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I really wanted to see the Lord Miller version of this movie and was denied it. And uh, somehow um, Ron Howard pulled it together. So I. He's good. I, I think uh, I, he pulled off a pretty enjoyable movie. Yeah. I, that movie is a lot of fun. I, it's one that I probably should have revisited before this list. Like, you know, I've, I've watched it on Blu ray, but like I should sit down and It's one of those things that the, the end of it. Uh, is so amazing. Yeah. Um, just a standoff with Solo and someone I won't spoil it for. Um, because it... Chewie. Yes. Between <laughs> him and Chewie. Well, the introduction of him and Chewie is pretty great, yeah. too. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think the movie is really fun. Shit, uh, even... There's a lot of stuff that I, th- like, I should have seen coming that I didn't yeah. like even, that. Like, it was one of those movies yeah. where people talked about, like, oh, you're going to find out where his name comes from. And we all went, that's fucking stupid. I don't want that. And then that scene happens, and I was like, oh... I like this. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm okay. It's, it's just not. Oh, sorry. It's just not dumb enough to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, like, it, I, yeah, it, it's great. Like, uh, such a fun movie. Like a really good. Adv- it was a movie that when it was done, I was like, man, I'm so excited for them to make more of these. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Probably not going to happen. And now they're just not making Star Wars films anymore. And and it's a movie where the villain in that movie, I think, is so amazing. Like, that villain is the villain I wanted for, like, then the Boba Fett movie. Like, there's an awesome universe that they can spin out of this that has nothing to do with other Star Wars movies. Except for that one stupid reveal that we don't talk about. Well, well, I mean, it's like they set up like an entire like Doctor, faction. Doctor like, Dr. Octopus at the end when he shows up with the spider legs. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I know who you're talking. Okay, about. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they set up like a, a new Star Wars faction, which to me is very exciting. But it's a faction we're probably not going to see again. I know. Um, I, 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 this film accomplished two great things for me. Number one, it was fun, and that's all I wanted out of the Han Solo movie. Yeah. And two, my folks loved it, which they don't go out to movies that often. And the only reason they went to this was because they heard Ron Howard directed it, which is a, which is a weird <laughs> little Ronnie Howard. It's yeah. not the Star Wars. They were just like, Opie directed a movie, and I'm like, yes, he's directed several. But um, but no, this. Uh, this one about a rivalry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's called Rush. Um, but uh, no, but they loved the heck out. Of, they loved it, and they loved Donald Glover as Lando and whatnot. So, like, if I can get them to watch a Star Wars movie that isn't like like that is that theoretically could be like a, a bit of a loss for them because mm-hmm. they have a specific set of Star Wars standards, I guess. Sure. Uh, is it was fun. So like, and I I loved um, uh, Donald Glover in it, and I loved Alden Ehrenreich, man. Oh yeah, that, he's a good Han Solo. Every performance in that movie is great. That that young lady who plays the mask person, she's good. Anyway. Yeah. Cool. The guy who plays Chewbacca is really nice. I did a panel with him at Denver Comic-Con. Yeah. I love how he's about to eat Han Solo in that pit, but then he has to talk him down. Like, I, uh, I yeah. love that. Uh, good love stuff. That. So good. And that puppet at the beginning. Holy shit, that puppet. Mm-hmm. Ah, I don't remember its name, but it's been talked the about. Giant, the giant squid thing. Yeah, the giant, the giant squid. The giant uh, sluggish squid. Sluggy thing. Yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah. James, did you say James Marster? Penis Monster. Oh, Penis, Penis Monster. Monster. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the one headphones on. So that, I was like, James Marster. That, that's James Marster's new nickname is James Marster Penis Monster. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know how great that guy smells? I don't know if I've ever told this story. He hugged me, and it was like the greatest hug i've ever received oh my god i was like man he smells great stop hugging you james monster penis monster anyway my number nine yep uh my number nine is a fun enjoyable time at the theater yay Yay. lincoln came out years ago though it's also (laughs) it's also kind of terrifying and my annual horror entry of the year that's sci-fi horror it's a quiet place
I mentioned I love Emily Blunt. Oh, this movie's so good. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling that this will get talked about more down the line uh, because it's easily one of the most fun movies of the year and so impressive and the, the sound and all of it is just great. Um, and at, at its heart is this really amazing... The sound? Great. Yeah, I, I, oh, I, no. I know, but I yeah. know. <laughs> the sound of this movie is amazing. It is one of the best sound design um, jobs ever in yeah. the movie. I watched it twice. The second time I saw it in an Elvis theater, that was a mistake. <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's the one film of this year where people who were in the movie theater actually were polite and did what they were told by the announcements prior true. to the movie. Uh, maybe yeah. your theater. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fair. Did um, you have a bad well, experience with A Quiet Place? It was okay. Uh more like a loud place. Did you see it in New York? Yeah, we're. I didn't drive to Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm just saying. What a great random poll to Oklahoma. <laughs> um, That's a pretty quiet place. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was just gonna say, you know, at the core of the movie, there's a really great heart, and it's got a good message, and I, I just love it. It's a movie that makes me cry, even though it also scares me sometimes. It's a little spooky. Who knew Jim had it in him? Seriously, really well done. So, anyway, A Quiet Place, number nine. Of my uh, legitimately ranked things, I actually did things for this list. Um, this was my number, I think, six or seven. Uh, but I was like, I'm going to remove it because I don't want to sweep any legs. <laughs> um, I know. Hey, that's why I'm, I'm trying to move on. I'm trying to move it's, on. It's okay. It just means that more people enjoyed the movie and that it, we have similar tastes. Yeah. yeah. If Good it shows pick. up on my list, I don't know. Yeah, if it shows up on your list. Yep. Good pick, I guess. Thanks. Uh, my number nine is a really fun movie um, I guess if you want to call it a movie because I guess yours you said isn't qualified as a movie but mine is because it's also on Netflix and it's uh, Adam Sandler 100% Fresh my daddy's gonna do some comedy here we go Ladies and gentlemen, I am doing this Netflix special for you. You want to hear a, a true uh, Adam Sandler story? <laughs> One, two, three, four. Should we clap along? You guys didn't know I could dance that fucking good. Here comes the Sandman. I'm going to play guitar a little bit for you. Here we go. Oh, shit, man. All right, let's lose that. I hate it. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> 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 the tap. Fade to black. To be fair, I'm not the one who challenged whether or not it was the movie Corinne <laughs> is. But I was just trying to speak into the conversation. That's all. <laughs> I mean, if I had Twin Peaks as my number 10 last year, I think this is fine. So. <laughs> no, I, um, uh, 100% Fresh is really a fresh movie with Adam Sandler. Um, no, it's awesome because it shows you how brilliant of a comedian he is. That is sometimes lost in his uh, Jack and Jill movies. Yeah, um, I love that. That's what we're grouping him as now—the Jack and well, Jill and it, collection. He, he, his career now is trajectorying like funny people. Oh, it wait, is. Wait, he I lives... hope he doesn't have like some like terminal disease. But exactly, yeah. Um, I, and and I hope that he loves his wife more. But yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder if Fresh just follows Adam Sandler on his uh, cross country comedy tour, and it's the film's really uh, cool, coolly made. 
um, because it'll uh, change uh, with what venue he's at. So it'll start really small, and then all of a sudden, in the same joke, cut to I don't know, like Madison Square Garden or something. Yeah, and uh, just shows you how he's going into performing it. And there's an awesome like uh, street performance in it by him, and then it'll have like random oh, yeah, things when it yeah. like uh, does cutaways. It'll be like Adam Sandler's head like floating around on the screen. I don't know. Yeah, it's super weird. It's uh, it's really funny, and I laughed throughout the whole time, and then I cried when he sang about Chris Farley because it was really good. Yeah, and uh, and then I cried again when he talked about whether or not if Chris Farley was still alive, he'd have to suffer through being in Grown Ups Three, and I was like, yeah. oh, that's just mean. <laughs> but it's uh, it's really good, and he's really funny in it. And yeah. uh, I I mean I saw him perform this at uh, the Belco two years ago, uh, and he uh, he was really great then too, and he was really funny, and then uh, you know he. He's coming again this year, too. He is, in February. I know. And so, yeah, it's good. You should check it out. It's really good. Streaming on Netflix. Yeah. 100% fresh. And that's a joke because none of his movies are fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. That's why he calls it that. Well, Punch Drunk Love? No. No, I'm sure there's people who don't like Punch Punch Drunk Love. (laughs) No, I mean... No, fresh, though. I mean, fresh doesn't mean 100%. No, no. It's 34? 54. He has, like, two or three. I mean, uh, some of his stuff, I think, like... I think Happy Gilmore sixty percent, <laughs> um, but it was funny. I you know with his movies, I always laugh because you'll see the critic score twenty five, thirty percent, and then the audience score is like eighty. <laughs> right. Yeah. So audiences like him, critics don't. Then the critics go fuck themselves because he makes lots of money. Yeah. And you should watch Adam Sandler one hundred percent fresh because it is awesome. It is really good. That's my number nine, Crin. You're number eight. My number eight film <laughs> is. Definitely one of the best animated films of the year. Also, probably one of the best superhero films of the year. Why do you look so guilty, Corinne? Ryan. Your eyes are so wide. Okay. <laughs> Mind of Marie is Incredibles 2. <laughs> Did you wash your hands? With soap? Did you dry them? Is this all vegetables? Who wanted all vegetables? I did. So, are we going to talk about it? What? The elephant in the room. What elephant? Mom's new job. It's time to make some wrong things right. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need to change people's perceptions about superheroes. And Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? Whoa! I like Mom's new job! Bye, sweetie. I'll watch the kids, no problem. That's not the way you're supposed to do it, Dad. They want us to do it. I don't know that way. Why would they change math? Uh, Math is math. Math is math. Hello? Hey, honey. How are the kids? Everything's great. Is she having adolescence? And Jack Jack? He's in excellent health. What the? Num num cooking. Cooking. Wow, gay. That is freaky. You know it's crazy, right? To help my family, I gotta leave it. To fix the law, I gotta break it. You've got to, so our kids can have that choice. Thank you, young man. 
action imminent? What does that mean? Ah! It means fire, Robert. The screen slater interrupts this program for an important announcement. Suit up. It might get weird. I'll be there ASAP. Where you going ASAP? You better be back ASAP. Are, are you done? <laughs> like, like. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to say. No, <laughs> what do you want me cool. to say about this? I mean, it's although I will say that I was like maybe the only person on earth who didn't need this film to exist. <laughs> I didn't need this film to exist. <laughs> I mean, I I, it exists now and I'm fine with it. That I mean, it's obviously number eight on happened. my <laughs> film explosion. So well, I mean, this was a good time at the movies. Animation is gorgeous. Yeah. I love the Michael Giacchino score, especially that last uh, action sequence. I love the design of Screen Slaver. Mm-hmm. He's just with his weird eyes. And Although, don't go see this movie if you have epilepsy. Or at least skip <laughs> yeah. the parts of it that are triggering or something. Yeah, I had to yeah. shut my eyes throughout that entire segment. <laughs> it's like, I can't handle this. So, yeah, I liked it. I liked seeing all the characters kind of come back and use their powers again. Yeah, I really want a good Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> That's what I kept thinking the whole time. I was like, well, keep "This wishing. is so close." Keep wishing. <laughs> uh, somebody just get Brad Bird to do it. Yeah. <laughs> good pick. Okay. okay, that's all good I have to job. say. I like how oh, Henry shook his head yes. I was just like, "Let me make a couple calls." Me <laughs> <laughs> and Brad are tight. <laughs> um, most people call him Mr. Bird. I just call him Brad. I call him Tweety. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Right. Good pick, Henry. Your number nine. My number nine. We already did my eight. number nine. You're number eight. Whatever. That, that, that's why I host the show because I can remember numbers. I'm just trying to move along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number eight. I'm not going to talk about it very long because none of you will like it. Uh, Boo! My, my number eight is never going back. You have to get up now because I have something really, really awesome to show you. Did you draw a dick on my face? <laughs> We are going to Galveston for your birthday. Oh my god! We deserve this. Uh-huh. We work our asses off. Yep. Let's go to the fucking beach. Y'all gonna be up later? No, because we actually have to work tomorrow. Sucks for y'all. Not when we're at the beach next week. <laughs> when do y'all kids need to mow that lawn? Maybe you need to mow your lawn. The city's gonna come down on you. Wait, the city's gonna come on us? Well, 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 look at this. We want to go to the beach. We're going to the fucking beach. You're not hitting up our dog's party anymore. We have to see Roderick sober. Ladies, be here in the morning. Why don't you get fucked up? We can just like hang for a minute and say hey. Is this seriously how you're coming to work? Y'all are high as fuck. Shit, she knows. Dude, how does she know? You cannot leave me alone here because I will literally die. Now you know I'm disappointed. You two are right. Funny. Working hard, entertaining as hell. One of the only things about this place I don't hate. Go do something with your lives. I'm not going anywhere without you. Fuck you! What the fuck are you doing? Have some decency. Y'all are dirty, dirty girls. True that. That shit was stupid. No, you want to know it's stupid? Not being able to use a goddamn bathroom for two days because you're in fucking jail. Hey, you didn't go yet? No, I told you I couldn't. I thought you went last night. There's no privacy in that place. You know that. Dude, that's not healthy. 
It was very little release. What is this? Uh, it was very little release. It was barely released in New York, even. Um, it's an A24 film. Uh, it's So it's great. Well. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's in, like, kind of, like, the... I don't know like, if there's a name for the movie yet. It's in the same kind of vein as, like, American Honey and uh, Florida Project. Oh. About, like, poor millennials and, like, kind of them growing up and living in that kind of situation. Okay. Um, <laughs> my iPhone didn't fully charge before I left my, my uh, tent. <laughs> I don't know. That's what... Those millennials living in tents. <laughs> Trying to figure out... Yeah, they're occupying US- Wall Street, bro. <laughs> what is right. My, what does my tent have a USB charger in it? Um, yeah, never going back. It's uh, it's like those films, but there's not like it's like those films, but the stakes are much lower. So it's a lot more enjo- so it's a lot more enjoyable. So oh, okay. tent has a has a Bluetooth connectivity. Um, never going back is tells a story about these two girls that live. Uh, they like they're like run away. They've ran away from home and they're living with uh, their. I think it's their bro- one of their brothers uh, in like this one kind of like shitty apartment. Um, and they've decided that they like for. One of their birthdays, they got tickets to go to the beach, uh, and it's about how they spent their rent money to do that, and so they have to figure out how they're going to get rent money in this week. Uh, and that's basically the plot of the film. The, st- the stakes are very low. Uh, it's it's a very good like kind of just like oh we're just going to sit back and just kind of see what happens kind of film. Mm-hmm. Um, none of you would like it. It's uh, very day which, in the life of which of the young ladies is played by Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf's not in this film. Actually. What I don't want to surprise that you know of. <laughs> Maybe he's uh, he might be in the background. He might be in the background somewhere. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, yeah, it's uh, if if you like American Honey and uh, Florida Project and those kinds of films, I would check it out. It's very, like I said, very low stakes. Very good, like back. It's only like an hour and twenty minutes, I think. Oh, cool. And so it's a very kind of good, like oh, we'll just like see it play out. But it's it's still like it's those kinds of characters. So if you can't stand people who are just like those kinds of unlikable type characters, mm. you won't like this film. And so yeah. But yeah, never going back. I like it a lot. Uh, it's also very real, very realistic to those kinds of people. And so, because sure. I'm friends with those people, and I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh hey, it's her. And so, like, <laughs> um, but yeah, never going back. That's my number eight. I'll have to check the check this out. I still haven't seen American Honey either. That one's so much better though. Uh, well, <laughs> well, I'll watch all three of them. That and the Florida Project too. I still want to see Willem Dafoe's performance in that. Um, so my turn. Yes. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, my number eight uh, is a film that was a UK release last year, but we didn't get it till this year. Bloody hell! And, and it's one of the funniest films I've seen this year. Um, it's uh, it's it's a political satire called The Death of Stalin. Shoot her before him, but make sure he sees it. Oh, in this one, um, kill him, take him to his church, dump him in the pulpit. Should you shut the fuck up before you get us both killed? Oh my yeah, God. He's feeling unwell, clearly. You take the head. Why? You're acting general secretary. I would be honored. No, fuck my no. boss. What are you doing to my father, you jackals? Oh. How old are you? I'm old. You're not old! You're not even a person! You're a testicle! He's irreplaceable. <laughs> I must pick his place, but you just said he's irreplaceable. This is just fucking wordplay. Oh, is it? It's not like rendered horse, you burning asshole. 
not take me down! And then have to report this conversation. Threatening to do harm or obstruct any member of the Presidium in the process of looking at your fucking face. <laughs> Fuck. I fucked Germany. I think I can take a flesh lump in a fucking waistcoat. <laughs> Uncle Nicky's gonna be dead. Yes, he is. I may as well just shoot myself like mother. I will deal with whatever horse shit you have presently. I'd like you to see this. Come on through. Jesus Christ. Did Coco Chanel take a shit on your head? No, he did not. Um, <laughs> it's from Armando Iannucci, the guy who does uh, Veep, and uh, also Veep did In the Loop. Um, and uh, it's, it's, so it's basically, and it's based on a graphic novel, which I've never read or heard of before, but um, it's a film about the political squabbling of everybody in the regime of communist Russia after the death of Joseph Stalin. Um, but it's all starring English speaking people like never really trying to affect their accent or anything. So like sure. Steve Buscemi plays Gorbachev, but he plays Gorbachev as if though he's like a guy off the boardwalk. Um, <laughs> it has, um, uh, I mean, it's, it's got a, like a star studded like comedy cast and stuff like that. And it also has, um, Jason Isaacs from the Harry Potter movies playing like a high up general, but the basic is he a bad guy. He makes a great bad guy. There's not really a like in the Patriot. Yeah, he is a good bad guy, but there's not really a bad. They're all they're all shitty people. <laughs> the movie starts with Stalin dead. Yeah, so, so that's good. The so dead, already the bad guys are gone. <laughs> yeah. So um, but like so the whole the, the whole notion of it is like. How do you balance slapstick with like supremely dark content? Like it doesn't stray away from the like the terrible things that you could like easily hide. Like I mean, it's it's like a Lubitsch, an Ernst Lubitsch movie where it's like it's not afraid to like tiptoe into dark territory, mm. but it's supremely hilarious. The ending is hilarious but terrifying at the same time. Mm. Um, it's it's and it's beautifully shot. Um, one of the issues that I have with with how it's been handled release wise, though, IFC put it out, but they've only put out a DVD. You can only get a Blu-ray in the UK. So if I want to watch it, I don't. I if I want to watch it in HD, my only option is digital. Um, I haven't checked the DVD to see if it looks good on the player or anything, but but it's a pretty fun, solid flick, and it's it's not too long. Um, I think it's one of the most brilliant scripts of the year. Um, cause it technically would count for this year and how it hasn't been part of that conversation kind of frustrates me. I get why it's not, but it's really well done and it's made me want to watch Veep, which I, cause I still haven't seen it. Um, and I had seen in the loop before, so I knew, but I didn't like, I didn't really think he'd go beyond that. So yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. And the, and it's just, it's, it's just so fucking funny. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't know how else to describe. I mean, I just say, go check it out. One of the actors, I can't remember which one, one of the actors said that it wasn't his accent that he used in the film, but he was like, I specifically chose this kind of of, of accent from somewhere in England. He said, like, I'm playing a very brash and brutal character, and that accent's the most brash and brutal accent I can think of. <laughs> yeah. That was an interesting kind of uh, yeah. way to do it. Yeah, and, cool. I mean, and the, the cast is very, like, like they, they, they don't hold back from what they think might be the most terrifying version of something. Like, Michael Palin, like, plays the affectation of, like, terrifying in the quivering sense so like he's terrifying but he's also very like cowardish so it's 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 interesting like i can't 
you'd have to watch it to kind of get where the vibe's going and whatnot. But sure. it's and, and also there's a great one of the best scenes is them trying to figure out what to do with Stalin's body and they all keep hitting it around the <laughs> around the room like it's like a freaking like and it feels like they're holding the actual weight of who's playing Joseph Stalin and whatnot. Yeah. So it's it's pretty cool. Funny. So yeah. Cool. Another uh British comedy from last year better show up on your list a little bit later, Zach. <laughs> hmm. I will say How that. Coy. I will say I will say it uh it would be rude of me if it didn't. If it's number seven, I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> <laughs> Brad <laughs> Alright, my number eight is pretty impressive that six movies down the line they still managed to make better movies than the ones before it. My number eight is Mission Impossible Fallout. There cannot be peace without first a great suffering. The greater the suffering, the greater the peace. The end you've always feared is coming. It's coming. And the blood will be on your hands. I prayed to God that it wasn't true. Solomon Lane escaped in Paris. But now the world is at risk. This is the CIA's mission. You use a scalpel. I prefer a hammer. This is a bad idea. Is it ever a good one? Honestly. He's not just some observer. He's an assassin. I don't trust anybody outside of this room. You go rogue, he's been authorized to hunt you down and kill you. That's the job. Which way, Benji? Turn left! Go, 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 go! What are you waiting for? I'm jumping out a window! Oh, sorry. Good luck. When the clock stops, Ethan Hunt will lose everyone he ever cared about. You don't understand what you're involved in. You need to walk away. That's not who we are. Maybe we need to reconsider that. Accept it, Ethan. You've lost this one. What's done is done. What's done is done when we say it's done. Showtime. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, uh, great action set pieces. They still compelling stories. Um, just amazing the the way they try to top themselves. I love that there's an action scene literally around Tom Cruise running. Yep, because he runs so well. They got they finally heard our podcast and they're like, <laughs> yep. "You're right, he does run really well. Let's let's use that." <laughs> yeah, I like how Henry Kill's name in it is Walker, just to be like the exact opposite of everything. <laughs> <he is>. like, <laughs> uh, I I am so impressed that, that like they put out a movie every two or three years, and every time they put out a movie, it only makes the conversation harder when you talk about which one's your favorite. Like, 
I, I'm almost afraid to rewatch this one because I'm like, shit, it's going to be so good. Like, what if it's the only one I could say definitively that's not my favorite is Mission Possible 2. Not oh, that it's yeah. a bad movie. No. It's, it's, it's easily the weakest. It's, just, it's doing something different because, yeah. like, if you watch the special features, they said, like, the script writing and the directing, like, we wanted to do a love story. Yeah. yeah. It's like, for Mission Impossible? All right. Well, <laughs> two movies in? Okay. That sounds, um, yeah. Yeah, the Blu-ray for like Mission Impossible content. Fallout's awesome. It's, like, the making of is just, I think it's five or six, uh, about 20-minute long featurettes about one of the stunts in the movie. Yeah. And that's the whole making of it and how when they don't even have a completed script. And they're like, I want Tom Cruise to jump out of, uh, do a halo jump. All right, how will this fit into the story? Right. It's, it's pretty so awesome. Cool. And I'm really excited. You know, I I've, I think Christopher McQuarrie has done a great job. I'm excited for them to get somebody different and, and go a slightly different direction and see what another one looks like. Like, yeah. Is it sure? Because on, the, I think, other behind-the-scenes featurettes on, uh, like, the other movies, they talk about, like, how they made a conscious effort to always change up yeah, the director. If, well, the, yes. there's a one. great special... There's another one on there where it talks about that with... Uh, the director, Chris McQuarrie, and he says, if you actually watch them, they are they look different, and he tries to make them different. Yeah, and he's he at first said no that he right. wasn't going to do it, but it but it's also a continuation. Like it so dovetails with the film before it that I'm I was kind of like, oh, okay, cool, like that's fine. But you're right, like he did a Doesn't he did it try. even have like the same bad guy, and I mean exactly. Elsa comes back, so right, like it, it does it feels like a very cohesive part of the franchise, whereas like. If you put this and Mission Impossible 3 next to each other, they're telling wildly different stories, even though all the same characters are there and they feel very different, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm... Edgar Wright. Yes. Go get somebody oh, awesome. Good. I mean, I haven't even seen weird. all the Mission Impossible movies. I've seen four and five, and then I saw six, and I had a good time. You could yeah. literally watch any of those instead of The Shining, and you'd be better off. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, we gotta tweak your list of what of things on your list of shame to be like. Here, we gotta make sure you're happy. Like, give her, <laughs> give her some good stuff. Don't feel Next so much week, shame. Schindler's about List. Uh, <laughs> hey, at least that movie's good. That is a good movie. Can't like, wait for the Nicholas Winding Refn Mission Impossible film. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay. Oh. Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Oh, Ryan Coogler would be good. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan Coogler would be good. Man. Anyway, um, James, number eight, number eight. Oh, yeah. Right. Number eight. OK, cool. Number eight is a movie that you'll all be surprised is this low on my list because it's a movie that when we got the trailer, everybody was like, oh, fuck. Now we know what James number one is, uh, but it's not. Uh, but it is fantastic. My number eight is the first man. vehicle's not safe. We need to fail. We need to fail down here so we don't fail up there. Please let the light that shines on me. Neil, everyone's in agreement. We'd like you to command. Shine on the one I love. Mom, what's wrong? Nothing, honey. Your dad's gone to the moon. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin. We have a goal for main engine start. T minus 10. The entire world's watching. Nine. 
Do you question whether the program's worth the cost? In money and in lives? What are the chances you're not coming back? Four. Those kids, they don't have a father anymore. Three. So you're going to sit the boys down? Two. And you're going to prepare them for the fact you might not ever come home. One. Do you think you're coming back? We have serious problems. under control you're a bunch of boys you don't have anything under control So there's just, no definite article on that title. It's you're just right. first man. I know. I know. James, are um, you sandbagging yourself? No. <laughs> no. I mean, this was a movie that honestly, the first time I watched it was almost disappointing in that it it is so a movie just about Neil Armstrong for me mm. that um, I'm sort of it's really more about one astronaut's experience. And so a lot of what I love about the Apollo story ends up like just sort of floating in the side. And I, and I feel like they, they miss moments when they could have like had a really awesome, amazing speech where somebody really talks about how impressive and wonderful this is, which is like my bread and butter for this shit. Right? Like what I love is when somebody like has a good speech about why this is important. Um, but that's not what this movie is. Um, what it ends up being is a really amazing heartfelt, biography about the first man on the moon um and i think that story is incredible and then on the other side you have like all this all of the sequences where they're testing equipment which feels so visceral and real and dirty in a way that that the i mean that alone earns it its spot on my top 10 because as a fan of all that stuff it adds so much to the conversation to have something where like when you compare this to every other like space movie this is one where when the rockets go off you actually feel like they might just tear themselves apart which is what they should do um and that to me was was so fascinating and and fun to experience in the theater um i think neil armstrong's story is is so great but it's also because of who he is and how he behaves and the performance is amazing but because of who he is it's such a cold film and his story is so kind of cold because he doesn't he doesn't express himself cuz it's cold so you, in space yeah well you no it's just he doesn't express himself so you have to like no read so space. much into it well, um, to be fair, and I haven't seen the movie, but at least oh. it keeps it more focused from yes. what it sounds like. I oh, mean, totally. there's so many aspects of that story that you could tell. Absolutely. But at I, least this, it sounds like they honed in on it him. Is, it is an incredible movie. I love it. I am excited to watch it again. Um, it's just when I look at the other things on my list, those are the things that spoke to me a bit more. This just sort of added to a conversation. But it's only it's only at number eight because there was no American flag in it, right? 
Oh yeah, I mean there is an American, there is an American flag, yeah. American but, but flag it was too. but it wasn't prominently shown, so that's yeah. why it's only number eight and yeah. not number one. <laughs> yeah, no, it shows up a little later on my list, uh, but I, I liked it because of just what Corinne said. I like the more intimate story. Yeah, where most of space uh, exploration or movies that talk about this are really grand and really big. Um, where this one is very focused and it's on just one man. I'm surprised. I figured I was the only one that was going to put it on my list. So I feel like you kind of ruined my chance to put this on this list. <laughs> not not because of not because of the threat of sweeping your leg, but only oh, because no. I know that because you're right. It is very much about the one guy and yeah. not about the whole thing. So like all the cameo characters where I'm just like, right. oh, I know that one's dying. I know that one's dying. I'm just like yes. his love of NASA is like infected me vicariously, and so like I'm I'm now particularly about NASA like shit. <laughs> right, it's one of those things where there are certain moments in the movie where I'm like, oh, you missed a chance to do this, or you didn't quite hit this as well as I would want you to because I, I like, and it's me interjecting in the film. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. But I mean, There's I know I love the, the movie's incredible. I love the film, and like, if they ever re release it somehow on IMAX, I want to see it in the IMAX format format because that's oh, yeah, that, that would have been amazing. That, yeah, that final 20 minutes of the movie is amazing. Yeah, on a regular screen alone. Yeah. So totally. As president of the Buzz Aldrin fan club, I'm just a little disappointed that he wasn't the main character. <laughs> um, Corey Stoll was robbed of screen time. <laughs> he's portrayed properly in the film. He's he's busy in the quantum realm. <laughs> I can't I can't wait to go to my website and blog about how you're wrong. <laughs> uh, my number eight is a movie. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who saw. Oh. Uh, and it's a movie that means a lot to me growing up. And it's a documentary about the people that love this movie. Um, my number eight film is Wolfman's Got Nards. It's just something that I've always known. I can always go back to it. It's helped me through some really hard times. That emotional comfort of coming home. That safe net when I didn't feel safe. It takes me back to my childhood every single time. It's like hearing that great rock song when you get your first kiss or something. You always are going to remember it. How many of you had never seen Monster Squad before tonight? You're welcome. The seed for the movie was, I want to do the Little Rascals meet the Universal Monsters. Scaring the hell out of kids seemed like a great idea, and then the laughs played against that. It was a crazy time. Everything happened very fast. This is probably the biggest thing I'm ever going to do. I didn't know that this would be such a formative beginning. When Dracula lifted her up, he hissed at me. I didn't have a lot of work to do because she was actually terrified. On an opening night, we went to all the theaters that it was playing in. I will not forget that. It was a huge hit. And by it, I mean the Lost Boys. There was seven or eight people in the theater. And then it disappeared. I never got the sense that this movie was finding a new audience or that its original audience were enjoying it again. The first time I ever saw Monster Squad. I was at a sleepover party at a friend of mine. It was on HBO. Every time we go to the video store, that's what I rent. I've been at a bootleg DVD. The word got out. Everything we had seen up till then had all been kid stuff, and this was the first taste of something dangerous. These kids are real kids. We were a part of the squad. We went to school with them, and we are them. This movie resonates. They put up the ticket saying Monster Squad Reunion. It sold out real fast. Wait, you know this movie? I did try to start my own Monster Squad. We never actually performed any jobs. 
find lifelong friends because you have this one weird thing in common that nobody else knows about. This is a zine I did. It's called I Had Rudy. Wow. What a really pleasant surprise that this seed that we planted grew into something. It's like shooting a basket in 1987 and then it doesn't go in until 20 years later. Wolfman's Got Nards tells a story of uh, not the making of the Monster Squad, but how after 30 years, the Monster Squad has kind of taken on a life of its own and it has its own fans. And it's uh, directed by Andre Gower, who is who plays Sean in the Monster Squad. And we were uh, like fortunate enough to have him right next to us at Denver Comic Con. Booth is, buddies, if you will. Booth buddies, which was really uh, another experience that I'll never forget. Because they were all really cool, and Carolina, his sister, was super nice. I remember yeah. I was I was trying to figure out a way to you know try to get them on our show and and talk to them. And I was interviewing this lady who was a writer for Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> this lady, <laughs> it's uh, you can find the interview on Real Nerd. She was amazing to talk to, <laughs> and she talked about how she was you know sexually harassed and stuff by uh, Riker and um, people. John and, Franks, uh, yeah. And uh, it was really fascinating. And I remember Carolina like told me, she said, that was the greatest interview I've ever heard. And she was really fascinated. And then we kind of just hit it off there. And she doesn't take a lot of credit, but she's also a producer on the film. And uh, she works really hard. And uh, another way they got into my heart is they set up uh, press interviews at the press area in Denver Comic-Con. And because I'm not like elite press or whatever the hell they call it, I don't know what it is. I had to wait outside the like media interview room it was yeah. really bizarre and i'm just sitting there and i'm like this is lame like while everyone else just because i don't have like some like star or something on my pass yeah even though i should I'm not gonna talk about um you could have just drew one with a sharpie <laughs> um so i'm sitting there carolina's like what are you doing i'm like i'm not allowed in here she's like fuck that come in with me and so she sat down and talked to me and but anyways the movie is really great um it uh really just talks to fans about their experience with monster squad and it's really funny, and there's really some heartfelt moments in it. It talks a little bit about the making of it, but does they do interview uh, Fred Decker and um, Shane Black and a lot of people in the film. Uh, it's it's pretty great. Um, and, and because when you talk to Andre, he didn't know that it kind of grew from it. He just slowly started learning that um, a movie that he did 30 years ago really caught on on HBO and on video cassette because it only made like $2 million at the box office or something. Yeah. And uh, so he's slowly started realizing that the story isn't the making of monster squad. It's these people that have experiences with it. And I mean, I remember being a kid and I always wanted to be part of the monster squad, like, you know, fighting monsters and saving the, the world. Uh, and it is, it's really fascinating. And there's uh, some great stories. Um, uh, talking to the kid who plays Rudy Ryan he he says in the the documentary that he didn't tell anybody he was in the movie because it bombed so bad but then after a while he started learning that oh this actually means something to people so they the and the documentary goes 17 different Alamos in 17 days so they all go to different Alamo draft houses to show the movie and you should definitely check it out I uh I don't know when it's going to be released I know they want to release a blu-ray because they have tons of more interviews that weren't able to make it there's some great like uh, celebrity interviews in it that I won't spoil, uh, but you should definitely check it out if you have the opportunity to. Uh, is it not on streaming or anything yet? No. Hmm. 
You can go to Wolfman uh, the Squad Doc dot com um, and you can see where it's at currently. Um, I keep on hoping that they're going to release like a definitive Blu-ray, yeah, and then they'll just put it on that as well. Mm-hmm. A Scream um, Factory would be good. That'd be awesome. Um, but I think it's owned by Lionsgate. Oh, they so, will go. They, yeah, then Lionsgate's not giving it. Yeah, up. That's, uh, they, they have a bunch of they, shit that they, would be great for Scream. <laughs> yeah, they have. I mean, they have the Vesteron series, which they could probably put it on. But I uh, will see. But you should. Check it out if you ever have the opportunity. Mm. Wolfman's cool. Got Nerds are putting it out in festivals, so if one comes to your neck of the woods, support them because they're really nice dudes. Mm. They yeah. were they were really cool. I was just too like uh, uh, shy to talk to them. Like uh, you were you you were you were confident with them, and I was just listening. Going, you like, know, yep. you know, through through your years of doing Comic Con, you just realize who gives a shit. They're just uh, people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were super nice, though, like as booth buddies. And stuff. Oh, yeah, no, they're awesome. They watched our booth one time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so right. thanks. And they said I was part of the squad. So that... and, and he bought one of our shirts. So he did. Andre yeah. Gower might be rocking a real nerd shirt somewhere. He said they're really uh, cool and he liked the design. Yeah. Cool. Corinne, number seven. So my number seven is... I won't say it's the best written film. Like I do have a few little tiny problems with the writing, but I will say it's a very well made film. Just the performances, the costumes, the sets and locations, the I and I love the soundtrack for this film. Not necessarily like the individual songs, but just how it immerses you in the world of the story. My number seven is Crazy Rich Asians. We've been dating for over a year now, and I think it's about time people met my beautiful girlfriend. What about us taking an adventure east? Like Queens? Singapore. Colin's wedding. Don't you want to be my family? I hardly know anything about them. Every time I bring them up, it changes the subject. Maybe his parents are poor, and he has to send them money. Let's take a bag and get you checked into first step. Can't afford this. So your family is rich. We're comfortable. That is exactly what a super rich person would say. I want money. One point two million. That's what I want. The Nick you're dating is Nick Young. Yeah, you guys know them or something? Hell's yeah. They're just the biggest developers in all of Singapore. That's what I Damn, Rachel. It's like the Asian Bachelor. These people aren't just rich. They're crazy rich. Now you really should have told me that you're like the Prince William of Asia. That's ridiculous. Much more of a Harry. <laughs> Mom, this is Rachel Chu. She just thinks you're some like unrefined banana. No, no, no. Uh, those are a few fingers. Yellow on the outside or white on the inside. Do some crazy! I chose to raise a family. For me, it was a privilege. But for you, you may think it's old-fashioned. Don't you want Nick to be happy? I know you're not what Nick needs. She's like trying to play a game of chicken with me, thinking I'm going to swerve like a chicken. But you can't swerve. You going to roll up and be like, bok, bok, bitch. Okay, maybe I'm like not as aggressive. I met a girl, I fell in love, and I want to marry her. You're Nicholas Young. You're untouchable. But Rachel's not. Have you prepped Rachel to face the wolves? You know I'm back, like I never left. I really admire you. It takes guts coming all the way over here, facing Nick's family. Another day, another breath. I know this much. You will never be enough. Yo, it's about time someone stood up to Auntie Eleanor. Well, you, not me. Oh, God. She can't know I was ever here. I feel glorious, glorious. Got a chance to stop you. I was born for this, born for this. Ever since I can remember, my family has been my whole life. Rachel, Rachel. If Nick chose me, he would lose his family. And if he chose his family... 
he might spend the rest of his life resenting you. You nasty. You got a nasty. You got nastier. <laughs> So I think a couple of you guys saw this, right? Yeah, and I did not expect to like walk out of the theater smiling. I know. <laughs> like, it's just it, a delightful film. It made me believe that studio rom-coms could be fun again. And I, I just, I love, again, Har- Harry Golding, but also like mm-hmm. everyone involved in it. Like, uh, what's her name? Aquafina. Yes. Uh, between her, it, between this and Ocean's 8, I was just like, I want more of her, man. Like, she's super funny. I didn't really like her in Ocean's 8, but I liked her in this movie. Well, I mean, she's not given a lot to do in Ocean's 8, but like... yeah. Um, but I, yeah. I love Kate Blanchett, and I was like, nope, not in Ocean's 8. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants oh. to be part of my Ocean's She, she looks really great in it, though. It. Yeah, this movie totally made me want to go to Singapore. <laughs> but yeah, cool. and it's just... It just looks so cool. I, I liked how that film, Crazy Rich Asians, so like it, it feels like an old, like... like it has the... Like the audacity of a busby berkeley musical in places like it's very bright and shiny and like sell me on crazy rich asians because when i see the trailer i'm like nope nope that looks too cheesy i don't know if you would like it you're not doing crazy no (laughs) i said sell me on it not tell me i'm not gonna like it um constance Wu is just like i like her on fresh off the boat she is just adorable and she just like steals your heart in this movie. Okay, Harry, you just sold me because I Harry do love Golding. You want to make out with him? Okay, every, I'm still with you. Every second <laughs> he's on screen. In fact, um, way more. Uh. Oh, what's the the mom's name? Michelle Yao. Michelle Yao, Yao yeah. Oh, she like throws daggers at you. She's the great whole in time. Super Is that the Jackie Chan movie? Super Cop. Yes, I'm pulling that from 1996. <laughs> She was great in Kung Fu Panda too, <laughs> um, but yeah, she just like you're afraid of her the whole movie. So uh, the performances are great. There's a sequence where they rent an entire cargo ship to shoot missiles off of it just for fun. That's a thing oh, yeah, that happens. The bachelor party, yeah. <laughs> the bachelor party. I mean, it's just it's insane okay. like <laughs> to think like there are people who live a life like this you had me on constance Wu and harry golding now i'm wavering a little bit but okay you know what constance Wu and harry okay golding. i'm back i'm back <laughs> keep talking they're hot af as they Henry are would say they are very attractive people <laughs> you just want them to get together yes yeah yes that sounds all right all right all right. I, I will watch it when it's, it's streaming on Netflix or Prime. Yeah. <laughs> and I, as I said, I love the soundtrack for this movie when we were putting, when I was putting my list together, I revisited it because I remember it standing out so much to me in the theater. Every song in this movie is in an Asian language, Chinese, presumably something, not in English, but you like recognize some of them because they're like Asian covers of popular songs. And then huh. others are like just, you know, original rap or hip hop. Or there's some that Zach would probably like because they're from like the 50s and 60s. And they sound like <laughs> no, really whoa, whoa, whoa. old. That's, that's too new. He needs like 30s, 40s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it just kind of <laughs> helps you contrast like this younger generation of like these crazy rich Asians like Constance Wu and Harry Golding and their friends versus like Michelle Yao and like the other like the grandma and like the older generation the, the of, traditionalist yeah, versus the traditionalists old money versus new money I guess but not really I mean it's the same family 
within this, but it's just different gotcha. generations within yeah. the same. Yeah. So oh, that sounds good. And it utilizes a lot of like comic actors really well. Like Ronnie Chang from The Daily Show's in it, and his fun like role is really fun. Um, and actually, I like how they uh, they use um, uh, what's his butt from uh, the Hangover movies, um, really, Ken Jeong. They uh, they they mm-hmm. utilize him really well. He kind of underplays. Oh, stuff. from Community, yes. yes, yes, from Community, yes. <laughs> Um, but they, uh, he underplays it really well. Like he's usually like bombastic and out there. And then this one, he's kind of just like a quiet, but like meddling dad. And it's really fun to watch. Um, but yeah, no, I, I dug it. I really wanted to try to find a place for it, but I just couldn't do it. Cool. I think it'll make your heart smile and you're sick. So you need that. Oh, thank you. So I'm going to try it. That's the cure for the common cold now. It's crazy rich Asian. Not anytime super soon, maybe. (laughs) The uh, Producers Guild announced their, like, Best Picture nominees yesterday. And that's one of them, yeah. It's on there, and I was talking to some of my producer friends about it, uh, and uh, a lot of them were saying, like, where they wouldn't call it, like, a Best Picture type film, it is probably, that was probably an impossible film to produce, and just, like, all the different elements and that kind of stuff. So I thought thought that was an interesting note. But anyway. Number seven, Henry. My number seven. uh, It's a film that I don't know if any of you saw, but I would recommend it to a couple of you. Uh, My number seven is Leave No Trace. Five questions. Respond true or false to each question. Who taught you how to read? My dad teaches me. You're actually quite a bit ahead of where you need to be. I wake up rested and peaceful most mornings. True. My day-to-day life is full of things that keep me interested. True. I have nightmares or troubling dreams. Was your dad in the service? He was. Do you feel safe living with your dad? We didn't need to be rescued. Your dad needs to provide you shelter and a place to live. He did. It's not a crime to be unhoused, but it's illegal to live on public land. We have found an option. Are we gonna be okay here? You still think our own thoughts. Keep pedaling. Look where you wanna go. School is about social skills, not just intellectual ones. I think it might be easier on us if we try to attack. We're wearing their clothes, we're in their house, we're eating their food, we're doing their work. We have adapted. First thousand, on the wall. Pick your things. Did you even try? Because I can't tell. Somebody said unspeakable Where's your home? With my dad. Same thing that's wrong with you isn't wrong with me. Where are you guys headed? I don't think we knew where we were going. No, I had I, I tried to fit it in to watch it, but 
Henry, would I like to leave No Trace? Yes, you would. Yay! I think you would. Uh, it is, uh, it's a beautiful film. Uh, if you are not familiar with it, Leave No Trace is made by the same director as uh, Winner's Bone. Uh, it is about like it. it is about this family, which is a father and his uh, daughter. I think she's like sixteen. The film. Um, he is a veteran uh, and is suffering from PTSD, so he decides to live in like a national park by himself with his daughter. Sounds great. And he's just kind of teaching his daughter just on his own. Um, and then, like, is it, is it like Captain Fantastic? In a way, but not not crazy though. <laughs> um, and so, what ends up happening is that, like, so service comes. They're like, "Listen, you can't just live in a national park and not provide for your daughter." Um, and so, it's about how like the two then have to kind of convert into normal lifestyle, a normal lifestyle, uh, and, and the struggles that they face with that. Uh, and it's, I think it's very very well done. I think it's. Uh, I think uh, Ben Foster plays the father, and he's amazing in it. Uh, uh, Shit, I love Ben Foster. I think her yeah. name is Thomason McKenzie. It plays the daughter, and it's it's like her first role, but uh, she's amazing in it as well. She's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they're both both of them are really really good. Uh, and it like it's one of those endings that's super sad, but also super uplifting. Like it's like it's one of those endings that's really sad, but you know it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, I really really recommend it to especially James, I think James you'd really like it. I love those endings. Uh, Leave It's really really good. Um. Yeah, it's it's just one of those heartbreakingly heartwarming films, um, but uh, yeah, I, I just want to recommend it. That's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, it's very good. God, I hate when they release movies like that, like two weeks before the end of the year. Yeah, sheesh. Yeah, release this film in April. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? they had a Blu-ray oh. of it like out in like August or What's something. The one that's, oh, never mind. I thought what hmm. you're thinking of Vice, your number one film of the year. No, <laughs> I'm not. There's something with like the same title that's out like right now. You were anyway. Leave this, Subtrace. Oh, Bumblebee. <laughs> yeah, that's it. it was, uh, that's right. It's Leave no Bumblebee. Shit, I yes. got confused with Bumblebee. Yeah, you're right. Bumblebee, no trace. Yeah. Zach, number seven. Uh, my number seven is a film that Henry, Henry already spoiled with me helping by accident. Um, but it's also a fun, absurd debut that I really dug and I, I like thinking about a lot. Uh, my number seven is <laughs> Bumblebee. Yeah. Um, my number seven is Sorry to Bother You. I'm just out here surviving. And what I'm doing right now won't even matter. Baby, baby, it will always matter. Oh, you said you fixed that. Get a room. I got a room, mother. Hey, Cash, how much longer I got to wait for my money? God made this land for all of us. Greedy people like you want to hog it to yourself and your family. And Me and my family? Yeah. Cash, I'm your uncle. I just really need a job. 40 on two. This is telemarketing. Stick to the script. Hey, hello. Um, Mr. Davidson, Cash is green here. Sorry to bother. Let me give you a tip. You want to make some money here? Use your white voice. My white voice? I'm never talking about Will Smith's wife. Like this young blood. Hey, Mr. Kramer. This is Langston from Regal View. As always, we'll be getting that out to you right away. You're doing so good with the voice thing. Holla, 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 holla. Going upstairs, power caller. They even have their own elevator. Welcome, power caller. I hope you did not masturbate today. We need you sharp and ready to go. Hey. 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 
I got promoted. I'm a power caller. What do they sell? They're not selling the we sell it. No, there's no amount of money that make me do that. Here's the starting salary. Well, man, I'm gonna have to get me some new suits. Whatever I wear, no, I'm here to be clear. It is morally emaciated. I can't ride with you. I'm doing something I'm really good at. Cash. I'm gonna make you a proposal. I can see that you want to say no, but I wouldn't do that before you see what I'm offering you. Cash. You are. Sorry to Bother You has is Lakeith Stanfield plays a guy, gets a job at a call center. Danny Glover convinces him to use his white guy voice to get more uh, business, and that's what the trailer's selling you. The whole movie is one crazy, ridiculous, fun commentary on workforce and labor and racism and everything in America uh, that goes in crazy directions, has splendid makeup jobs that I will not spoil, um, and really is it's funny but it's also like so wacky and out there that like some of the humor like kind of blends into the visual as it, it's it's really interesting like because like the trailer sells it as mainstream and it's not by any stretch of the imagination um it's got wonderful performances across the board lakeith stanfield's great and army hammer's hilarious in this film um uh 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 then um steven yun is in it uh, from Walking Dead, he mm-hmm. plays an interesting role in it. Dan- Danny Glover's awesome in it, um, uh, and uh, I I think it's one of those films that like the director Boots Riley, who's I guess a rapper. I had no idea who he was prior to this whole uh, film coming out, but uh, he's an interesting voice that I like like thinking about. Um, and this film, like I've 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 thought about, especially the last thirty to forty five minutes of the movie, like intensely since I've seen the movie. Um, and it's. Are you not gonna talk about the movie after you announce it, or? No, he already did. Yeah, so, oh, he yeah. Did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I said sorry to bother you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Brad passed out. He's sick. No, it's all good. Um, but so yeah, no, it's um, it, but yeah, it's one of those. It's just it's an interesting like it, I would. It's hard to sell it to you guys because it is a surreal film, but it's not like surreal in the way of like it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like it's just like the things that are happening you won't expect. And then when they happen, you may not like it, but I I was able to ride with this film's logic very well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, sorry to bother you. Uh, I would check it out if you can. Um. I, it'd be really great if this could get a screenplay nomination. I'm not like aspiring for the moon, but like it's a really good screenplay, and I really enjoyed the hell out of it. So cool. Yeah. I'll be honest. I fucking hated this movie. Uh, <laughs> that's that's your that's that's like your opinion, man. It's like what I talk about, like the friends, because I because Blind Spotting came out like the same week, essentially, as uh, this film, and they're and like it's they're very similar in nature, uh, and like it's like I one way I describe it is that yeah, Sorry Brother is made is written by a failed rapper, and my and Blind Spotting is written by poets, and so it's very it's very similar structure, um, kind of thing. Interesting. Um, and I fucking hated this movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh yeah. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Takes off the- <laughs> well, yeah. thank you for being glad that I liked it. Uh, movies are interpretive art, and yeah. what other people's turd is someone else's diamond. Turd. <laughs> you said turd. <laughs> okay, cool. someone else's Shrek coal that. dipped in poop is also somebody else's diamond. There we go. This, <laughs> this metaphor needs to be on a t-shirt. 
I demand a tea public T-shirt. For it'll this. have the poop emoji with it. Yes, <laughs> with, with diamond eyes. So, someone's <laughs> poop is another Colter Diamond masterpiece. Anyway, yeah. that's my number seven. Sorry cool. to bother you, Brad. Yeah, you're number seven. Uh, my number seven. See, because see, because he said that was my number seven. Sorry to bother you. And see the joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's still there. Anyway. Uh, my number seven. Uh, is a movie unlike any I've ever seen before. My number seven is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. My name is Peter Parker. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. I saved the city, fell in love, then I saved the city again and again and again. Look, I'm a comic book, a serial, I did a Christmas album, and a so-so popsicle. But this isn't about me. Not anymore. Spider-Man swings in once a day, zip-zaps up in his little mask and answers to no one. I love you, Miles. Yeah, I know, Dad. You gotta say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I, I want to hear it. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That's, That's a copy. copy. Ladies and gentlemen. My name is Miles Morales. I'm the one and only Spider-Man. At least that's what I thought. You ever hear the Super Collider? You're gonna love this. Dimension opening now. You're like me. That's it. All right, kid, listen up. This fry is your universe. It's soggy, it's weird, it's gross. And this delicious normal fry is my universe. So you want to learn to be Spider-Man. Can you teach me? Yes, I can. Time to swing. Ah, Good, you're doing it. Double tap to release and whip it out again. Okay. Whip and release. You're a natural. Whip. Hey, guys. Who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. I'm from another, another dimension. How many more spider people are there? Hey, fellas. Hello. This could literally not get any weirder. It can get weirder. Okay. We need to get back to our universes soon. Brooklyn is going to collapse. My family lives in Brooklyn. Whoa, 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 whoa. Miles, what's wrong? This was never your city. It's mine. If I don't destroy the Collider, none of us will have a home to go home to. Remember, what makes you different... Let's go! ...is what makes you Spider-Man. Officer, I love you. <laughs> Wait, what? That way, that way. Other way, other way, other way, other way. Do animals talk in this dimension? Because I don't want to freak them out. I feel like it's every single number so far has been an apology to Ryan. So. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I mean, if it's not the best movie of the year on your list, you're wrong. But it's okay um, because, uh, Brad, why is it number seven on your list? It better be a good fucking reason why there's better movies. Ahead. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I don't have a good reason. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it, it's just fine. Um, <laughs> You take no, that it's, back. It's an experience. <laughs> like every year we go see movies and you kind of see the same thing with a different story behind it. Um, this one actually pushes the envelope on like what you see visually. Um, it, like it's so dense and creative and engaging um, and actually tells, tells a very familiar story uh, 
somehow. I didn't know Peter Parker dying was familiar, but you know. What I mean? <laughs> He's talking about Spider-Man. They even make a joke about like it's it, the self-referential stuff. Like they know they're telling the Spider-Man story that you've heard a hundred <laughs> times already. Um, and th- th- there's a whole joke about that. Like yeah. it was part of the narrative. So no, uh, it's it's an amazing film that people need to see. And uh, yeah, no, it's a. I, it's fine. I, it's hard for me not to be biased <laughs> when like Spider Man comes out. Um, so if it's on other people's list, it makes me happy. It's one of these things that after years of doing this, you have to be like used to. Is like you're gonna put it at your number one, and everybody else is gonna be like three at the highest. Yeah. So like you've never gotten to have that moment. Of no, it's fine. a Spider Man movie where. You get to. It's fine. Like I said, if it's on everybody's list, I I consider it a win. You know, a win. I'm sick. I'm like, it's a win. (laughs) So it isn't on my list, but it has one of my favorite funny lines of the year, which is Nick Cage going like, sometimes I let it match and let it burn down to my fingertips (laughs) to feel the pain. (laughs) I love that Ryan literally said, if it's on everybody else's list, at least that's a win. And Zach's response is, well, it isn't on my list. (laughs) But what is on Zach's list is an Orson Welles fucking documentary that no one's seen. (laughs) Yep. So I think Zach is just on this podcast to drive me crazy. Go ahead. I have to ask Brad, did it make you cry? Did did you get hot eyes, Benny? <laughs> hot eyes. Hot eyes. <laughs> Does it burn when you cry, Corinne? <laughs> hot eyes. Well, maybe not like hot temperature, but like hot emotionally, yeah, you know? You know? Like, You're just oh. like, I'm not... I'm not tearing up. You can say yes. Nope. No, your your lungs crying. I don't. I don't think so. Sorry. Okay. Well, I guess you need to feel better. <laughs> I want to create a new superhero called Hot Tears. <laughs> I don't know what his origin is. No, I was trying to remember because there's like there's two movies this year that I did kind of well up about, and I can't remember what they are right now. But I don't think it was Spider Man. Mary Poppins. Venom. Yeah. Venom. Fucking Mary Poppins. Yeah. Venom. <laughs> Ocean's Eight. <laughs> Venom. Ocean's Eight. Venom the... He, he missed Danny Ocean so much. <laughs> the third best Spider-Man movie this year? <laughs> Technically? Oh, we're on number yeah, seven right now? So, yeah. yeah, we're on seven. Yeah. Zach, how is it your number seven is always fucking controversial? <laughs> Every time. <laughs> well, no, this is... Well, all so right. what, uh, explain. No. I, can't, I can't remember because oh, I'm sick. Well, because last well, year was Nice Guys. Well, oh, that no, was two years ago. That was two years ago. Oh, number right. seven last year was what was it? I, can't, I think last year it was fine. Because remember, I was going to say like, if yours number seven is something, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> um, oh, that's right. But it, and then like he also had uh, Princess Bride's number seven in one that's year. Right. Um, I, I, it's, I didn't put Princess Bride on mine. I don't think. No, I remember because you because it was a sweep because you put Princess Bride as number seven. Everyone was mad at you. So <laughs> I'm fairly yeah. sure no, but oh, Monster Squad was one I swept for Ryan. That's right. Yeah. I, it was uh, Wreck It Ralph. Or Ralph breaks the internet, but it's not on my list. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Hope it's on no one else's list. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that's he, wrong. I can't, I can't have yeah. right. Brad, Brad removes things that make him cry. <laughs> yeah. He gave me hot tears. Yeah, <laughs> this made my face hot. This is intolerable. I think that one was Bohemian Rhapsody when, like, he uh, announces he has AIDS to the band, and they're all, you know, just get, rally behind him. Gotcha. There's the other one. That's not on my list either. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, he removes things that make him cry. <laughs> it's, uh, there's an old Ian Michael Black like thing where it's like, I have emotion <laughs> when a dolphin swims. <laughs> it's, it's really stupid, but it's really funny. James, number seven. 
the headphones hurt my head. You okay, um, bud? <laughs> no. You all hot of a, eyes over there? Yeah, all <laughs> of a sudden I got, I got a hot head. Uh, no, uh, so number seven is one of <laughs> not just the most unsettling experiences I had this year, but one of the most unsettling experiences I've had in a theater. Um, my number seven is Annihilation. Can you describe its form? No. Start from the beginning. What do you think I do when you're away? You think I'm out in the garden, pining, looking up at the sky? <laughs> Why aren't you here? I gotta leave a day early. Here. Let me see him. He's extremely ill. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the shimmer. We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back. But something has. You're a biologist. You served in the military. If I knew what happened, I could save his life. The boundary's getting bigger, it's expanding. We're talking cities, states. You need to know what's inside. So do I. It's beautiful. Check this out. It's like they're stuck in a continuous mutation. Anything interesting in there? No. Sharks have teeth like that. It's not possible. You can't crossbreed different species. What is it? The soldiers on the last expedition. They went crazy. Or something in here killed them. Something's come through the fence. Through the fence? We have to go back. I can't go back. We can camp here tonight. It's destroying everything. It's not destroying. It's making something new. Uh, Why? So, I mean, no, <laughs> this is a great film, and I'm yeah. frustrated I didn't find a place for it. Yeah, I'm frustrated too. But, uh, but not, I'm frustrated but I did a place find a place for it. <laughs> um, so, Annihilation is a, an absolutely incredible science fiction film uh, with Natalie Portman in it, where an alien thing lands and it messes with DNA and stuff gets weird. Hey, you uh, can't just recycle movies from last year on your list. <laughs> <laughs> that is not. Oh, you uh yeah, right. right. Like a rival. Yes. <laughs> um, so, um yeah, I I think the the experience of seeing this in a theater, especially because you so don't under like uh he does such a great job of making this movie <sighs> Like you don't really know what's going on, and everything is very unnatural. Um, I think the fact the, that you're trapped in a theater having to watch it makes yeah, it even well, more encapsulating. And he does such an incredible job of making the aliens feel alien, look and feel very alien, mm -hmm. and the effect of 
their presence be very alien and you're just sort of you you relate to the character in that neither of neither you nor the character can comprehend what is going on. That scene where um, they're in the house and they, she's got them all tied up and whatnot. It, it, it's yeah, the the bear unnerving. sequence. The bear, the bear sequence is one of the most yeah. terrifying things I've ever seen. Um, and it's it's has everything to do with the with the sound design and and like whoever thought that up is the most brilliant evil genius because that moment is just the stuff of nightmares the one that creeped um, me out even more though is in, in that last 20 minutes in the cave yes because like it's 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 so like it, it's it's nearly silent yeah uh and just the way the visual is moving around like it's it, yeah. it's it's uh, it's really good I yeah. uh, did see this in the theater, and yeah, I, you guys saw Tag and left me to review it solo because he wasn't on that episode I, either. I didn't see Tag either. No, yeah. not Tag. A uh, game night. Sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, I got uh, on your recommendation, like, oh, you should just get. It. I was like, all right, cool. So I got the Blu-ray, and I was watching it. And Kellen was with me, and then they were like, <gasps> no, they're like, oh, this isn't bad. And then they were like, people being eaten by plants. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> so I had to finish that later. Yeah, yeah, it really. It was definitely one that sort of sticks with you, uh, especially seeing it in the theaters where you've got the big sound and like when the terrifying moments happen, like it hits you to the bone. Like it was just rough. Um, and it's one that I've revisited maybe the most this year. Like I think I've I watched it on a plane once. I watched it at home once. Um, it is a bar- bizarrely kind of fun movie to just put on in the background and glance up at every now and then and go, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Annihilation is is great. And one of the most uh, introspective, interesting, and, like, movies I've thought about and tried to figure out the most this year. Because um, it's a movie a lot about self-destruction and, and all these, you know, different themes and so trying to piece some of that stuff back together this year has been really fun. So, in in yeah. terms of Alex Garland's filmography, like it's the it's the film out of the two with Ex Machina, like Ex Machina is the one that's most concise for me. Yeah. And Annihilation's the one that's the most like choose your own adventure in your head about like what you think of this. Yeah. Cuz it's it's not I wouldn't say open-ended, but it's like it's very no. like it's open to a lot more interpretation than Ex Machina. Oh, totally. I think, yeah, so. and I don't even think the interpretation goes to the ending. Like the ending is like well, whatever. It's it. The ending is a binary. It's the either the, the this whole or that. the ending is like the top in Inception. It's like that's what people talk about, but that's not the point. Yeah, right, exactly. And and in this case, talking about what the rest of the movie is actually trying to say is the fascinating and difficult to think about part. The, the scene by scene so. nature of it, like it's Tessa Thompson's um yeah. stuff in it is incredible. Gosh, like awesome her thing. her arc is sad. Yes, and I, and it frustrates me every time. Everybody's I think arcing. About it. Everybody's well, everyone's arcing sad because literally everybody there is hers. Hers makes me the saddest, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's part of what I think is so great. So it shows up a lot later on my list. So I'll talk about it then. Sure. Yeah, I had to make room for some other things. Oh, I'm sh- well. I'm if getting, one of those things is something I'm thinking it is, I'm then getting, it's okay. I'm getting some of the some of the fun shit out of the way. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Ryan, uh, my number seven is a superhero movie. I, I like superhero movies. Um, I it did, this one didn't hit me culturally as much as it hit everybody else. I still think it's a great film. Mm. I think uh, the performances are all really great. It told a different story. It made a character from comic books that I always thought was really cool that uh, on the big screen for the f- second time um, and be cool. Uh, my number seven is Black Panther. 
I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hola. Let's go, go, go. My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze. The revolution will not be televised. Show me my respect. Bow down. We own ya. We own ya. We only getting started now. Cause we own ya. Everybody think they know me now. Cause we own ya. You and I'm my homie. Cause we own ya. I waited my entire life for this. The world's gonna start over. I'ma burn it all. What happens now determines what happens to the rest of the world. You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. The revolution will not be televised. Let's have some fun. I didn't. That's a great movie. Yeah, I, I really, I really like this movie. Uh, I like two other superhero movies more, um, but the the movie is is really well done. It really gets you into uh, Wakanda forever. Um, it the the costumes are brilliant. Uh, the story being told is really good. Uh, it, the movie is really well done. Um, it, it's what, what I like about sometimes these Marvel movies that aren't the Avengers or not Captain America or Iron Man is they're really great at scaling back mm -hmm. and focusing on the story that they're telling, whether it's Ant-Man and the Wasp or, uh, or this one, you know, this one's a big movie, but it feels smaller compared to Avengers and, uh, Chadwick Boseman's amazing. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, man. Michael B. Jordan's Michael B. Jordan. great in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the, the whole movie is really well done. Andy uh, Serkis is missing arm. That frustrates yeah. James. Dude, dude, Andy Circus in general. <laughs> fucking awesome in this movie. I remember when Chewing we walked scenery. Did we when we walked out of it though, didn't you weren't you frustrated by his like CG missing arm or yes, something? There is one scene where he's he's got a terribly CG'd arm, but you just have to not look at it. Because his performance is so incredible. Right. You just have to forgive it. Yeah. 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 I thought it was fun. It's a good film. Yeah. We'll probably uh, be talking about it later. My, I, I guess my only uh, thing, I, if I had to nitpick one thing, I think the end fight was meh. But, sure. Uh, yeah. But uh, but the emotion's there. Right. And that's what's most important. Yeah. Maybe in the hands of a better director, it been. Just kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. 
I'm just if only Michael Bay had made. If only Michael Bay. I need more. I need ta- more hero shots. You want to take yeah. a shit on Creed too? <laughs> uh, but, I will. <laughs> oh, Creed two. Yeah, Creed oh. T-O-O. Creed Not, as well. Yeah, Creed as well. Sorry. No. Uh, yeah. No. I. I think that was awesome. I think like with Black Panther, because a lot of people complain about that end fight scene. I think for me at least, it's more about the story. I think like yeah. I think oh, uh, totally. the director was very much like. I want to tell this story, and I know I need to have an action scene, so it's going to be there while, like, it's really about you know, Killmonger. There, there's, yeah. what, I, I get, what I do like about Black Panther 2 is that there is a conscious effort to not have an action scene every ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. There is gaps in mm-hmm. it, and it's telling the story. I mean, the, the stuff, uh, like, if you, I, I think the best action scenes are stuff in the, that was in the casino. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, or in the museum. But uh, you're telling a story, and it's about T'Challa and his ascension to being a king yeah and what it means to be king and what it means and uh, i mean the scenes uh where he goes into the afterlife i don't know what you'd call it are beautiful yeah uh, so the, the movie's really well done i think the only way like because the end of that movie needs a fight scene between those two characters and they're and i'm gonna put in quotes they're just dudes meaning that they're not giant robots or space aliens or anything like yes they're super powered dudes but they're just dudes the only way that fight scene could be better is if you just just take off both of their suits and make them they live fight if i can reference yeah. that again like yeah. like the only way to make that fight scene better would just make it be a a melee brawl i agree because you, know, you know the the wolverine fighting himself at logan yeah i had more of an impact sure where it's two black panthers fighting and you're like okay right exactly yeah. but but it doesn't take away from the movie the movie's still yeah. amazing and i think just like it's all worth it when Killmonger gives like his final monologue. As yeah. Well, as he oh dies. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Fuck um, yes. Yes. Um, so good. Yeah. Ah yeah. oh, boy, Black Panther. What a great film. Good it choice. Is. What a great good. film. Yeah. Good, film. good choice. Corinne, number six. My number six is a movie. The only movie on my list I didn't see in the theaters. Um, Ryan, are you getting hot eyes over there? I know, dude. It's like <laughs> I'm getting hot right eye. I mean, I mean, I will say, in fairness, I rewatched Black Panther on Wednesday, and I cried multiple times. No, it's because so. he, it's because he's sick. I know, but <laughs> no, I mean, I, if you no, were I, crying at the thought of Black Panther, I wouldn't blame you. No, I am crying at the thought of Black Panther. <laughs> he's got a severe. I need to watch it. It's an emotional movie. It is. Oh, I sorry. agree. Sorry, Corinne. I didn't mean um, so I didn't see this movie in the theaters because it wasn't in the theaters this is a netflix only movie um don't know if you guys saw it you probably didn't the christmas prince no (laughs) oh god no (laughs) (laughs) shit um got me james (laughs) my number six is to all the boys i've loved before junior year can hardly believe it thanks dad we need to talk about your sexual health no no please no i want you to be safe dad why are you giving me these don't forget to have fun. Yes, well, I have a lot of rubbers for that, specifically. I think you should branch out, make some new friends. Nope. You never know what could happen. That's what I'm afraid of. My letters are my most secret possessions. I write them when I have a crush so intense, I don't know what else to do. There are five total. Peter, the most popular guy in school. Kenny from camp. Lucas from homecoming. John Ambrose from Model UN. And Josh. But he's my sister's boyfriend. What are you doing? Nothing. Nobody else knows about them. Hey, can I talk to you? I I really appreciate it, but it's never going to happen. I'm sorry, what? I think it's really cool that you think I have golden specks in my eyes. Oh, my God. It's Josh. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. The letters are out. 
women. Tell me about it. Here's the thing. I had to make it look like I liked you so somebody else wouldn't think I liked them. What if we let people think that we were actually together? Let's do this. I've never seen you so happy. Did you mean what you wrote in the letter? I'm lying to every single person in my life. Just don't hide yourself, okay, honey? You can't just sit up in your room writing love letters. You gotta tell people how you feel when you feel it. You never saw me. Ow, 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 ow. I like me better when I'm with you. <laughs> Made Henry excited. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Henry, did you see this movie? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered. I was like, if anybody saw it, it's he's Henry. A, he's a patron on Letterboxd. How do you get yes. that? Yeah. You pay $50. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this is, is this film? kind of like a teen rom-com sort of thing. Okay. Um, kind of in the vein of, I don't know, like, I don't know. Henry, what would you compare it to? Uh, like I mean, it's just a rom. I would just call it. it. It's. I mean, it's really even less of a rom com. It's really just more, more like self discover. More of like a. Is it? Is it a rom com? But we're all getting older. No. 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 Like no but that's. What it's it's more of like it's. I would call it more of a coming of age film that has rom com elements in it. Oh, okay. And so. Yeah. Okay. Like maybe like a sort of like a Juno or okay, okay sure not, I mean, I mean, maybe I'm, not I'm quite the same storyline but kind yeah, of the yeah, same yeah. kind of like tone sure to right. it gotcha all right I'm on board um so this is um it's about this girl Lara I think is her name um but she has these letters and every time she has a crush on a guy she writes a letter to him but she doesn't Creepy. send it she doesn't send it so it's just kind of a kind of almost like a therapeutic way of yeah, for her like to journal. like yeah, like a journal sort of thing for her to like put her crush in perspective like years later. And so the letters somehow get sent to all of the guys that she has had crushes on in the last like five years or something. She's in high school, you know. And so this one guy that she had a crush on in seventh grade that was like the first boy she ever kissed, um, she and him kind of get into this sort of fake relationship and I know it sounds really stupid, but it's really adorable. And you just watch it, and you're just like, aww. <laughs> like, you just want to adopt everyone in this movie. Sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a, just a cute would you say it, movie. Uh, would you say it's heartwarming and a fun time? Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think James would like it. I'm down. Yeah. I'll 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 casually leave it like kind of up on Netflix and let my wife walk, walk by and she'll go, oh this looks good and they'll be like, well okay. <laughs> you just gave away your entire plan over the. She air. doesn't listen to this show. We're married. <laughs> it's super successful. I mean, they've already greenlit a sequel for it. To so. all the boys I loved more before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I'm like, how is that gonna work? To all um, the girls I experimented with in college. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yes, um, I want to see that story. <laughs> and I do kind of want to, like, say for the record, um, it's kind of the same thing that happened with Crazy Rich Asians from, like, a social perspective, that these this is a movie that has an Asian lead, and that there was, like, some desire to, like, whitewash <laughs> that role, but they did cast uh, an Asian young lady oh, to good. play her. Yeah. So, 
Also, they should uh, do that. What I, what I thought was interesting about the film too is that they don't make a huge deal about it. Yeah. It's not like, yeah. oh, and they're always eating Chinese food. It's it's like <laughs> no, it's just like it's just like okay, cool. We have an Asian lead, and we're just gonna. It's a, it's normal thing. Seriously, like, seriously, <laughs> Henry, take the hat off already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's what I like about it, is that it's very much like they. They're like, fine, we'll have an Asian lead, and they still made it normal. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not like it's a big thing. Like, they made it not yeah, racist. They, they, her dad wasn't the dude from Gremlins, is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> How harrowing of them to make it normal, Henry. You know what I, mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You just... It's just, it's, I, it's a well-made film. Awesome. It's beautifully shot. I think the two leads are very talented, and I'm excited to see them go and do bigger and better things. But cool. it's a fun movie. Sounds good. Nice. Yeah. Put that on the list. Do you have any other rom-coms on your list? Yes. Uh, is there any other Netflix rom-coms? No. Okay, cool. I just want to give a shout-out to Set It Up, one of the best rom-coms of the year okay. on Netflix. I'm going to throw Set It Up under the bus later. So. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, we're going fucking to town then. My number six. <laughs> 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 um, uh, no. I really wanted Set Up to be on my list. I couldn't make it. Um, My number six is <laughs> it's my favorite comedy of the year. Uh, I laughed probably the hardest in this film. And I will say that as a year for kind of weak comedies. Holmes um, and Watson. <laughs> um, so yeah, my number six film is Game Night. We're down to two teams, so for double points, what is the name of the purple Teletubby? Tinchy Winchy. You're both correct. He always carried a red purse. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks. Max is very competitive, as am I. It's one of the reasons I fell in love with him. Oh, it's easy. He was an incredible Hulk. Eric, Eric Bana. Bana. Other one. Mark Ruffalo. Other one. Lou Ferrigno. Primal Fear. Richard Gere never played the Incredible Hulk. Time. Jesus Christ. Ed Norton. Oh, oh shit. Primal Fear. Guys, what do you say we do this at my house next week? This will be a game night to remember. Oh, boy. Mm. Tonight, we're taking game night up a notch. We don't need a board and we do not need pieces. We won't need any extra rudeness either. Someone in this room is going to be taken. Oh, it's a murder mystery party. Fun! Whoever finds the victim wins the grand prize. The keys to the stingray. Just the keys? No, Ryan, the whole car. Oh, yes! I just want to wish you the best of luck tonight. Bye. Baby, hand me those matches. I'm about to burn this door down. You're going to light a fire in a windowless room that we're trapped in. Why are you going to make my idea sound stupid? You're not going to know what's real and what's fake. Is this gun real? Oh, oh no, Andy. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Oh, my God, I shot you. What the f- always enjoy the camaraderie of good friends. It's often we don't appreciate what we have until it's gone. Oh, because your wife left you. Ah, shit. Ah! Oh, shit. So we'll take a little bath. Oh, it's so much worse. Okay. I have one idea. It's so crazy. It just might work. You're going to crash the car into the plane like Liam Neeson in Taken 3? He did that in Taken 3, huh? Uh, you missed it. <laughs> Thanks, baby. This is instructions on how to remove a bullet. It didn't have rubbing alcohol, so I got you this lovely shard. Good idea. Way to pivot. What is helpful in country living? 
Oh, that's for later. There's a corn chowder recipe. It looks really good. Oh, you love corn chowder, huh? Yeah. Let's check it out. Thank you. Hell yeah. I love this movie's great. Yeah. This is... I, God, this is the only film I've actually laughed throughout in this year. Yes. There have been so many films where I'm like, ha-ha, and then there'll be like a 20 minute, and then, ha-ha. Where this, <laughs> I'm, just like, where this I'm just like, ha-ha, throughout. So, ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> so, are you shooting your... <laughs> I know, I know. I'm not a good actor. Are you sure you didn't watch Speed Racer? Because it sounds like you're watching Speed Racer. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! That's, That's a great really deep cut. That I love really it. Good. Game Night was great. Ha-ha. Yeah. Oh, but, but yeah, Game Night. Hilarious. Yeah, no, I, I love the uh, I love the cop in it. Yeah. <laughs> like he just keeps on saying a monologue, and the camera slowly like zooms in on him yeah. while he's holding his dog. It's great. This yeah. is me crying during the Green Mile. Did you guys see that movie? <laughs> I think everyone in this film is amazing. Yeah, yes. yeah. Like the, it's just so pleasing. The, the stupid guy who actually went to Harvard uh, is <laughs> yeah. amazing. Like, yeah. I love how he keeps tra- how he tries to like distract him by saying like he's trying to take the egg, and he's just like, no, I'm. I'm so and so from Cyberdyne Industries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Such it's an easily recommended. Yeah, they keep yeah. on bringing up the Fight Club, and, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then it pays off, and it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just the chemistry between uh, Jason Bateman and uh, <laughs> what's her name, Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Uh, I think that their chemistry just bounces oh, yeah. really well. Uh, I, she's one of those actresses that every movie I see her, and I go, you know, I really like her. Yeah. You know, she's always fun. She's pleasant. And I, I love that that joke in the trailer about the, the guy getting sucked up in the plane still worked for me in the theater. Like, oh, no, he died. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Kyle Chandler is obviously great in it as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think everyone just does, does an amazing. I think also really good cinematography for a comedy and just like all the different stuff of uh, like the miniature kind of aspects. How they, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that stuff is all really interesting and how they do that kind of thing. Uh, very well written uh, comedy because uh, it'd be very easy to like mess this up and make it not work, but they do. Uh, but yeah, game night. I really like it. I don't really have any much. If you're not seeing it, go see it. It's yeah, my favorite comedy of the year. So yeah, yeah, it's a good one. It's a great one. Zach number six. Uh, my number six is a film from a director who I've really liked his work in the past, but I haven't really had him on a top ten list ever for whatever reason. Uh, and this one, um, th- this one, I I, en- I enjoyed a lot. <laughs> um, I think the only person I might be sweeping might be Henry, um, so I apologize in advance, nope. Henry. Um, but um, my number six is the favorite. Dearest Queen, you are mad, giving me a palace. It is a monstrous extravagance. Mrs. Molly, we are at war. We won! Oh, it is not over. We must continue. Oh! Oh, I did not know that. The Queen is an extraordinary person. They're all staring, weren't they? I can tell even if I can't see. And I heard the word fat. Fat. Ah. And ugly. No one but me would dare, and I did not. She's been stalked by tragedy. Everyone leaves me. Dies. I apologize for my appearance. I hoped I might be employed here by you as something. A monster for the children to play with, perhaps. It is important to make new friends in court, is it not? You're so beautiful. Stop it. You mock me. If I were a man, I would ravish you. (laughs) You have become close to Abigail. She is a viper. You're jealous. You must send Abigail away. I do not want to. Let's shoot something. (gasps) Sometimes it is hard to remember whether you have loaded the pellet or not. I must take control of my circumstance. Throw! 
I'm on my side. Always. Favor is a breeze that shifts direction all the time. Then, in an instant, you're back sleeping with a bunch of scabrous whores. As it turns out, I'm capable of much unpleasantness. Did you just look at me? Look at me! How dare you! Close your eyes! I could not just stand by and let you destroy me. <laughs> you are enjoying all of this, aren't you? <laughs> oh, it is fun to be queen sometimes. If you do not go, I will start kicking you. And I will not stop. My dear friend, how good to see you've returned from hell. I'm sure you shall pass through it one day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I didn't? Yep. Well, still no, but like... <laughs> <laughs> but now, you know, this isn't the one I thought you were doing, so... Oh, no, no, no. Ah, good. I'm glad you got this on your list. No, yeah, the favorites uh, by Yorgos Lanthimos, who I really liked The Lobster the year it came out, um, and I really liked Dogtooth, uh, which is... Uh, it's a it's a crazy fucked up film uh, that I think about way too often. Um, but uh, it's uh, the favorite is about Queen Anne and her two um, favorites in the court or her favorite in the court by Rachel Wise. Um, Rachel Wise's cousin uh, blows into the kingdom and uh, it becomes a battle between Wise and Stone over who's going to be the favorite of the court. Um, Olivia Coleman as Queen Anne is my favorite. Amazing. Um, she's well, the well, favorite. Well, see, she, no, she's <laughs> not. She's actually, the queen. She's now a tie for my favorite female performance of last year. Um, she's amazing in this film. Um, I because the only time I had seen her in something prior to this was in Hot Fuzz, uh, yeah. where she plays uh, the cop who's like, "What makes you think it was murder?" Yeah. And she's in the she's in the Lobster. I I don't remember her in the lobby. She's like the head of the facility. That's right. My bad. Okay, so I have seen her in other things. You get your Olivia Coleman trivia right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody knows that. Do you hear she's going to play another queen later this year? Um, but no, um, I really dig the film and its sense of humor and its ability to like blend modern day aesthetics into this Victorian era setting. Um, the... The visual element of it is amazingly well constructed. Mm. I don't mind the fisheye stuff that they pull in the film. Oh no, that was um, cool. I, I mean, like I, I can see how it would annoy some people, but They're like wrong. it's fine by me. Um, it also, it does a thing that Barry Lyndon did, which I appreciate, or at least replicates it pretty well, is that it all looks like it's under natural lighting and not really influenced by any light outside of the source inside the frame. Um, which is why Barry Lyndon looks the way it does, and th the same with this. Uh, to be, that's all of Joris Lanthimos' films, though. He does that for all his films. I did not does know that. Really? Yeah, I every single film is natural. Wow. I did not know that. That's yeah. cool. That's amazing. But uh, but this one in particular, no, I, I can see. Where, yeah, I can see. Where yeah, it's it's like it's yeah. it, it's more pronounced, I guess, because of the candles. <laughs> well, right, it's also like the same era kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, but also, and then like. Just just the way, like, the final moment in the film for me is one of the most satisfying conclusions in a movie this year. Because, it, it, just in terms of, like, I've hated Emma Stone's character this entire time. Okay. And right. so... Okay. And, 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 and Satisfying might be the opposite of what that scene is. Well, no, no, <laughs> no it's because, like, Queen... Yeah. It, it, it's because I get to see Queen Anne get the upper hand in something for the, in her life. Like, oh, I don't know. which, well, or at least like she asserts something, but I also understand at the same time, this is a movie about how rich people at the end of the day will always be subservient to the super rich. So I'm just like, I, oh, this is all like stuff that's b above me, I guess, apparently, but. Yeah, to me, to me, that ending is such a, like, 
kind of sad comment on the idea that any rivalry or any 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 um conf- conflict like that uh-huh. no one ever gets what they want yeah, at the exactly. end of that movie like spoilers but that's that's what that scene is is like oh my god she's just like, another one of her rabbits yeah well that's pretty much none it. of the three yeah anyway we can talk about this later but <laughs> um, yeah um, but also, the ending is also when it becomes a Lanthimos film because it is the most right. it's the most normal Lanthimos film he's ever made yeah oh, oh yeah, yeah. So. that's, that's oh, the yeah. other thing it's so accessible and yet it's not um but like, but, but like, yeah, I mean, I could like give this to someone not familiar with the lobster and be like, you might enjoy this. Um, possibly, but, um, also, uh, it's, I love the insanity of the bourgeois in this film. Like they race ducks, they yeah, throw so fruit cool. at fat people who are naked. It's weird it's and so crazy. Weird. And I, it's, 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 it's insane. Yeah. Um, and racial wise is great in it too. I, I, th- all the performances are great. Nicholas Holt is fucking astounding yes. in this funny. Oh, he is, yeah. when he pushes Emma Stone into the ditch, <laughs> it's really fucking funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, yeah, uh, my number six was the favorite. Yeah. Would I like this movie? Ah, uh, oh. it's definitely more entertaining than what you make Mary Queen of Scots sound like. So maybe? I don't it, know. It's one, like, it's very difficult to predict whether or not anyone would like this movie because it is so different and bizarre. I would just say you should just see it and find out because okay. it's not like. And the, and, the yeah. thi- and the thing is, we haven't even scratched the surface in the discussion oh, yeah, here because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's there's way the more that this movie's plot, about. We're not yeah. actually talking about the actual plot of the film. Yeah, uh, but what? I'm like period drama, women in power. Mm, sounds like a movie. Women in power. <laughs> Women in power. Yes, it deals with that. But the like in so many that, ways <laughs> that time period thing is so not what this movie is about, and mm-hmm. you shouldn't go to it for that. Yeah, because okay. it's going to undermine that element of the film by having modern things get in the way every now and and by things I mean the pieces, dance pieces of dialogue, <laughs> the way people talk, things like that. Gotcha. Every now and then they are going to say things and you're going to go like, that's not Pride and Prejudice dialogue. <laughs> and zombies. But it's there because it's hilarious. So like, it's like people cosplaying as Queen Anne and Sure, you company. could look at it that way, sure. <laughs> um, but it's really about that, the power dynamics and these people who are you know, fighting. Uh, my mom wanted to see this film. And I told Mine my too. And, and before my mom saw, I said, "You need to watch The Lobster first. because <laughs> like, like, like you shouldn't see this film not knowing what Gorgos Lanthimos does. Because yeah. so it's, I would say watch The Lobster first, which is on Amazon uh, Prime. Um, watch that, and then it'll be like if you like that kind of style, then I'd go see The Favorite. So I didn't see The Lobster first. I've still not seen The Lobster. Um, first mistake. So now you're I, now you're acquainted. I with loved The Favorite. Now, yeah. similarly, when my mom texted me and said, like, should I go see The Favorite? I was like, oh, yeah. I wouldn't see it with you. <laughs> and by the time she got my response, she was like, I already bought tickets. So I haven't seen her in weeks. Because I can't <laughs> have that conversation. Um, but, uh, but we'll see. I don't uh, know. Go I'll, watch The Lobster. Yeah. People, yeah. Okay, I will. And awesome. if you like that film, go watch Killing of a Sacred Deer. And if you like that film, watch his foreign films. Dogtooth. Dogtooth is the one to start with. Those, I, I, I would assume. Because, like, I love Of his Dog- foreign films, yes. Yeah, of his foreign films, yeah. I mean, like, I still haven't seen Killing of a Sacred Deer, which sucks, but... Yeah. Also, uh, Emma Stone's Wedding Night in that movie, awkward as all heck, just like The Master. <laughs> yes. yes. Cool. Brad, six. Uh, I think I've got our first repeat. Uh, my number six is First Man, so... Cool. Um, yeah. A movie that makes uh, you terrified to ever become an astronaut, and 
um, a really yeah, th thoughtful um, inside look, like a really detailed look at like one man's uh, psyche um, as he's sort of like unable to connect with people mm -hmm. uh, while also uh, you know, achieving a tremendous feat. So yeah, uh, yeah, first man's awesome. It is. Cool. Uh, my number six is also a repeat. My number six is the most fun I had in a theater this year and the most movie movie that's on my list, I think. Uh, my number six is Mission Impossible Fallout. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 it's incredible. You should like, run out and get that Blu-ray. Uh, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really incredible and genuinely, like, the you know, for a big blockbustery movie time it is the best like just the most fun i had in a theater so uh go ahead sorry oh i was gonna say in a surprising turn of events i think i like this film more than y'all because i think this is one of the best action films ever made um i think this is almost flawless in a way <laughs> um i fucking love this film this is amazing is it is it your number six no, it's not. I, it was it was gonna be much higher on my list, but I knew that some you guys were gonna talk about, it, so I were purposely removed. So it. you're using us, okay? I yes, <laughs> I. Life is just manipulation, James. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was fucking amazing. I love it this is. film. It is. God, this just when they fall and they fight in the air, it's like the scene from Two, but good. <laughs> oh my god! Like, <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Oh, god. It and is. also, I believe that you don't need to see the previous one to understand this one as well oh agreed because like like i saw i obviously i saw rogue nation when it was in theaters but i was just like i just i never felt the need to re-see it yeah and i just watched this film almost forgetting everything about that one totally. and it still made sense to me I like, like i was still able to follow it i like so. how henry used christopher mcquarrie's film to stab john woo's film so brutally <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we were having that conversation about the, the connection to the previous film more because for a franchise that that from from the second film said we never want to have the same director twice and broke that rule and I, I was at the time a little like oh man no like, I was too yeah the reason why I'm totally okay with it is because it ended up being like amazing they're they're both very connected and feel very different I don't think it's one I, of I uh, in general I think it's Tom Cruise's best film ever made as well um well, for the first question is, I got to rewatch it and see whether or not the running sequence. No, I will it's say so good. It is, there's no way, and I don't remember off the bat, but there's no way that the running sequence in this one is better than the running sequence in three. And also, you oh, guys I are forgetting so. when he runs in so. three. It's so good. Well, the, well this one's so much he has because, to get there. Well, I know, but this was like you have like his running, but then you have like uh, like contrast with his walking, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> oh fuck, it's it's two rogue going against each other. All right. All right. I'll, I'll watch it again and I will compare running sequences. <laughs> All right, fine. It, well, also, I think this one's longer, too. This one, like, he needs to get there. That one needs to get there as well. But this one's like, if he doesn't get there, what will happen? But if it's, if it's longer, that just means he's not running as fast. <laughs> but he's going essentially the entire time. He was running as fast. <laughs> no, if he were running as fast, he would have gotten there in a shorter period of time. But no, here's the thing, James. He's so here's good at thing. running. James, just the thing. He starts driving. He starts driving and he's like, I'd be faster if I was running. <laughs> so he starts running. Like, well, we all know that. Like, <laughs> so this has been a new episode of Jogcast. <laughs> where we talk about oh. running, jogging, and all its forms. Uh, back to you, Ryan. I just want to say real fast that Henry's like, oh, it's the best action movie ever made, maybe. But, I mean, I like Six. 
and I like five too, but five had that opera house scene, and that was better than anything in six. Not that great. The opera house scene in five is better. One scene does not improve upon the entire film. I don't know. Like, can we again? Remember when he runs in three? No, I remember. I because it makes the movie. Here's the thing: I always thought three was the best one. And I was like, I went to this and being like, "There's no way to top three. and then it did. Like, <laughs> it, like one would say it ran past three. Exactly. Oh. Like, oh, God. And this film just proves that like Henry Cavill is the is a great actor who gets just nothing roles. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Cavill could be amazing. He's so. I was like, oh, cool. Henry Cavill's not a bad guy in this film. Then he was a bad guy in this film. I will I definitely like, agree. Yeah. That that none of his other roles, I'll say, are worth him shaving his mustache off by comparison to how oh, good fuck he is. It. He, oh, he just looks so good with his mustache in this film, it, too. It, <laughs> is, it is the greatest mustache in film history. <laughs> Television history, it's Tom Selleck. Film history, it's Henry Cavill. Oh, Henry Cavill's coming for him, though. Henry Cavill's coming for him this whole time. He needs to get a TV show where he just has a mustache. He did. It's called The Tudors. Oh, really? Oh, shit. Really? I don't know. Yeah. I never watched the Tudors. I'll have to check this out now. Boy, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's my number eight. Wow. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Ryan, you're number six. Uh, my number six is a horror film that might not be anybody else's list. Uh, my number six is... Hereditary? Uh, the Nun. I'm just kidding. It's a repeat. It's The Quiet Place. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but I guess you really liked it. <laughs> so like, You're like saying it, looking me in the eyes. I'm like, you know I know the list. I know. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I know the only one, the only person here that knows this is bullshit. If I'd known you were going to make a joke out of it, I wouldn't have made my hereditary joke and you could have used that. It actually wouldn't have surprised me if it was this low and then Quiet Place was higher. Because like, you didn't hate The Nun. I didn't hate The Nun, but it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, it's better uh, than Skeleton Key is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, A Quiet Place is amazing. Um, I don't know if you know this. Emily Blunt's in it. Uh, she's Ooh. really good. John Krasinski, though, is obviously the uh, all star in this because not only does he write and direct it, he also is incredible as the dad. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, it's a uh, the daughter in this film is amazing. Yeah, too. the daughter is really good. Didn't talk about uh, the whole the whole film is really. I, I think it's a special film. Uh, really well made. Scary. Smart. I cried. If anybody's it. recently watched The Bird Box, man, A Quiet Place is so smart. <laughs> you, the, the, the part where uh, Krasinski tells his uh, daughter that he loves her in sign language and then gets killed is awesome. Yeah. Um, it's great. Spoilers. So, There's a great opening prologue in that film, too. Oh, yeah. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And scary at the same time. Yeah. I was reading an article uh, that was released yesterday that was about how uh, when they first made the film, they wanted it to just be a silent film. And they edited it like for the first two months as a silent film, which is without any audio whatsoever. Wow. Uh, and uh, then they were just like, well, let's make it. We did that as like a test. And then we were like, okay, we, need, we know we need some dial. <laughs> so, like, uh, but I just thought it was interesting how like, they went through that style. that They wanted to make sure that even if you couldn't hear it, it still worked. And yeah. I thought that was really Yeah, there's a, a great Man. article uh, on The Hollywood Reporter with Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. And they asked her about it. She said, I broke my one rule for him. I said I would never work with mm-hmm. him because yeah. they wanted to keep their career separate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because it, that's how they wanted to work. And 
Uh, so he actually wrote the script and he wanted her to play the mom, but he's like, she doesn't want to do it, whatever. And then she read the first 18 pages and she said, you better let me play the fucking mom in this movie. And uh, so he did. It's uh, it's a really cute article. Well, I think I've, yeah. I've, I've seen that article as well. I think like part that you forgot to mention that was the best part was like, and then he gave it to like her best friend or something like yeah. that. <laughs> and, and, she, and, she was, and then she read it and she was like, well, fuck, like I don't want her to have this. Yeah. So like... I think, uh, man, it, it would have been, I, I didn't realize that, it would have been so incredible if they hadn't said anything the whole film. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's only one, maybe two scenes where... It looks like the waterfall scene is when like, they're really talking, that's true. and that's about Yeah, it. well, and there's one scene where they're in the basement, and I think they're able to talk to each other. Oh, right, yeah, in the yeah. soundproof area, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. um, but then... Um, if you hadn't had those moments, how powerful that moment at the end when he finally breaks would mm-hmm. have been. Ugh, my goodness. Yeah, it would have been great. Good film. film. Yeah. Also, not the best picture at uh, the producer's Yeah, game, it's, getting, so. it's getting steam for like the Oscars, too, yeah. which is, again, I mean, Get Out got nominated last year, so it yeah, wouldn't it surprise me. I hope yeah. it gets at least like sound nominations. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because so. oh, yeah, it deserves it. Yeah. 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 It was incredible. Corinne, halfway there, number five. Halfway. <laughs> number five. Just, this, uh, uh, just a yeah. heads up, by the way, the pizza will be coming at 11. Oh, good. So if we want to take a break, then I guess we can. Or Just keep eating. There yeah. are no breaks, man. Yeah, no breaks. Just, just, just is, This is an insufferable prison we all live in until it's done. <laughs> My number five is a film that hits really close to home for me, um, just given the industry that I'm in. And even though it sort of kind of oh. came out in 2017. No, no. We get to count this for this year. This it, is great. I, I saw it in 2018 yeah. when it was released everywhere. Yeah. My number five is The Post. So, can I ask you a hypothetical question? Oh, dear. I don't like hypothetical questions. Well, I don't think you're going to like the real one either. Do you have the papers? Not yet. This is a devastating security breach that was leaked out of the Pentagon. The most highly classified documents of the war. The Times has 7,000 pages detailing how the White House has been lying about the Vietnam War for 30 years. The way they lied, those days have to be over. Okay, people are concerned about having a woman in charge of the paper that she doesn't have the resolve to make the tough choices. Thank you, Arthur, for your frankness. Let's do our jobs. Find those pages. You're talking about exposing years of government secrets. Is that legal? What is it you think we do here for a living, kid? Ben, I might have something. It must be precious cargo. It's just government secrets. The New York Times was barred from publishing any more classified documents dealing with the Vietnam War. If you publish, we'll be at the Supreme Court next week. Meaning? Well, we could all go to prison. To make this decision, to risk her fortune and the company that's been her entire life, while I think that's brave. If the government wins, the Washington Post will cease to exist. If we don't hold them accountable, who will? We can't hold them accountable if we don't have a newspaper. Nixon will muster the full power of the presidency, and if there's a way to destroy you, by God, he'll find it. 
I'm asking your advice, Bob, not your permission. She can't do this. The legacy of the company is at stake. What will happen if we don't publish? We will lose. The country will lose. What are you going to do, Mrs. Graham? I guess Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks are fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're yeah, suitable okay. enough. <laughs> they do all right. I love. I just want Tom Hanks to play like every important American ever. That's that's my goal. I think he's got a list. Harriet Tubman. He's, he's checking them off. <laughs> yeah, Harriet Tubman done. <laughs> when he plays George Washington, that's when he retires. <laughs> yeah. So this is just a great movie. I rewatched it recently when I was home for Thanksgiving, and parts of it came off as like kind of overly dramatic but i'm like fuck it let the people know how important the free press is to this That's democracy right. given the kind yeah. of political atmosphere we live in this is bullshit yeah so yeah i legitimately wanted to like stand up and like pump fists and like cheer but, the like when meryl streep came out this. of the supreme court you wanted to do that too um well wait what <laughs> uh, i meant like when the like Supreme Court decision was released. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so, like, she walks out. That's the only part. Like, I love this movie, and I think mm-hmm. it's great. And I think Spielberg is awesome at yeah. making tension from people talking. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the only issue I have with the movie was at the end when she was cheered when she was leaving the Supreme Court. I'm like, oh, that's really. Over. I don't think she was cheered. Spielbergy. Uh, no, because it, oh. it's like they're having like the press conference with like the New York Times people up at the top of the stairs, and then she kind of comes around on the side, and it's like actually I think it's a quiet moment. Because she's just walking past like all these women who yeah. are just kind of like partying for her right. as she's leaving, mm. kind of off to the side. It just reminds me of the internet meme where it's that uh, Grizzly Adams. He's like, "Yep," <laughs> <laughs> it's just overdone. But no, the movie's great. I, I think no. it's awesome. This film is immensely re- rewatchable. Oh yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Like I said, Spielberg has an amazing ability to keep it, it like really tense, and it's really just people investigating, reporting, and it's pretty awesome that's what i'm saying is like there's like the one scene where the guy is calling the guy who maybe knows where the one dude uh-huh. with the papers are and he like drops coins on the ground because he's like got a pay phone oh yeah, yeah. and you're like oh shit like is he gonna make the <laughs> call it's, uh, yeah. oh, no. it's, it's a beautifully composed <laughs> shot of bob odenkirk trying to figure things out it's yeah. where he's uh. like trying to like remember numbers on the top anyway it's an incredible movie yeah. Spielberg makes good films. It's, I don't know if people know this. It is one John of the best Williams prequels scored. ever. John made. Williams, it's a great score. Yeah, yeah, and I love how it well, connects to. It's one of those great prequels that's better than the original. Yeah, in a way, yes. I really do. Like, actually, after I saw it the time. first time, I went home and watched all the President's Men. Did afterward. you fall asleep? Yeah. No. No, the President's <laughs> Men is really great. It just ends abruptly. Yeah, like right about the time you're like, this is amazing. They're gonna kick ass, and it is very like up. the title cards come up and they tell you the rest of the story in text, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? No. It, it it it's very of its time too, oh, so yeah. it, it moves yes. at a snail's pace. But it's yeah. still a great movie. It's oh, like, yeah, it's my favorite it's... Will Goldman script. But yeah. I didn't say it's a good movie. It's just you know, um, but, slow. <laughs> but I love how it leads into it. Like Spielberg treats it like all the President's Men is gonna be like this rip roaring blockbuster. <laughs> like the way the and the music that Williams does mm-hmm. like cues it up as such. Like oh, Oh, those fuckers dead. I want them all dead. You hear me dead? And it just cuts to that scene, and it's like, which would be so entertaining if it wasn't real audio of a real president of the United States saying that. Yeah, like, oh, that happened. But yeah, and it's a brisk watch too. I fucking, 
yeah. I, I, since I got in the Blu-ray, I've watched it like three times. I, I do love honestly it. as a movie, I was like, is this gonna count? I that's my frustration yeah. with oh, it. I was totally like, ah. no, I mean it does. I was just yeah. There's so much more that we can talk about from this year too. Is the yeah. is the issue? Yeah, a good choice. It's a good so one. yeah, I'm glad you Num- got on the list. Number five, how K. Graham got her news back. Oh <laughs> snap! Man, you were sitting on that for two hours and nineteen minutes. <laughs> I said that on the show one time before, and, and it you was just funny then here. too. Okay. Or <laughs> well, maybe you were. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It was good. Henry. All right, cool. We're on number five. 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 Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number five is technically a documentary. Uh, my number five is American Animals. You feel like you're waiting for something to happen. It pains me to see you embarrass your father. But you don't know what it is. You're in, or you're out. That thing that could make your life special. You're in, or you're out. You're in. Oh, you're out. How can I tell you if I'm in or I'm out without you telling me the first thing about what I might be in or out of? This would be something dangerous and very exciting. This library is home to the most valuable book in the United States. $12 million. You really need to see how easy this is going to be. Oh, you know this from all your previous ice? Can I just say how dumb this entire thing is? How do you know no one's gonna get hurt? I don't want you waking up years from now wondering what could have happened and who you could have been. Are you sure you're okay? Come on! Oh, this is my life. This isn't some game. Can you please not touch the model? Thanks. Let's do this. I I, I still want to see this. Um, American Animals is what's going on right now. Uh, American Animals is directed by the same guy who did The Imposter a couple years ago, which is on my top ten of the decade. Essentially. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, American Animals is uh, tells it's the like story. Gary Sinise movie with the uh, yeah that one yeah. yeah that one um uh, American Animals tells the story. Of, it's interesting because like the film was not promoted as a documentary, but I think it does technically count as one. Uh, and throughout the film, they are interviewing these four guys who, when they were in college, uh, they went. I can't remember what college they went to, but the college had the uh, the Audubon Society book of birds as like one of their big things um and they're and when they're in college they're like well i know we're gonna steal the book and then sell it on the black market uh and then that's what they do um and so and so throughout the film you're they're interviewing these four guys who partook in in the uh theft uh and then what they do like the tagline of the film is that this is not based on true story this is the true story 
Because as they tell it, they then have shot a film that is a recreation of that event from their exact words. So it's not based on a true story. It is the story that they are telling. It's kind of the idea of it. Okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's kind of like... Um... It's like uh, uh, man, man, it was well, like Man on Wire. If the if the recreation parts were like as close to what those guys were saying, you know, yeah. where because like, it, it's like a documentary, but layered on top of it is like a a recreation. Yeah, recreation. And they kind of like in the fact where like some of them are like, no, that's not what happened. And like they kind of like where it's like they'll start the scene and then the other person will come and be like, oh no, this happened this way instead. Oh, okay. And so it's it's about how like kind of perception and how like. That's how they viewed it as what happened, but that's not what happened, kind of thing. Okay. Um, yeah. Did I give it? A, did I give it a pause for the trailer? Yeah. You okay. Okay. okay I just make sure. Um, it's Brad's problem. <laughs> sorry, Brad. Sorry, Brad. If it's not long enough, you can cut me off. <laughs> there was a pause as I was trying to figure out what the movie was, and yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's very, very well done for a while. It came out in the summer. Uh, one of Movie Pass's two films that they made, the other being Gaudi. <laughs> oh my! I forgot sorry, Movie Pass is still I a thing. A leg Crit, with do you still have <laughs> Movie Pass? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, but yeah, it's uh for a while it came out in the summer, uh, and for a while, uh, the the lead actor uh, Evan Peters, uh, he was my like best performance of the year so far as like kind of like the head of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still very very well done. Uh, kind of into the it kind of gets into the idea of kind of blind trust and kind of what that means. Uh, but it's it's very very well done. I really like it. I really liked it a lot. Uh, if you liked the imposter, it's a very similar aesthetic. Um. And a very a lot of same twists, and then it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's funny until, it's funny until like because you throughout the film you know this actually happened, and it's funny until you actually get to the scene in which they're actually doing it, and you're like, oh, this actually happened to those people, and how kind of fucked up that is, mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, I strongly recommend it. It's a film that almost no one saw, but I think is a very very well done film, mm-hmm. and I strongly recommend it to anyone who is, would be interested in this kind of film, and so. Yeah. I remember hearing about it and wishing I had gone to the theater for it. Yeah. What, what's the title again? Uh, American Animals. American Animals. Okay. So, cool. yeah. yeah, strongly recommended. I really need to like keep a list and write them down sometimes. Because uh, I'm, I'm not going to re-listen to this. What, yeah. I pro- what I'm probably going to do is I'm going to go through and listen to it again and then make a letterbox list of all the films. And I'll sure. just probably post that on our page. At oh, some point, neat. Oh, so. well, that's great. Yeah. My uh, aunt told me she listened to our podcast for the first time. And this is a way of her uh, someone telling me that they didn't like it. Um <laughs> She said, very interesting, <laughs> funny, one word stuck out, boner. Well, that's what, is that, I mean, stuck out is exactly what that word is supposed <laughs> yeah. to do. I was just laughing when they start, when they start very interesting, <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't like it. Very interesting. Very interesting. All I heard was boner. Yeah. <laughs> but then she went on to say she's watching Twilight Zone Marathon, so. Okay. <laughs> All right. Twilight Zone's good. Yeah. I wonder what was about the episode where they're like, Weird. They talk about boners a lot. I don't know. I just no, want to watch I, the Twilight. I, I say boner a lot. Yeah. You Submitted do. for your approval. A show where four boys say, say the word boner. Yes. I can't wait, wait to win our Webby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach is officially here. Um, my number five uh, is so uh, from here on out, it's kind of similar to James's kind of mentality. Like any five can be my number one this year. I didn't say that. Well, no, from last year you said yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sorry, my bad. Um, yeah, last year become a blur. Like any of the f- t- following five could have been my number one, um, and my and so. But at the end of the day, this is how it all turned out. But my number five is a film from, um, the director of Children of Men, <laughs> uh, and uh, it's one of the most heartbreaking things I've seen this year. It's called Roma Tomatoes. 
Um, so yeah, Roma tomatoes. tomatoes. <laughs> it's about the people who try to make a sauce with a special kind of tomato. <laughs> oh, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, I was just like, I didn't know you were going to do the Italian. I, I, I knew you were going to do tomatoes. <laughs> um, no, uh, Roma is well. Alfonso Caron's um, uh, like a semi-autobiographical account of a housekeeper working for an affluent family in Mexico. Picking tomatoes. And her... No. She never picks tomatoes. Uh, And how how her life kind of progresses throughout trying to... Roma tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) In the movie. Tomatoes on the line. (laughs) I got it right here with your pepperoni and your mozzarella. I'm going to make it a pizza. (laughs) Or maybe lasagna. (laughs) <laughs> I thought it was heartbreaking when she came in. She had the pizza instead of the pasta. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh Mama, why is it a pasta and not a pizza? See, see, the thing is, I know you'll never see this movie because it's black I and won't. white in foreign language. So <laughs> that sounds like a horrible time. <laughs> no, so I know that. Oh, you also play with in Mexico, and we're doing like you, Italian accents. Yeah, <laughs> you do. It's terrible. Yeah. So, but this is a beautiful hey, film. I cover all races, okay? Yeah. You're right. I forgot. Um, so this is a beautiful film, though. Um, the lead actress, um, and I'm going to make sure I pronounce her name right, Yalitzia Apricio. Um, she's uh, she's my second like tiebreaker thing for favorite female performance. She's heartbreaking in this film. She speaks two different dialects in the film, which is Mexitec and uh, Spanish. Um, and so she's kind of like working through on two different levels. In addition to me being an ignorant American who has no idea what's being said on screen and needs subtitles for clarity. Um, and, uh, and there's a lot, much like children of men and Quran does this a lot in a lot of things where like, there's something intense going on in the background, but he keeps the focus on the intimate things, which I really appreciate. Um, I, I saw it in a theater, you don't have to watch it in a theater. I just yeah, think it's on Netflix. I th- yes, <laughs> but I think that the theatrical version it overwhelms you. It keeps you focused, and the sound design is pretty incredible. So if you have an equivalent sound setup at home, utilize it. Um, but yeah, yeah are you it's, telling me to crank a drama? 
Yes. Not 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 cr- not crank, but just make sure everything's tuned correctly. Because like, <laughs> okay. there's stuff in the sound design that's like subtle, but it 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 can help enhance the viewing quality of it. Um, but yeah, and then just, I I mean, I don't know. Like, I was I was overwhelmed by it, and like, I wanted to get it on the list somehow. Um, cause I haven't rewatched it since, um, since the theater. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's incredible. If you like Quran's films, I think you will actually enjoy it for the most part. But I, I mean, it's not like his other films. It's a very different beast. So, uh, unless I guess Imam Atambien is the closest comparison. So, I like yeah. the scene where she mops. Yes. The opening of this film <laughs> and the opening <laughs> credit <laughs> sequence is oh, a man, floor getting wet, getting wet to be mopped. That's the opening credit sequence of this film. Is a floor great. getting wet? It's great. It's okay. Yeah, yo. Oh, yeah. oh no, the sauce got on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was talking to one of my friends. Could you do Weird Al's lasagna anymore? Because I was listening to it, I said, "Wow, that's a pretty, you know, Damn. like it's an it's a Mexican song sung no. by an Italian in like a really bad Italian uh, accent." Uh, yeah. And you get away with it because it's funny. You. The qu- maybe the question is, should you? But no, I think you could. <laughs> Just, I, I, it was one of my deep thoughts by Jack Hanley I had yeah. over the last couple of weeks. You're a deep man. You start thinking about whether you could. You should have thought about whether you should. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, number five. Uh, my number five is my favorite comedy of the year. My number five is Tag. Susan, you take Jerry to be your husband. What's the difference between Episcopalian and Lutheran? Episcopalians don't eat fish. That's pescatarian. That's not a religion. They're all fanatics. I don't know. You you may kiss the bride. (laughs) I love you. Please tell me what's going on here. Our group of friends has been playing the same game of tag for 30 years. What? For the entire month of May, every year we play tag. You me. You never know when someone's gonna pop up. Congratulations, buddy. You're in. Doing great, Anna. Our buddy Jerry is the best that ever played. And now he wants to retire. Never been tagged. Just saying. So who's it? Can't touch this. This is the year we get Jerry. Can't touch this. Synchronize your watches. I don't know how to do that. I don't wear a watch. Time is a construct. Some couples go on cruises, some couples go camping, some couples go to strip clubs and have gangbangs. And this is just what we love. This is our gangbang. Wow. It seems like the game has really kept you guys connected. Alright, so good to see you. Come on, it's been a while since we've done this. This game has given us a reason to be in each other's lives. I think your dad would have really wanted you to be. Yeah. <laughs> Get up! I'm gonna keep on trying. Eat my, Eat my dick. dick. Balls. But ice cream. What? He knows I'm lactose intolerant. He's taunting me. Don't you know I'm gonna make him Yeah. It's a good one too. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh I've watched it a whole bunch of times this year. Um I love the uh how great Jeremy Renner is. Uh not so much his, I mean he's good in the performance, but 
how great he is at tag, and he has this <laughs> mythical. He might be qu- the best person to ever play. Yeah, has <laughs> this mythical quality, and they always have in the super slow mo high speed camera. You know, well, like, like, like the Sherlock thing from. Yeah, like, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, and then just yeah, after watching it so many times, like on the like you watch the trailer, and it seems like this throwaway comedy of like, oh, they they turn the childhood game tag in a movie, but like um hoagie's whole thing of like if you listen to his dialogue having watched it one time through already like how he's joking about dying early in the movie and by the end of the movie you find out that he is and it's just like heartbreaking i know it takes um, a really weird like no, i guess not weird right uh shocking turn to seriousness you go oh yeah and then making the point of like you know yeah jeremy renner has been really good at the game but he's missed the point of the game it and the reason like you know, they're not involved in his wedding is because he's always felt alienated yeah. from the group, but it's only because he's always been running away from the group. So, um, yeah, it's just a great poignant movie. Like, really feels like a friendship yeah. um, on screen. And, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's funny in a lot of places. Uh, uh, Ed Helms' wife, too, like how intense she is about <laughs> yeah. the game. They won't let her play. Um, and then, yeah, as they go along, like breaking down all those, like, barriers that they've had about the game and like allowing other people in like the one guy at the bar they don't let play um <laughs> yeah. he wants to really bad um but they're really strict and then uh john ham and then uh, uh jake johnson's characters how they have that rivalry rivalry against rashida jones um it's just is tons of fun i like rashida yeah. jones i can pop it in any time and just enjoy it and laugh and so that's my number my number five nice cool it's a good one James. Yeah. Uh, so my number five is where my list starts to turn. Um, and bad or good? Uh, oh, nothing but good. Good. It's all foreign. Uh, no. <laughs> well, this movie is kind of foreign. Um, what this movie is is delightful and charming and heartwarming and just playful. And and just great and and definitely there's a little bit of a bias because, you know, I I saw this one right after having seen the first one, and that made the second one, just really even better. My number five is Paddington Two. Fuck yeah, it is. Mister Booba. Oh, what's this? Ah, oh, this is London. It's wonderful. Aunt Lucy always dreamed of coming to London. If she saw this, it would be like she were finally here. Aunt Lucy! Oh, Paddington. This is perfect. I've had a brilliant idea. I'm going to get a job and buy that book for Aunt Lucy's birthday. Hello, window cleaner. Ow. Are you quite sure you're ready for the workplace, Paddington? It's Phoenix Buchanan. Dad's celebrity client. I suppose you know who I am. Oh, yes. You're a very famous actor. VIP. Celebrity. (laughs) Or used to be. Now you do dog food commercials. (laughs) This pop-up book, where on earth did you find it? Mr. Gruber's antique shop. Oh, 
hold it right there. Oh, but I'm not the thief. Mysterious things have been happening all over town. We're rich again. I may look like a hardened criminal, but I'm innocent. We're going to need a foolproof plan. If anyone can recognize a criminal, it's us. He's a master of disguise. Oh. This is breaking an entering. I haven't broken anything. Where do you think you're going, Bear? Paddington wouldn't hesitate if any of us needed help. He looks for the good in all of us. Oh. Marmalade. Oh. Take a seat. Come on, Wolfie. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I still have never seen a Paddington movie. Oh my what? God, Ryan! They're just so I mean, good. I, I, I watched the Evil Dead films for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what's funny is I was uh, I was at uh, Walmart getting cinema classic Silent Rage, and um, <laughs> yeah, and as I was going uh, through the aisle for nine dollars, you can get the Blu-ray of the first Paddington with Do a little it. Paddington with it. Do it. What? <laughs> <laughs> Henry, come back. It's not a show to do. <laughs> and, I, and I did this. Henry likes this movie. Meh. And I kept going. What the oh. fuck, Ryan? <laughs> Just oh, kidding. Ryan, no. I think it was the DVD is why I didn't oh, get it. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, no, genuinely. Both. Uh, yes. So this was the year that I think finally some people heard. Obviously not Ryan. But I think the rest of us <laughs> finally heard Henry and went, okay. Even the cold, cold heart of Rotten Tomatoes, right. 100%. Yeah, yep, still there, yeah. <laughs> right? And so you know, saw Paddington one, then saw Paddington two. So to some degree, this is almost there. This is sort of here just for both of them. Um, but uh, like, <laughs> these movies are are perfect. Like they're yeah, they are. so delightful. <laughs> they are they are so much. I guess fun. I can point out your shirt. Oh like, yeah, I up today wearing my Paddington polo. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I know. Um, the 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 character of Paddington is so lovable and such a like breath of fresh air. Um, everything about the movie is man. It's like it's like all the corners have been rounded off. You know, like everything is sort of safe, but in a in a wonderful, enjoyable way. Yeah. Um, like it's the movie <laughs> that literally any human being could watch and enjoy and get something good out of yeah um, it's like mad max but for kids yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they need that on the yeah. the paddington collection I, I i just can't like i've watched i've watched them both a number of times now um and they are so endlessly entertaining um and 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 genuinely smart in a lot of ways yeah. i mean they're it's not just that it, that it's saying something, but the way the movies are constructed is really wonderful. God, remember um, that scene in the sequel where uh, they're like, where, where like all the inmates are like, no, yeah, they they see you the first week, they see you the second week, they see yeah. maybe the third week, and then they never see you again. Yeah. And then he, and Penny's like, no, they'll always come see me, and then they don't see him. <laughs> I know it's so yeah. Uh, so I watched uh, 
Gordon Ramsay like in prison his, his prison cooking show I just thought of Paddington 2 like <laughs> yeah. oh totally yeah and it, it, it's funny because it feels almost episodic like you're like ep- either episodic or almost like at times you're watching little cartoons because the movies kind of go through these phases where we're kind of going on this adventure now and we're kind of going on this adventure now and we're kind of going on this adventure and each one of them is so enjoyable and fun mm-hmm. and so you're just with it and so then when the plot comes back in it doesn't matter if the plot is good or not it's it just even is. though it always is and it is it, they're they're good um but that's not even why you're there right you're and then Paddington. <laughs> and then you get to the end oh yeah and they kick you in the balls so hard because you know it's gonna work out and but then it works out so well right like it's not they, for everyone really they just deliver on pulling your heartstrings so hard that if you don't cry at the end of Paddington 2, you are a Brad. black-hearted, <laughs> terrible person. <laughs> I mean, genuinely, like, when those last few beats hit, it is so beautiful and good. Like, it's, uh, you just, I can't say enough great things about They even Paddington. give satisfying conclusion to Hugh Grant in they, the film. Sure. It's and, a, it's when, a, it's a when you meet Hugh Grant and you're like, wow, that's a weird guy. And then you see him in private and he's like, oh, that guy's fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, his, his, like, he is definitely the, the Joe of the Mad Max universe yeah. here in the Paddington. I, I made a different comparison when we reviewed it where I'm like, he, Hugh Grant's uh, performance is like the Heath Ledger of like children's performances where it's sure. so insane. Um, <sighs> but, um, but like yeah no I loved I loved the film, and like I think what I love more of it is like how like Henry like sold it and we just didn't believe him and then we saw it and we're like Henry oh, yes. was right yes like it was like it's not that we I wouldn't have never believed you I'm just I like would've. really the Paddington movie <laughs> no but then but then it's like no he's not only right he's super right Henry was right yeah no. these movies are great now that being said it was not my favorite bear movie of the year but hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you are you are so, wrong. The real, oh, so I, I really think like it sounds one. like the real name for this movie is Mad Pad Furry Road. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, I just man. can't describe how heartbroken I am that we're not going to get a third one, which either A, would have been Paddington meeting the Queen, or B, uh, would have been a Christmas movie, which would have been even better. Uh, maybe he'll come, he'll come back. Paddington, yes. Paddington's like Mary Poppins. He, he'll, he'll come back. Oh, it seems like Paddington's something that's actually like if, if it's going to continue on outside of film format, they should maybe do like a, either a television show or like a cartoon. I think the CG costume too much. With the same and, voices. And it, it's just so well tightly crafted. Like, yep. I don't want a TV show. It'll get too loose. Like, I need, I need the high art of yes. Paddington too. I need the high art of cinema I, for Paddington. Yeah. Like, this is a... You know, Zach, you keep talking as though this is a joke. No, <laughs> no, this is like I'm, an amazing no, film. No, 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 it's not. Artist, no, artistically I, crafted. I'm, I'm more like, I, I, I mean, like part of me might be joking about the enthusiasm, but like, no, this is genuine. Like, that no. movie is good. When I say this is a tight, perfect film. I'll tell you right. I mean, this is a tight, perfect film. I know. And I mean, like, so like we, I know we do end of the year for everybody else, like the, the listeners and stuff. Spoilers. This is my mom's favorite film of the year. She went Hell to yeah. we went to see it in the theater. She loved it. She like cried throughout all of it and like she loved it. It's great. It's a great film. It's my number five. Uh, I think pretty much all my movies are going to be repeats now. My uh, my number five is First Man. Uh, oh, that's a good one. I I, I love that. Uh, I already talked about the intimacy of space flight because mo- most of the time it's usually grand. 
I love the performance of Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong is uh, he's a real hero where he's a reluctant one and he isn't always uh, grandiose, I guess is the word. Um, so I, I, I love the film. I thought it was really well made. Uh, yeah. It's a film where he's not like necessarily heroic. Like he's, he's damaged. He's very damaged and he's, yeah, but you know, he's, he's defined by the loss of his daughter and, um, I love that the fact that like he has a hard time talking about it when other people around him. Oh yeah, no. not just his daughter, but like all the different astronauts. You know, I, I his interview I love when he went into NASA to be an astronaut. I think it was really great. Um, I, I I just I just loved I love this movie. I'm a really big fan of the director and writer. Um, yeah, did uh, Giselle yeah. also write it? Did what? I'm sorry. Did Giselle write the film? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I thought it was jo- Josh two. Singer actually. I think I think Chazelle co-wrote it. Yeah. And then, okay. Uh, I thought I, I thought that Chazelle did not write La La Land, and so I thought I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's but. based on the novel. Oh. Okay. The, the yeah. biography. Okay. Cool. Sweet. <gasps> so good stuff. The YA novel, <laughs> First Man. Right. <laughs> so yeah, First Man. <laughs> the First Man. Good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Snickerdoodles. Snickerdoodle. Snickerdoodle. Fantastic. Uh cool. Yep. Great. Good. Pick. That's what I watched. Corinne, number four. That's why I watched. That's why I picked for number. I'm my sick. number four say. is my first repeat of the list. Freaking people over there. Yeah, <laughs> fuckers. The legs. Um, recent addition to the list. Uh, when I saw the promos or whatever for this movie, I'm like, yeah, I don't really have any like major desire to see that. But between a combination of hearing good things about it and the fact that I was canceling my movie pass subscription, and I'm like, you know what? Why not go see one last movie with this thing? I went and saw it, and I laughed. I cried. I was blown away by just everything about this movie. My number four is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Nice. Cool. Yeah, you say they swept your leg. I got to wait another two hours before I can even <laughs> talk about it. So, <laughs> No, that's fine. No, I'm just kidding. For a second, I thought... For a second, I thought you were going to talk about Mary Queen of Scots. Like, <laughs> I remember, like when you were on, like like when we did the bonus, we were like, "Yeah, I used it as like my final movie pass thing." I was like, "She really likes this film." This is not how I remember talking about this film. So. No, Mary Queen of Scots was the opposite problem. It, you know, it was promoted so much early on that I was like, I was really excited for yeah. it, and then I had such high expectations. And it did not meet them. Yeah, I think Spider Verse is a slow burn right now. Where I mean, everybody really likes it, and now people are starting to catch up to the hype of Spider Verse. Yeah, kind of um, like what happened with Greatest Showman. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's no. Well, not just, like Greatest Showman. <laughs> just in terms I mean, of it Greatest kind Showman's of catches fun. on later. How did I know that you would yell about that first? <laughs> I didn't see it, so I don't know if it's good. Greatest Showman, that is. It's good. But, it's not um, the greatest show. So I don't. You weren't on the episode, Ryan. But when we were doing the Christmas bonus thing, I was saying how there's the one shot where they're going to the banquet where they're gonna like yeah. break in, and there's where they're looking in through the window, and I was like, those, those, those are real people. Like they got footage of that. Yeah. No, it's it's really well done. It's a really well made film. Yeah, just everything about this the animation, the voice performances, the sound design, and I said on here before the Prowler yeah. is like super cool. So I'm really Prowler. pissed. First I time that's it. ever been said in comic <laughs> okay. book history. The Prowler is cool. <laughs> and in the movie, yeah, no, I, I agree. But um, I'm pissed. I haven't seen this again. Yeah, it's yet. a good one. 
I'm going to see it like before it leaves theaters. Heck yeah. And I will be like, shut up and take my money. Yes. Also, uh, and I probably have mentioned on here before, but I don't appreciate all these like reboots and sequels that Hollywood's doing where it's like you're just going back to the well and you're not being creative. But yeah, this, is one instance, <laughs> this is one instance where I'm like, I need a sequel to this. This is probably like for me what The Incredibles was for all those other people on Earth. Yeah. Like ten plus years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm excited. I heard they're uh, they're going to focus on the Spider Women for the next one. And so. that would be cool. I, I would love the... to see one with Jessica Drew. She's one of my favorite characters that you know doesn't get a lot of hype anymore. I want one with that lady from the cover where she's like bending over and her ass is at the top of the page. That is that is Jessica Drew, but that's not what she is. I'm aware. <laughs> she's I'm a aware. sweet private eye I who want, has Spider-Man powers. I want a solo Spider-Ham spinoff. <laughs> I'd see that too. I mean, me and Kellen are probably the only ones who want it at this point. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I could see that happening. Lego Batman got one. So. Yeah. I know that's true. <laughs> John yeah. Mulaney, guys. John yeah. Mulaney. Good stuff. Good so. choice. Cool. Probably the best choice. I want a Paddington Spider-Man crossover. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Oh. They could just hang out and read books together. Paddington, <gasps> Paddington teach, teaches Spider-Man how to do a hard stare. Yeah. Man. Uh, so yeah. So we're on number four. 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 Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. So this is where all my five-star films start coming in. Um, so yeah, my number four. Uh, it's like another film that might be on someone else's list, but it's like a happy version of it. Um, my number four is Love, Simon. <laughs> hey, guys. How was the party? It was really fun. Aces. He's wearing a woman's sweater and he's drunk. Well, he didn't drive drunk and he's home before curfew, so. That's what I thought we got. Right? Yeah, we're good parents. Yeah, we're good. Right? Good morning, Creekwood Hark! My name's Simon. For the most part, my life is totally normal. I have a family that I actually like, and there's my friends. We do everything friends do. We drink way too much diced coffee, we walk gorging on carbs. So, I'm just like you, except I have one huge-ass secret. Hey! I like your, your boots! I said I like your, your boots! Goodbye! Nobody knows I'm gay. Have you seen the new post? About the closet of gay kid at school. What? Who do you think it is? Can I call you back? Dear Blue, I'm just like you. <sighs> this was a mistake. It's nice to know there's another guy at school with the same secret. When did you first realize? It was a bunch of little things, like my first girlfriend. I think I'm falling in love with you. Wow, thank you. Be right back. Wasn't my proudest moment. Sometimes I think I'm destined to care so much about one person, it nearly kills me. Me too. I'm done living in a world where I don't get to be who I am. I deserve a great love story. And I want someone to share it with. Have you ever been in love? I think so. These last few years, it's almost like I can feel you holding your breath. I'm supposed to be the one that decides when and where and who knows. That's supposed to be my thing. Disclaimer. This is about to get romantic as F. You're not into Abby, are you? She's cute, but yeah. she's just not really my type. Mm. Not because she's black. I love black women. Not like, you know, I have a thing for black women. I just, I just, I just love all women. I haven't seen this yet. So 
is it's that good, huh? Oh, I love. I was sobbing throughout this film. What is Love Simon? Love Simon tells the story of uh, it's a it's similar vein as uh, All the Boys Love Me Before that kind of, that type of film. Um, it's about a high school uh, boy who was in the closet. Uh, no one knows he's gay, and he's kind of concerned. Oh boy, um, there we go. Um, he's considered kind of like almost like just like a kind of like a not like a cool kid, but like mid tier. Like no one, no one dislikes him. He's fine. Yeah, he's yeah. adequate. <laughs> uh, uh, but he's gay, and no one knows that. Sure. Um, and it's and it's, he's in a, in a he's in a school where he knows that if he comes out as gay, it'll be problematic. Um, and so what ends up happening is uh, what ends up happening is on like the school's like Facebook page someone posts anonym- anonymously that they are also gay. And so he, as an, as he starts emailing that anonymous person, being like, hey, I'm also anonymous and I'm also gay. And it's about him talking with that other person. But what ends up happening is that uh, it starts becoming this thing at the school of who is the gay kid? Um, and, so, and so he's trying to figure almost, out who the... Almost makes the environment more toxic because now it's a witch hunt for... Yeah. Who is this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so... And so it's about, and so it's about how he starts falling in how he starts falling in love with this other with this other uh, kid at school. Well, sorry, sorry, everybody's laughing because Brad quietly said "gay witch hunt," which is the yeah. title of an office episode. Oh, what? The microphone? I can't do it anymore. He's too funny for me, man. Uh, and, no, you're fine. You're good, you're good man. Oh. You the uh, but so it beca- so, so it becomes like the school trying to figure out who the gay kid is, whereas like he's like he's falling in love with this person and he's trying to figure out like he like looks on the school being like is he the person because it's also like you don't know is this what says him being like I like him he's cute but is he gay and is he the person that I'm actually talking this sounds to? sounds like a movie my wife would love. It's so good, mm-hmm. uh, and and then but and then also gets to the fact that like one of the kids finds out that he's gay and is threatened and essentially blackmails him and it's like if you don't do this stuff for me I will reveal that you're gay. Um, and, it's, and so it kind of gets to that kind of thing. Uh, it's very, it's really beautiful. It really t- gets into the idea of coming out and kind of what that means to someone. Uh, and I, just, I think it's a really good, I, it's a really good film about kind of being gay and being ashamed of that. And uh, yeah, so I don't know if that other film that's a similar subject, but sad is going to be on someone else's list. But uh, yeah, so we'll see. But yeah, love Simon. Yep. Cool. Zach. You're number four. So, really quickly, Ryan, you said that from here on out, all yours are repeats? No, uh, probably. No, there's definitely one that's not. Well, so far, there's two, I, well, but I'm I, sure they're going to come up. I hope that we're we're both on the same page of loving this film. Uh, so, my number four is uh, my horror film selection for the year. Um, it is not A Quiet Place, although I really do love Quiet Place. Uh, but number four is a film that really rallied around my fanboy sensibilities, but also ended up being a fantastic film. Uh, my number four is... John Carpenter's David Gordon Green's Halloween. <laughs> Trick or treat! Oh, my house is here. Which one should we go to? They're all spooky. I'm gonna pick that one over on across the street. Yeah, oh, what the? Hey! Sorry, but Dad, you Forty years ago, on Halloween night, Michael Myers murdered three people. After that horrific night, he was sent back to the institution in captivity.
Who the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. The bus crashed. Michael Myers escaped. He'll return to Haddonfield, his home. I need to protect my family. You have no security system, Karen. Mom, you need help. Evil is real. There's a reason we're supposed to be afraid of this night. I've been preparing for this for a long time. It is not safe to be on the street tonight. Go home! Get out of here! Get inside! Michael! He's here. He is a killer. But he will be killed tonight. Happy Halloween, Michael. Or The Shape Awakens. Um, Surprisingly, did not make my list. Oh. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I got the order wrong. Disney Presents. It was one of the <laughs> films. The last Myers. <laughs> that I struggled so much with putting on the list. Because mm-hmm. I did. I love this movie. Yeah. Um, I can understand why it's not, like, going to shoot above to the rocket stars. Like, I mean, I knew it was going to be on mine from the moment yeah. I walked out of the theater the first time. It was on my list until I sent it to Brad. Like I, 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 and then Brad took it off your list. No, I because I had about twenty two films that I was debating on and putting on the list. Yeah, and like I said at the offset, it's now it's in ones that transcend um, my feelings watching film. Mm-hmm. Um, and Halloween was close, it, it, just didn't make it. Right? No, and and like. I think if 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 it were just good, it may not have made my list, but I would have still said like, "Hey, I still love this movie." It transcends being just okay for me. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is for me the linchpin on the uh, on it because she one she didn't have to come back, nor frankly should she have had to because she got royally screwed by like how H two O gets stupidly retconned for rec- resurrection, but also like. I mean, H two O is great, but like it doesn't do everything that it possibly could with the Laurie character, uh, in my opinion. I know other people feel different, and that's fine. Um, but the scene where Laurie uh, is waiting outside the prison and making sure that Michael is being transported out, and then goes to the family dinner for her granddaughter and crashes it and gets drunk, is one of the most heartbreaking and made me cry scenes of the year in a in a sad way, but also like. I I I felt Laurie's trauma in a way that I've never felt it before because it's not really a point of discussion. I mean, it's a movie about a guy in a William Shatner mask who saps people, but right. but this film takes it up a notch and asks you to to in to to think about some important thematic elements. And like, yes, they're very timely, but I think they would have been like relevant and worthy of discussion even if we weren't in the current c- climate that we're in. Um, they ask important questions about survivors. Um, but also just like how you get over trauma over that period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, one of the things that I think that this film does amazingly is that it makes Michael scary again. 
Um, not in the same I think way. That's the most important thing for the film. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and it's not the same scary that it probably would have been when we were kids, where like you know, it's it's the well, boogeyman in the mask. It's scary in the sense of like, holy shit, I don't want him to kill anybody. Well, I think it, he's scary in the randomness. Mm-hmm. The, the scene, the I think the cool scene in the the film is the trick or treat scene where he's just going from random house to random house, just butchering people. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it's that long shot. Spared the baby. Shut up, internet. Um, <laughs> um, but so and then just like its attitude, like it, it, it has a sense of humor about it, but it's not shoving the humor down my face. You know what, Brad? That baby died of hunger because there's no one there to feed him. You happy now? Good. Or yeah. you know what? It became an orphan, so that's its curse. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it, and just like it's a slow, painful death. <laughs> it grew and, up to be the new murderer. And the more <gasps> Halloween two, that baby's back. <laughs> <laughs> Look who! Look who's stabbing now! Now that I think about it, the police were in that neighborhood. They probably found the baby and saved its life, and so then shot it. <laughs> wow. Um, and yes, I know that. I know that at least out, maybe outside of this circle, like I mean, the whole Doctor Sartain thing rubs people the wrong way. I don't have an issue with it. I I I can't like think too much about it because at the end of the day, it's a movie. Uh, it's a movie in a series of films that have been ridiculous anyway. And that should be the least ridiculous thing we've discussed. Like, there was a movie about a cult, <laughs> and, like, and somehow it transferring over to Dr. Loomis. That scene is a means to an end, so that, yeah. that way we can get to a place where th- fucking people can fight a crazy guy in a mask. And my favorite, like, shot of, my favorite shot of that movie is the pickup shot that they had to do, where it, it calls back to that shot where they slowly dim the light onto Michael in the first one. And then this one, it dims onto Lori as it zooms in and goes, happy Halloween. And she yeah. Just, like, fucking stabs him. Um, and um, Judy Greer saying, gotcha. Fucking yeah. badass as shit. So good. Um, love those women. I, I love this film a lot. Um, and uh, I, I, I liked Gordon Green and McBride's interpretation of it. Also best score of the film. Or best score of the year oh, for yeah. me. Best like score of the, the year for me. The tweak to the, the tweak to the Halloween theme was awesome, and it's an angry score, and it needs to be an angry score. Um, and it just, ah, just it, it made a lot of flooding memories come back and whatnot. And like, and, and I'll say this actually though, it's like it, it's it's my favorite score of the year, but like I don't know if it's the best score of the year, obviously, but like it's one that I think has been underappreciated by the mainstream set, but clearly the 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 film fans have decided upon it being great, and I enjoy that. But anyway, my number four, Halloween. Probably would have been higher if it weren't for the other three, which really blew my mind. It's away. always true. Yeah, that Jason guy sure is scary. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know what? Winnie the Pooh better than Paddington. Those some fighting words right there. <laughs> you already started this fight. <laughs> cool, Brad. Uh, my number four, four right. Uh, it's about an island full of dogs. My number four is Isle of Dogs. <laughs> the Japanese archipelago, 20 years in the future. Canine saturation has reached epidemic proportions. An outbreak of dog flu rips through the city of Megasaki. Mayor Kobayashi issues emergency orders calling for a hasty quarantine. Trash Island becomes an exiled colony. The Isle of Dogs. I don't think I can stomach any more of this garbage. Exactly. Same here. Words out of my mouth. 
Nobody's giving up around here, and don't you forget it, ever. You're Rex. You're king. You're duke. You're boss. I'm chief. We're a pack of scary, indestructible alpha dogs. Atari Kobayashi, you heroically hijacked a junior turboprop XJ750 and flew it to the island because of your dog. Darn it. I've got a crush on you. We get the idea. You're looking for your lost dog spots. Does anybody know it? No, no. I've lost all of my pride. Spots, if he's alive, may very well be living even at this moment as a captive prisoner. Somebody is up to something. Will you help him? The little pilot. Why should I? Because he's a 12-year-old boy. Dogs love those. We'll find him. Wherever he is, if he's alive, we'll find your dog. Ah! It's gonna be a fight! I wish somebody spoke his language. North, a long rickety causeway over a noxious sludge marsh leading to a radioactive landfill polluted by toxic chemical garbage. That's our destination. Great. Got it. Get ready to jump. Your number four is I Love Dogs. Aww. The, Aww. the name of the episode that week, yes. Yeah. And Wes Anderson's little cheeky joke. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, it's uh, a great uh, another stop motion entry from Wes Anderson. Uh, that's uh, full of uh, his brand of humor um, and just a cute story. Like it's not it's not terribly deep, but um, it also addresses some things about like um, uh, like alienating people in society and uh, singling out certain cultures and things. And uh, hmm. yeah, it's just a fun movie about man man's best friend. Yeah, man, that's what I got. Was on my list for a long time that I kept meaning to see and I never got to, but I will. Oh man, you haven't seen it. Should it's really good. I know, I know, I know. I technically own it, so I should watch it. What do you mean technically? Well, I'll tell you later. But I have access to a digital copy of it. Oh, I see how it is. Yes, <laughs> I didn't steal it. That's not it. Um, Alexandra Desplat, I think, did the score. Like whoever did the score for Isle of Dogs, like needs a big pat on the back because it's fucking amazing and. Has fun little callbacks to like Japanese cinema and Kurosawa films and whatnot. Cool. I fucking love it. Um, I, it was almost on my list, but you know, just. But I and I will say like I like Brian Cranston's character's arc in the film. Um, I think it's a really fun arc, uh, and I like Jeff Goldblum's character. Have you heard a rumor? <laughs> cool. Um, my number four? four. My number four is one of the most delightful times I've had in a theater <laughs> this year. Um, with with also some really good messages. Um, my number four is Mary Poppins Returns. I honestly can't remember why we kept most of this stuff to begin with. Don't you remember that kite? We used to love flying that with mother and father. 
Those days are long behind me. That's why I live and breathe. hardly to have aged at all. Really? One never discusses a woman's age, Michael. Would have hoped I taught you better. What brings you here after all this time? Same thing that brought me the first time. I've come to look after the bank's children. Us? Oh, yes, you too. We're about to lose our home. Everything's fallen to pieces since your mother. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. It's a good thing you come along when you did, Mary Poppins. How'd you do that? Do what? So you've been off filling the children's heads with stuff and nonsense. You've forgotten what it's like to be a child. Everything is possible. Even the impossible. So you might get one that doesn't get swept, but sorry. So. Nope, they've all been swept. Oh, um, yeah, beautiful movie. Um, yeah, I, man, like what a fun time uh, at the theater. Like you're getting to see a song and dance movie. It lo- lived up to so many expectations. Uh, I think the songs are amazing. Emily Blunt is amazing. Um, I think that the the lessons that that movie is trying to teach is are just so wonderful. Um, and I think it, like we talked about in the episode, I think it, it walks a fine line where between, you know, you, it being beneficial if you've seen the original, but not being required and it's treading some similar ground, but not necessarily, but also giving you something new, you know, just um, walking the nostalgia versus plant your own flag line. Well, but I think, yeah. no, it's more about like, is it, is it telling the exact same story again? Yeah. And it is close to, but also tweaking it a little bit so that. You know, if you hadn't seen the original, you're good. But if you have, you're also entertained. You know, it's a. Um, I think it accomplishes being like inherent in the DNA of the Mary Poppins character that this would have to be the sequel. Yeah. In terms of a cinematic sense, I don't know the books. Sure. So. Um. Yeah. Absolutely charming, amazing performances. We'll talk about it some more. Dick so. Van Dyke, <laughs> Admiral Boom. <laughs> so good. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about it a little later. But you know. I, this movie too, I didn't realize how much of an impact the first one had on me. Yeah. Until Mary Poppins shows up and I start fucking crying. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I love Mary Poppins. Oh, so good. Um, Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, great movie. Uh, my number four is as a repeat. It's uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh, um so good. The uh, <laughs> the action movie. Uh, 
uh, Tom Cruise's career continues to get better. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say there. I'm just trying to say that Tom Cruise is really great in it. And you should watch the special features because you can see how much of a badass he really is. Um, you know, he he really fell from the helicopter onto like the cargo stuff. He broke his foot. He broke his foot. Man. Um, the well, story itself it was his, uh, is a arm. No, it's his it's it's his foot. It's when he does the jump. He, yeah, yeah. he catches the bottom of the. He, well, I he catches his arm. No, yeah, no, he catches his foot and then he, he gets up and limps away. Oh, okay. yeah. It was. I don't remember if it was his ankle or his foot, but it was. Yeah, and it's know. it's funny you watch the special features. They talk about that one, and they show. So he did it one time, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom Cruise is like, oh, I can do it one more time. And he has this thing. He said, I'll do it until, you know, we get it. If he can, if it's safe. Yeah. So he did it one more time, and he broke his ankle and no one knew he did because he just kept going yeah he got up and he, ran off he ran off in a way that he was limping but it could be just him acting like that was rough yeah he'd yeah. be like wow he's so committed because you watch wow. his face and you know something's wrong yeah and then he's like meh i'll keep going those are the shots in the movie yeah. so when you see when you see him jump if you slow it down you'll see his foot do this yeah. against the wall as his ankle breaks see the problem and then he'll looking get up at his and arm so yeah. they, they see him on set. He's like squinting his eyes because he's in pain, and they're just like, "Does he have to take a shit?" <laughs> yeah. But no, the movie's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's incredible. From set piece to set piece, and even the story's fun. Um, I can't remember Alec Baldwin's like the line he says, but he does something really badass when he does the turn on Cavill and whatnot that I really fucking love. I can't oh, remember that whole sequence. Is Fuck, amazing. but I you know I like Baldwin in it and how they like, they gave him a graceful death. And he goes, "Time to shave." And then he's <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> Lemon, time to shave. <laughs> so Mission Impossible Fallout is a great film. Tom Cruise is incapable it. of making a bad film. He's legend st- still incapable of making a bad film. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. all right, Jack Reacher two. Not great. Is it bad? It's not bad. Is Thank he you. bad in it? Thank is you. it watchable? That should be the the thing. He the was great in The Mummy. is a bad film. The Mummy is a great first chapter to a series that we'll never get. So, <laughs> um, I disagree with it is every the, It is the Iron Man of the it's uh, funny. Every word in that sentence you said was wrong. It is easier to blame Russell Crowe for it than it is so, to blame Tom here's Cruise. Here's the thing. Still, still not what I'd call a bad movie. Not his best, but not bad. It is the worst movie he's done in a very long time. Okay. What about Interview with a Vampire? Nah, that uh, not awesome. a, that's a good movie. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a very divisive film. It's a good movie, and the only reason Ryan's going to argue against it is because his wife likes it so much. No, I, I liked it before I met my wife, so... Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I... If I had to, I mean, I have a list. You can read it on Real Nerds Podcast. Um, <laughs> There's the have plug. you updated it with the new entries? Uh, I haven't. I will. Um, but Endless Love, he's only in it for like 10 minutes, and the movie's not that good, but, but, it's not, good. but he's good in it. Can't blame him. And he didn't make that film. Exactly. That was before Tom Cruise was Tom Cruise. That was before Tom Cruise was making films. Yeah, there's there's a turning point in his career if you watch him. Yeah, uh, there's right like at a risky where, business. There's a point where like he starts getting creative control. Yeah, and then it just skyrockets. <laughs> it's clear that he knows what he's doing, even though they don't. Yeah, yeah so. no, it's um, there's a great. I always tell everybody you should listen to the interview with him with Chris Hardwick on the Nerdist and listen to how hard this dude works. Oh, yeah. Always working on seven films at once. Always trying to make them better. When he broke his ankle, instead of taking time off, they went back and edited Mission Impossible Fallout to see how they could make it better. And that's what he did for six weeks while he couldn't do anything. Yeah. 
Just worked on that film. Just worked on the film. Never stops. Can't oh, stop. Never, never Won't stop. stop. Never stop. Never stopping. Yep. Le- Les Grossman, greatest studio exec that ever lived. Yep. Crin. Crin. Number three. My number three film was also kind of an obscure little release. I saw a couple of trailers for it. I think I was one of only maybe ten people in the theater when I went to see it. It sounds like a dirty film, but I promise you it isn't. My number three is Juliet Naked. I may look like a nice English lady in a sensible cardigan, but these days it's a thin veneer and it's starting to crack. Who wants to bring kids into this bloody world? My point is I just don't think that the world needs more kids. I think we get it. Tucker Crow, one of the most unsung figures of alternative rock. Hasn't been seen in 20 years. That's him. Wow, he's so gorgeous. Thank you. I think I've had enough Tucker bloody Crow to last 20 lifetimes. Tucker has a new album, and I don't want to spend my time with someone who doesn't get it. Oh, somebody new. Juliet Naked is a naked attempt to squeeze a few more quid out of a long dead career. You wrote this. It was the strangest thing. I met someone on the internet. You're finally entering the modern age. You read that review I posted. You nailed it. I couldn't have explained it better myself. Tucker Crow. Tucker Crow, as in Duncan's idol, Tucker yes. Crow. Yeah, it's really me. What's your story? Well, I'm Dear Tucker, it's really odd to be saying all this to a stranger, but I have a hunch I've wasted the last 15 years of my life. I don't imagine this is much of a consolation, but I'm ashamed to say that two decades have slipped through my fingers. At least you have a past to live up to. Big news, I'm coming to London. Would you like to meet for a drink? Beautiful spot. You're not downstairs, are you? That's me and my high school chess club. I can explain this. I'm not trying to trap you or cut your head off or whatever. (laughs) Hi! How have you been? Duncan Thompson. Tucker Crow. I'm Stevie Wonder. Just take it. Real mature, Annie. What are you drinking, Tucker Crow? Glass of water. I'm not getting a famous American rock star a glass of water. I'm not that famous, okay? I'm an alcoholic. Well, you'll fit right in. wondering if you'd be interested in me do you think there's any way back for me you sure this doesn't have something to do with your idol coming along and fancying me please how do we know that's even him well i have a passport well that would be super well all of this seems to be in order really oh thank god Hey! Oh, <laughs> all right, and it's here. That's oh. because I asked for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard so many good things about this film. I'm glad that you liked it. Then um, now I can watch it, knowing it'll be good. Ooh, Rose so, Burns. side note, I have to tell you guys the story of when. Um, so Ryan and I are kind of doing this movie swap thing. So he gave me Sicario, and I <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna have less fun than now, Ryan now, will. Now, <laughs> now, to, now, to be fair, I said uh, my uh, my sister's uh, sister or Sicario. And oh, she so chose you, Sicario. So, so you gave her options. Yeah, I gave her two totally opposite spectrum. <laughs> I, I, I thought well, it was I you going, good no. things about Sicario. No, Sicario is like, amazing. You know, yeah. It will not probably... It'll leave you depressed, but yes, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing, Bill. Um, but anyway, so I said, I showed him like all my movies, and I was like, all right, which one do you want to have next? And 
he texted me back, can I get Juliet naked? <laughs> but but he didn't capitalize naked and he forgot the quote or he forgot the comma. Yep. So it just she looked like he said, can I get can Juliet I get- naked? <laughs> you mean from Lost? You want to say Juliet naked? All right, all right. So I don't know if Romeo will be happy with that, man. I, I don't think any of you have seen it, right? No, but Henry saw it. Yeah, trailer's awesome. awesome. That's great to hear. Did you like it? Yeah, it's great. Actually, I have no idea what it's about. I just heard that you liked it. So yeah, I said, so I'll watch it. I feel like this was kind of the year that we kind of started to see the rom coms kind of revive. That we got like legitimately good rom coms this year mm-hmm. between. Crazy Rich Asians and set it up, which you which you had mentioned, which I like it, but I think I watched set it up maybe like a month before I saw this, and I was like, this is everything that a rom com should be. Where set it up is like everything that rom coms kind of are, where it's very kind of like high class and everything's like really fancy and. They're all like perfect twenty somethings who are just trying to make their way in the world, and then oh no, sorry, we're sharing a mic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Literally stealing the mic like, from Gr- Stop talking. Wait, I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you uh, finish. Set it up doesn't change anything. Whereas this one kind of changes kind of what rom coms can be. Yeah. So very So mm, I don't know how much I want to say about this since Ryan's gonna watch it, but I'll just give you the basic premise, which hopefully you heard in the trailer. Um, so the plot of this is that you have Rose Burns' character, um, she's in this long-term relationship with Chris O'Dowd, who plays her, like, boyfriend, live-in boyfriend, and he's obsessed with this very obscure musician who had, like, one sort of kind of big album back in, I don't know, like, the 90s, I guess, and then just kind of disappeared, and so he runs this fan website where they do, like, all these conspiracy theories and they analyze, like, the music and stuff and, like, where is he now? And so Juliet is the name of the album that the guy, um, Tucker Crow, that's um, Ethan Hawke's character, released. And she and him get into this argument about the naked or, like, the unplugged version that they get a copy of because he's like, it's great, and she's like, no, it sucks. And so they get into this... (laughs) discussion on the website about it and tucker crow reaches out to her and he's like yeah you're absolutely right and so then they kind of start this um like email like exchange where it's kind of like you've got mail where they don't know each other in real life but they're like becoming really close and like telling each other a lot of like very intimate things um and just growing in a relationship and then they meet each other later maybe like halfway through the film <laughs> yes, but um, I will say that one of the things I love about this is that a lot of rom-coms are predicated on the liar revealed trope, if you guys are familiar with that, yeah, where like yeah, there's yeah. Some, some, either one or both people in the relationship are have something that they're keeping from the other person. You are Tom Hanks and you run my rivalry bookstore? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Like that, or like the proposal where they're trying to keep it from his parents that they're it's a fake relationship, or, or the lake house where they're in two different times. <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> I was stretching that one. Sorry, James broke me. <laughs> but this one is great because I mean, you mentioned you've got mail, and I love you've got mail. But it's this great. is almost like you've got mail, but like better because they know who each other is Come from the get go. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you don't you get this great organic relationship but with none of the bullshit. Gotcha. It's wonderful. That seems great. And they're just like everybody in this movie is just you just want to like take them home with you Aww. and just like be their friends maybe or I mean, punch already, them in the face. That's already true of all those people. <laughs> yes. So everyone in this movie is charming and it was one of the best f- funnest times I had at the theater. I think the minute I walked out I was like I'm getting that on Blu-ray cuz it was just a blast. Cool. So maybe Ryan will like it. Maybe not. I think I will. Uh, maybe. I, I saw that the writers from High Fidelity. I'm down. Oh. I will say I don't like... Well, never mind. There's some... There, there's a little bit of the writing in the movie that I have a problem with, but... I mean, I'll, I'll, it's number three on my film explosion. Yeah. It's not that bad. <laughs> it's great. So, yes. cool. number three, Juliet Naked. Not a porno. <laughs> I thought it was uh, weird when they had the weird 69 scene between Ethan Hawke and Chris O'Dowd, but yeah. not just me. So. <laughs> All right. I want to. Sorry, I want to clarify real fast. It is rated R, but it's yes. not for like nudity or anything. Uh, There's like one scene where um, Rose Byrne's character is like running around in her like underwear. Yes. <laughs> but it's rated R for language. Yes. There's no like, there's an implied sex scene. Uh, but... <laughs> and, that, and that scene where the predator rips a guy's spine out. <laughs> but it's, it's not like, other than the language, you could watch this with your family. Sure. Yeah. Maybe sort of. Yeah, don't get your hopes up, Ryan. Um. <laughs> it's like that scene from The Simpsons where Hobart Woods cursed yogurt. But it's called Froger. That's good. But you get your choice of topping. The <laughs> topping is also good. That's bad. Or has some t- <laughs> potassium benzoate. <laughs> oh boy! All right, uh, my number three film. Uh, we're just getting. We're get. We got there. We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, it's all downhill from here. This is what I call uh, on Letterbox. I put it as the best adapted screenplay of the year. Uh, and uh, my number three film is in, is Avengers: Infinity War. See, not pretentious this year. Yeah. I made it, guys. <laughs> Looks like I'm so, gl- so glad you got it on the list. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, Infinity War. The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal—to wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. We got one advantage. He's coming to us. We have what Thanos wants. So that's what we'll use. Let's talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good. Wow. The end is near. When I'm done, half of humanity will still exist. Perfectly bounced. As all things should be. 
hope they remember you. I'm Peter, by the way. Doctor Strange. Oh, using your made-up names. Then I am Spider-Man. Best superhero film ever made. What a fucking <laughs> accomplishment. Yeah. Like, like oh, it's I, amazing. I feel like we say this every time there's an Avengers film, but this movie shouldn't work. It's pretty good. It's amazing. I, I love the constant hero shots. And, yeah. you know, when you see it with an audience, I mean, me being a comic book fan, I, I mean, I love it too. But, you know, in my theater, they went batshit crazy when Captain America was revealed. I was just oh, yeah. going to say, that was one of my favorite moments in a theater this year because... And partially it's because the movie is well made. And so, like, at that point, you've spent 20 minutes just losing already. Yeah. Like, we all go into the theater knowing <laughs> this one's not going to be any fun. Yeah. And you spend 20 minutes just getting your ass handed to you. And then finally Cap walks up and we're like, we're going to win this one. <laughs> yeah! and, then, and then there's, like, another so huge exciting. reveal when Thor shows up with Ra- Rocket. And yes. Groot is. Uh, yes. My end audience end. went crazy. Uh, so good. I also watched this on Wednesday when I was sick. And, yeah, it, it's a great movie. The rabbit's yeah. right. This movie has big purple balls, and I fucking love it. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's fucking... Like, I did not think they would do that ending. I'm like, there's no way. And then they do it, and I'm like, that's fucking ballsy. Like yeah. it's like it's it's like well, they did an independent film ending on this big blockbuster. Like the, it's ah, like I'm it. not shocked that they did the ending. I'm shocked on who they killed in the ending. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah that that's also very shocking. I think it's also just are, like the final shot of him just staring in the distance. I'm like, there's a guy. What? No. <laughs> are, are we allowed to get into spoilers? I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure no one it's has not seen this. Yeah, 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 no like, one hasn't seen spoilers. They all go one. out for ice cream. <laughs> um, well, it's like remember I I saw it like opening like Thursday midnight showing in a predominantly black neighborhood in Brooklyn. Yeah. And when Black Panther dies, I felt like we had to evacuate the theater. <laughs> like everyone was screaming. Like, oh, man. <laughs> just it didn't hiding. help that I was cosplaying as Thanos. So like, <laughs> Get him! No. <laughs> like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, oh, but yeah, my it, but just like... No one feels like they got the shaft in this film either. No. no one's like, oh, I wish I saw more of that character. Everyone I felt like showed up. And not just showed up, but had an arc. Yeah. You know, I'm mean, well, okay. There's some certain characters who don't really have an arc. But there's some ca- like No, no, but, no, but they're setting up uh, his arc as he comes back. The next <laughs> movie is about him, guys. His beard is but, the arc. <laughs> yeah, but like the fact that I mean so much of the film is very directly coming out of Ragnarok. You know, like all of Thor's story is his story. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think it's impressive. So <sighs> impressive. Do you know Spider Man's in this one? He is in this oh, one. Spider Man's in it. Yep. What's the matter? Speaking you of heartbreaking. Yeah, right. What's the matter? You kids never seen a spaceship before? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I, yeah, the fact that they, uh, that is my favorite Stanley cameo in the MCU. One of one of my favorite <laughs> lines of the year is the one near the beginning when when Spider Man shows up and Iron Man's just like, okay, uh, the. Space wizard trying to get a rock from the from the or space guy trying to get a rock from the wizard. You just save keep keep the wizard safe. Uh, they, and you're they, like, this makes sense. Spider-Man's like, got it. <laughs> right. Yeah, and like as an audience member, 
That's all we needed. Yeah. That's all we needed. Yeah, it's it was a, great. It's amazing we live in a time where there's 19 movies leading up to this. You don't need any like spoon-fed exposition. It's yeah. like, nope, Thanos is here. He just killed half of Asgard. Mm-hmm. That, right. There he is. Yeah. I, I think I mentioned this whenever I sent you guys my little review of it, but I went to see it with a friend and she had seen like maybe one of the MCU films. I think she said she'd seen Iron Man. Yeah. But she really enjoyed it. Yeah. Like I think it's just as long as you know like it's a comic book yeah. movie, it's right. a superhero movie, there's a oh, lot yeah. of stuff going on. Yeah. You will have fun. I think well, if you maybe, if, if you of. went into it not having seen anything, you just have to accept like, okay, there's a lot people of people are gonna have magic powers and I'm not gonna know why. But I'm going to have a fun time with this crazy big adventure movie. Like A great scene of Samuel Jackson almost saying motherfucker in the MCU, but yep. then fading away before he could say it. It's oh, just gosh. perfect yeah, touch. Even the stinger's good. Yeah. Yeah. Everything about that movie. And I like the end credit score, like the, or like the, the, the variation on the theme that they do. Like it's very yeah. somber. Like I, don't know, I, just, yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, anybody who is still in camp Marvel doesn't have any good scores needs to actually listen to that movie because... Give it time. It, they are I mean, the first Avenger. I mean, they like, there's no iconic score. The, the, the theme of the Avengers is pretty iconic. It, it is. They, oh, it's oh, super yeah. iconic. Yeah. All of the all of them have their own themes, and all of them are handled relatively well. Speak for right. yourself. It's I great. like the Star Spangled Man in Captain America: First Avenger because it is <laughs> yeah. catchy AF. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah it's just it's so good. I love yeah, it well so done. much. I'm yeah. so proud of you, Henry. You, oh, thank you. you. That is a You've great grown choice. up so much. I'm, oh, boy. Thanks, almost, dads. It's, <laughs> almost like, it's almost like my list. Although, I'm curious if this is number three. What the hell are number one, Well, two, I know what number one. one is, but... Well, I guess we'll find out. We'll find out. Funny. Cool. Zach? Cool. Number three. Well, my number three was going to be James describing you've got mail in such an enthusiastic <laughs> tone, <laughs> but that's not a movie. That's just something that just happened. Um, no, my number three is a repeat, and um, it's Black Panther. Um, yeah, I really Mine too. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, that's right? my number three. Nice. High five. That's the only time this year. If the DVD had turned out, uh, there would have been a tag team review of the three of us doing Black Panther. Oh, oh shit! The three lame katiers. Yeah, yeah. I'm sick. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. I don't want to get you sick. <laughs> all right, so we made a lot of noise. The listeners there, have no amazing. idea what happened. No. <laughs> we are all high fiving all three of us. It was a high five orgy. It was, it was just... a triangle of fives. Um, so yeah, no, Black Panther. Um, I, I I have a hard time with the MCU in terms of my top ten, not because the movies aren't good, but it's just. And I can't actually They're so damn good that you hate that they take up so many yeah, spots. They so numbers. <laughs> that's how I feel. Like they, they yep. are they are beyond a top ten list at this point. No, um, <laughs> um, it seems like it. Yeah. Um, no, the um, just the MCU for me, like I love it, but it is like my favorite TV show in the theater right now. Where I'm like, I just love every episode. I can't. I can. I have a hard time picking a favorite one sometimes. Yeah. Um, Spider. but with Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> With Black Panther, though, like, so I, I, I mean, I'm not comic ignorant, but I'm not comic smart. So, like, I'm kind of in the middle somewhere. So I don't know anything about Black Panther you're going comic into comic mediocre. It. Yes, comic <laughs> mediocre, yes. You're, com- very much. you're comic book a C student. Yes, a C student. Yes, it is very, <laughs> that is very accurate. I'm, uh, but, so I didn't know anything about Black Panther other than what I was learning in Civil War. Yeah. So 
what I love about this film, first and foremost, is that it is one of the first MCU films in a while to be completely accessible without relying on anything that's happened before or is going to happen after. Yep. Um, other than the post-credit sequence just doesn't count because it's at the end of the credits. Yeah, yeah. Um, but because uh, like the only thing you need to know is his father died. It doesn't matter if and even that, Baron Zemo killed him. <laughs> yeah, even that, like how he was killed or any of that doesn't That's actually matter. It has no bearing. It can and, be before. And, and I thought that the only hole in that logic might have been the Ross character or the um the the Martin Freeman character. Yeah, yeah. But that Ross. even doesn't matter because it's like oh, it's just somebody he's met on one of his other missions. Like it's one of those things I love about some films where it's like it just drops you into the action and you don't know anything. Like other than the basic stuff, and then you kind of get stuff along the way. Yeah. Um, Bozeman's great in this film. I think Michael B. Jordan gives one of the best performances of the year in this film, hands down. Oh, like yeah. I'd even say, like you know, like it's it's such a well crafted villain. It's and it's and it follows an arc and structure that's very familiar. I know people compared it to The Lion King, but it has like the whole kind of familial struggle story that's prevalent in any film. Um, it handles it really well. Um, I love the Wakandan culture and kind of like learning about their so- the society and the origins of it. Um, I love, 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 love the scenes with Sterling K. Brown in this film um, mm-hmm. and his story in all of this. Like the, the, starting off the film in Compton in 1992, I think it's in Compton. Like it's, it's in L.A. Oakland. It's one of the starting it off there is one of the smartest moves ever in terms of how you tell this story and frame it from a modern standpoint. And then the reasoning for why Killmonger does what he does or feels the way he feels. I mean, like you're not necessarily on board with it, but you empathize. You get it. You get, you totally get it. It's like, I think he's more empathetic than Thanos in that, in that respect. Cause like, it's like, it's much more human number one, but yeah. The only difference is he's angry. Yeah, like, he's he's angry. He, he is slighted for good reason. Yeah, and wants to fix a problem, but he's so angry that he wants to fix it that he just doesn't know how to fix it correctly. Problematic and violent. Exactly, yeah. and like, but like, and also just like how and, well, and we should also put the caveat on there of he's actually right at the core. Yeah. about Wakanda not getting involved in things and using their power for good. He is 100% right. Yeah, there. absolutely. The problem is he then doesn't use the power for good. Yeah, he um, he 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 lets his anger overwhelm right, him on exactly. that. And what I and one thing I love even more about and actually this is an testament to Bozeman's performance is how he reacts to certain revelations and how he confronts um Chichaka, um in uh the dream world. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a wonderfully sweeping film that's also very simple and small at the same time because it's very concerned with, with Wakanda and that whole struggle, but it feels massive. Like it's, it's really well put together. Um, the supporting performances are great across the board. Andy Serkis is hilarious AF uh, in this movie. Just choose Winston in the best way. Winston fucking Duke. In this movie, I cannot wait for him to have the best career ever. Like he's gonna be in Us next year, this coming year, and I'm so excited. Yeah. Um. And then just and then also um, uh, Letitia Wright, I think is how you pronounce her name. Yeah. Um. As uh, uh T'Challa's sister, the most charming thing in the world. Yeah. Um. And Angela Bassett's fucking badass as the queen, man. Like, I love this movie a lot. And Lupita Nyong'o was great in it too. Yeah. I mean, like. It's a great cast. It's a great script. It's a great story. It's beautifully directed. Uh, I watched the 4K disc recently, and it looked astounding. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, and it's, Dude, the music is great. Y- uh, yes, it is. Oh. It is fantastic. I I didn't know what the heck Kendrick Lamar was until I heard that end credit song, and I was like, "Fucking a, all the stars and all that." Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um. So yeah, no, I uh. You listen to Pimp a Butterfly. <laughs> so much better than a Pitbull. <laughs> oh yeah, this is better than Blessing the Rains in Africa by Pitbull. Um. <laughs> but no, it's in and like. The reason I was able to justify it as opposed to any other MCU film in the past couple of years is like this one like has been the one that I'll have I've gone back to the most since maybe Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um and that I really enjoy rewatching. Mm-hmm. Um mainly because it's accessible, but also just like it's it's a fun watch, even if it's in the background. Yeah. Um and I and I mean, side note, yes, the cultural the, the cultural like appreciation and like warm acceptance of this film is astounding and I I'm glad that it's breaking award barriers. I'm glad it's doing all these things because it's that good a movie that it deserves to do that. Yep. So yeah, um, number three, Black Panther. Ditto, Brad. Well, I don't think Zach left us anything to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Everything about the movie is good. Actually, I will say, um, yeah, it's number three on my list, uh, mainly because it, you know, allowed me to see a perspective of a superhero from an otherwise like background that I couldn't. Um, and then I think my favorite story, like my favorite, like fallout of that is, uh, hearing Mark Bernard on the, I think it was fat man on Batman. And at the time talking about how, um, African Americans don't have a long history that they can trace back to mm-hmm. or, or long mythology. Like as white people, we can go to like Greek myth and everything. Uh, so having Wakanda kind of fills that void for him um, of like some kind of lineage and mythology that they can, he can build, you know, his, his, uh, his culture around. So uh, that's a pretty cool aspect of the whole black Panther. That is neat. Thing, yeah. So, yeah. And the way that they did, uh, you know, take from all these different African cultures and, and have Wakanda sort of be this single representation, you know, or at least attempt to be this like uniting representation uh, was really cool. Yeah, um, and it's yeah. and it, uh, it's, I, I do love it. It's incredible. I mean, like people give shit for like the CGI and that kind of thing in a film, but it's also like w- how creative they are with like combining futuristic aspects with like that kind of culture yeah. and that yeah. kind of idea. See, it's really impressive. Yeah. So and uh, I thought if anything, the 4K version might like be the crack where I'm like, oh, I see the seams in the CG, and like I honestly don't. Maybe because I'm invested in the story that I'm just not caring if the ship looks like it's made of CG. Yeah. But I think it. I think it all looks good. I, I see that stuff in every movie because I know where the lines are. Yeah. Like, it's really rare that I watch a movie and the CG blows me away. I mean, a couple times a year, there will be some little thing where it's like, oh, they did this to this person. Venom. And you don't... Right, yeah, it's fucking it, Venom. Ex- <laughs> except Beowulf and the Polar Express. Those are just flawless visual effects. Sorry. I just, <laughs> I just threw up a little in my mouth. Welcome um, to Marwin. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, Black Panther. It's incredible. So good. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Ryan, your number three. Ah, uh, of course, is a repeat. Uh, my number three is Mary Poppins Returns. I I love this movie. I love. Have I mentioned I like Emily Blunt? Uh, so that, <laughs> you love Emily Blunt, y'all. So that uh, Emily Blunt is Mary Poppins. I was already sold because of it. Um, but the film they put out was very good. Paddington is really good in it. Hell yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hamilton's great in it too. Hamilton is great in it. 
uh, Dick Van Dyke is Ugh, amazing. Dick Van Dyke. How about my Not- man, Mr. Darcy? Uh, he's kind Woo! of he's kind of snobby he's kind in of a it. Dick. He but he makes his- a, he makes a really good villain in the cartoon. He, he world. loves his watches. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He makes for yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Story. Oh, uh, I know. I was the same way. Shit no, shitty bankers don't get balloons that stay. No, the <laughs> it, from the opening with Jack singing about what's going on um, to Mary's first big thing with Imagine That. You know, the sound, the the music's really great. You could hear the influence of the Sherman Brothers in it. And if you read the credits, uh, Richard the, Sherman, Richard Sherman a is consultant. a consultant on it. Yeah. Uh, there's not very many movies anymore that kind of have that musical aspect to it. They make musicals, but for it to be like that. that whimsical doesn't exist anymore. Uh, yeah, it's visually stunning. Uh, yep. It's a even, perfect Disney movie. Even small characters like Admiral Boom have a subplot that somehow is in, in, in detrimental to the story or like instrumental to it. Like the, the the alignment of the like he's the reason why you've got a clue for the clock at the end. I know. Right. It, it's, it's so that one's so like smart. clever. Yeah. You're like, why does this even matter? Why does he keep on saying that it's wrong? And then. They, they set it up. I mean, that's that, so. That's like that's like a, platy, a Paddington Bear movie <laughs> plot point. Like that's how specific and brilliant well, it well, is. Well, let's not let's not go crazy. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> um, and it's well, David well, Warner. Of, I also love that David Warner does it because he does look like the old actor who played Admiral Boom. Yeah. But he also just like he inflects it. It's David Warner, guys. He's fucking David Warner. Uh, but anyway, yeah. It's, but uh, it, you know, too. I, I I loved Emily Blunt's Mary, where she comes in and she has this purpose you know and she's yeah. very cold at the beginning but as the film goes along she kind of uh realizes that she misses it and she there's a great shot at the end where they kind of linger on her when she realizes she has to leave mm-hmm. that maybe she doesn't want to this time i uh it was great and i like i, said, I cried when she showed up i cried again when she said where the lost things go and i was just a mess in this movie because it just hit all the right chords for me it's a brilliant the film. Animation in the uh, in the in, on the uh, the pot is beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah. It's. I, it's I really said it good. on that episode. I'll say it again. Let's stop remaking all these '90s Disney films and just make another animated film in that style. Yeah, I it's agree. Amazing. Oh, yep. Yeah. I, it, I miss hand drawn animation so much. It's yep. uh, there's an artistry to it mm-hmm. that not saying that the CGI artists aren't artists, but there's an artistry to drawing the lines the, to painting it. It's a very different style. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like we've we've so had the same CG big eyes, slight smirk, you know, characters for a while that like seeing those animals drawn in that style again is just so refreshing. Yeah. You know, the closest I've felt to that emotionally with a di- recent Disney CG film was probably Zootopia. Yeah. And I'm like, it just, I miss kind of like wide expressions, like clamp it esque, but like yeah, held it, back it, in the Disney. You know, the home on the range too, guys. I just, yeah, I, just <laughs> I just want home on the range too. <laughs> the uh, hotel Transylvania three, had really cool animation in it. It was yeah. very different. That's because Jendi is a fucking genius. Yeah, uh, but it still has the CGI like big, guys, big, big heads. Smirk, yeah, yeah. But unless you're dealing with Dracula or something. I mean, I'm, the, I have a soft spot for that Hotel trilogy. Is but... quietly perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. So yeah, Mary Poppins. Good pick. Yeah, Emily Blunt's great. Pick. Meryl Streep. Yeah. Yeah. So she does a great Edwin as a Russian. Well, impression. that too. <laughs> You know, even there has like such a great like message. Oh, incredible. you know, if you, it could be the best day if you look at it from the right perspective. Uh, and it's, uh, yep. Yeah. 
She yep. reminds me why I like Meryl Streep. Is it's like just watching her be silly for fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, so charming. It's awesome. Fred, number two. Number two. My number two. Um, all I gotta say is love. Let's talk about love. Is it anything and everything you hope for? Does the feeling haunt you? I know the feeling haunt you. My number two is Black Panther. Ooh. That's what I thought. Nice. Come on, you cool. guys. Oh, man, I've been listening to All the Stars on repeat for like <laughs> <laughs> three days. That's my gym song, it guys. Second, I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. I've seen Paddington 2. You didn't see the I director's see, I saw cut. Paddington 1, and it was cute. I liked it. Anyway. Cute? Cute? <laughs> You That's see, one like, word Henry's I could use. Okay, she doesn't really anyway. like marmalade, guys. Let it go. <laughs> Dude, I started I started eating marmalade because of that movie. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Okay. You know, I anyway. remember for Outback, we made this really good marmalade where we would take, uh, we'd make from scratch orange marmalade, and then we'd add uh, horseradish and spices to it, and you, we put it on the pork chops. It's pretty good. Yeah, you ruin marmalade with horseradish. It's because it's good. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've made fun of Italians, Australians, uh, how English here it comes. <laughs> so Black Panther um like I said before, rewatched this Wednesday when I was sick. Mm-hmm. Um God, I love this movie so much. And just I know when I was on with you guys for the Black Panther episode, I said that I didn't really like Killmonger's like character like he came off as a little bit too cartoonish to me initially but like rewatching it i mean i was just so fucking heartbroken for him just the whole time i cried multiple times <laughs> rewatching it um and i just i was so invested in black panther that when i watched infinity war and they get to the wakanda parts i was like this just doesn't feel the same <laughs> like you can tell that I mean, it kind of looks the same from, like, the distance, but, like, when you get up close and they're talking about, like, when you open, when you said you were going to open up Wakanda to the world, I thought you meant something different, like the Olympics or a Starbucks. And it's like, <laughs> I do like that line, though. I, d- I mean, I like the line, too, but it just... It's not like, the same. I, f- yeah. I felt like we would have been at a different place since Black Panther takes place about two years <coughs> before Infinity War, so I felt like they would have been at a different place in time that, I don't know, it just seemed like it was a... Um, symptom of like the fact that they knew the movies were coming out so close together totally. that they didn't like space them more chronologically in the universe. I think it's tough at the end of the day because you are one you are coming off the heels of it like so close released together but also mm-hmm. it's just it's one Black Panther's one thing and Avengers Infinity War is another thing like they're yeah. connected but they're also not connected. Man yeah. I'm so proud of myself I swept like everybody's leg this year. <laughs> <laughs> Finally it's my turn. You did. You're sick though so you're kind of like Han at the, no you can't get away. <laughs> yes. With my last breath I stab at thee. <laughs> and even like the deleted scenes in this movie there's the one where um, like they're at the UN at the end and Ross is talking to T'Challa before he goes in to do his little speech to the UN. And he says something to him in uh, the language, like, Hossa or however you say it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, this very cute moment where they're just like, ah, like, everybody's like, oh, you're so cute, trying to speak in their language. That's adorable. (laughs) It's just a very nice moment. Martin Freeman's really good at coming across cute. 
Yeah. Yeah. He likes to go on adventures. <laughs> he likes to hang out at Baker Street, guys. I'm going on an adventure. Great, great movie. It is. Yeah, um, it is. Again, like you guys said, the soundtrack is wonderful. Yeah. Not the, not Black Panther, the album, the soundtrack. Yeah. 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 The, the, like the that music thing that plays when the ship goes in and the town is there and you're like, ah, so there's yeah. the, the last track, I think on the out on the score or the soundtrack is called Bugatti spaceship. And I was like, what? Yes. And then that like, I hadn't seen it in a while. So then at the very end when the kids are like, oh, it's like a Bugatti spaceship. I'm like, oh. That's where that comes from. <laughs> Hell yeah. I missed that, that the first time. I have that. <laughs> so. That's exactly what it is. Very cool. Cool. Neat. Good pick. Henry. Oh, right, cool. My number two film. Uh, my number two film is, I think, uh, I think it's everything a film should be. Uh, it is a very layered film, but it's a film that you can watch it without really looking into the layers and still enjoy it. Uh, but it is, like, I've read many articles about this film about all the stuff that is just hidden in it. Just, like, it's just, there's just so much fucking jam-packed in this film that no one, you, you can still enjoy without looking into. Uh, uh, close. <laughs> uh, my number two film was Bad Times of the Old The El Royale is a bi-state establishment. You have the option to choose a room in either California or Nevada. How'd you end up at the El Royale? The Ritz-Carlton was booked. This place used to be hustling and bustling. Old Dean Martin even sang a song about it once. This is not a place for a priest, Father. You shouldn't be here. We might need to work on your sales pitch, son. <laughs> the El Royale, no place for a priest. Who they tell me to watch? Who's they? Management. Maybe it's my Would you mind opening up the door? No, I ain't gonna do that. We have to get as far away from him as possible. Howdy. I fucking love this movie. I just, I just saw I this need this to, week. I need and was to, like, oh man, this is really good. I want to rewatch it because I feel like I was unkind to it. Well, I remember because I like, I didn't like listen to the episode because I was just busy at the time. And then like, I was like, all right, I've been working like twelve hour shifts every day for the past like three weeks. I finally have a night off. I'm gonna go see Are you a Bad cop Times. Too? <laughs> no. Being a sound person is pretty much a cop <laughs> level at this point. Um, uh, 
but it's like I finally have like it's ten thirty. I can go see a movie. It'll be great. I go in there and it's like the only showing they have left of it. Yeah. And I'm like, fine. I'll, I'll go see Bad Times of the Hour. I wanted to see it. Great. I walked out. And I was like, movie the fucking year. So good. And I listened to the episode. And Zach was like, it's fucking okay, I guess. <laughs> and then he started listening to all these things that aren't true about the film. And I was like, fucking Zach. <laughs> so to, to, to so be, before you go into that, to be fair, it was late at night and we didn't know if we were even going to review it. So I feel like I was unfair to it in the respect that I didn't have time to really process it. Yeah. Because it was like, what happened? It was like a fucked up, like, misscheduling thing or whatever. Yeah, I, Ryan wasn't going to make it that week, so we said, okay, we're going to scrap the movie he wanted to do. I'd seen Bad Times of the Royale, so I'll review it by myself. And then we were, we got we turned on the board, and I was like, I don't think I can re- re- review this movie myself. The episode's going to suck. We should just go see it right now. I'll see it again. Zach, you can see it for the first time, yeah. and then we can have something to actually talk about. And that's how it... Yeah, and it was later now. So but, so I am open to reinterpreting it. So I, I hope I didn't offend you when I said that. It's too late. Yeah. <laughs> he is offended. Uh, but it's like, because like, if you actually look into like, if you read interviews with the director, like one thing they did was that the director had a director, uh, the writer, everyone had their own vision for it. Mm. And, and the director even said, this is, he told all the actors, this is what the film is saying. And they said, now you make what you think the film is about. So all the performances reflect both that and another thing. Hmm. So they're uh, di- each differently interpreting the the piece. Yeah, uh, and in a way, because that's what the characters are doing too. Because the entire, right. like, from my perspective, one of the biggest things of the film is intervention. Because everything that goes wrong in the film is because someone feels they have to intervene. Yeah, even though they're told not to. Right. Uh, and so it's because everyone's like, no, I need to be the hero. It's be- that's why everything goes wrong. The mm. failure of heroics. Yeah. Uh, and so Holman's kid's great in this movie. Oh yeah. He's great. Um, he he's great in it. Uh, I think Jeff Bridges is amazing in it. Oh yeah. yeah. The scene at the end when he Maybe can't remember one of his my name. Famous Jeff. My, oh, my yeah. favorite Jeff yeah, Bridges performances. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Is hard. Uh, like the the long take of her singing where she eventually takes off her wig. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just or and then that in sync with him hammering as uh, the other characters watching. Yeah. Um, John Ham. Cool. It's like one of things where it's like because like John Ham. His his character is killed very early on, right. and I remember thinking like, "No, I wanted more of him," but you still get more of him. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, and he really is in the film for a majority of it. Right. Chris Hemsworth gives one of the best performances oh, of the yeah. year, I think, in it. Yeah, um, Cynthia Erivo again, yeah, amazing in the film, and also Lewis Pullman. Yeah. Who is he? Bill Pullman's yeah. kid. Yeah, he is. Okay, he's just oh. fucking incredible in that film. But like, yeah, his reveal is so good. <sighs> I need to rewatch like, this, and I will eat crow if I'm wrong, and I love it again. When he's finally sitting there, and he's like, "I just can't kill any more people," and you're like, "What but, is happening?" Well, because it, like, it gets to the point where it's like going back to the whole intervention thing. Uh-huh. He's the only one who refuses to help, right? Uh, and that's why his character is the only good one, right? Uh, until yeah. he eventually, like, it's like he's forced. It's not that he wants to, yeah. he's forced to. Yeah. And that's when he saves the day, really. And yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's I, I will say, though, like, it is sprawling. It is beautifully shot. And I, I, I you know, I want to watch this again now. Shit. It's a cool movie. It's just, like, I, I just enjoyed sitting and watching it. And because I just think it's good to look at. Like, it I is, think, yeah. like, the, the, if anything, the film, the, it was just. It had expectations from Cabin in the Woods. People were expecting when it's not Cabin in the Woods at all. Yeah, because yeah, I think people I went know. into because they, they made they made sure the film was still secretive in the trailers, which yeah. is really nice. Yeah, but people interpreted that as being a supernatural type of film when it's not oh. that at all. See, I more thought I I think I went in afraid that it was going to feel like a um like a like a cheap Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And the, it, it it 
because it plays some of the same <laughs> notes, it risks that. But I think it's a very different very, and, yeah. and great <clears throat> film. Um, but I think it, it has to be careful. Un- unfortunately, that man has taken 70s culture yeah. and, may, and, and, and appropriated it in some ways. And so anytime that you touch any of those songs, yeah. like you just have to be careful how you... Yeah. And that you know. might be why I was a little touchy about it at yeah. first. Like that was, de- was definitely on the episode, which I think I was... is is absolutely fair, right? I, I, yeah. The way we've been trained to read those films at this point is that way, and so you, right? Which I li- we've seen a lot of people do that, right? Yeah. You've seen your lucky number Slevens, where you're like, oh, you're, which I like lucky number Slevin, but it is, hey, how do we harp on this style a little bit and right. steal some of this? Right, and, and I mean, and I love Tarantino, obviously, but like I also like, I, I mean, I would. This is one of the reasons why I want to watch it again is because like I'm just like okay, look past the veneer and see what he's actually doing with the story. Um, but yeah, I, I think he does a really good job of, yeah. of using all those elements. I can't remember exactly what it was. But I remember I saw one article that was talking about how each character represents a different faction in the '70s in terms of intervention and how every person represents someone who was fucked over by like mm. the government at one point. Yeah. Like, I think like uh, Bill Homeless Kid was supposed to be representative of the Born to Die generation, right? Uh, yeah, and obviously. Uh, the singer is representative of the black population in America. Yeah, right. Um, John Hamm's kind of like the, the the FBI kind of like eternal soldier for Hoover kind of thing. And some of yeah. some of that dialogue is just so great. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially that opening scene with with uh, John Hamm and her mm-hmm. and when they're in the, like the waiting room. Yeah, when yeah. they're in the waiting room and they're just chatting back and forth. Yeah. Some of the like, you know, I mean, the thing that stands out is like the subtle racism. That, mm. uh, it isn't subtle to her, obviously, but yeah. like he doesn't even realize what he's doing. Yeah. But we all get it, yeah. you know. Like just some of that stuff that's sprinkled throughout the film and throughout mm-hmm. the dialogue, I think is great. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a good one. Yeah, it's just like uh, I don't know. I just I really I like it a lot. I think it like no one saw it at the box office. Yeah, uh, which is a shame. Uh, but uh, I think it's I really like, it, and I think there's still a lot that like I have not fully gotten uh, from it yet that I still I'm rewatching it constantly to try to figure every single element of it yeah, but yeah my number two uh, Bad Times at the Oriel nice cool. Zach alright uh, my number f- two film is a film by two brothers it's called two brothers <laughs> no it is not called two brothers um, no um, it's um, it's a film that I like thinking about a lot um, uh, especially this year when I'm trying to kind of get back into script writing and possibly filmmaking is Watching how two experts like uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen do an <laughs> anthology film. I also uh, like Holmes and Watson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, my number two film is The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. People are so easily distracted. So I'm the distractor with a little story. People can't get enough of them. Because, well, they connect the stories to themselves, I suppose. And we all love hearing about ourselves. So long as the people in the stories are us. But not us. This'll tell to tale. Buster Scruggs. You're shooting iron work. Appears to do, yes. Do you have anything to say before the sentence is carried out? Sentence? 
What's my sentence? <laughs> Have a way of escalating out here in the West. My name is Ozymandias, King of Kings. That man is a wonder. Oh, we'll just have to see, won't we? Uh, crazy business. <laughs> First time. <laughs> no, he does have a lot of Netflix on his list. Hey, wait a second. So, so <laughs> I, I will be clear. Did you watch this film at home on Netflix like the directors intended? No, I watched it in the theater like a goddamn man. Um, <laughs> uh, the only Netflix thing that I had to watch at home was the documentary at number ten, um, and then Roma and Ballad I saw in the theater. Um, I'm not opposed to watching it on their service. I'm just, I just, I, I like just Cohen. I like Cohen in the theater. Like Roma was kind of like a last minute decision. Cohen Brothers, like I watch him in the theater because my dad and I like going to it ever since he showed me a brother where art thou. And then we went and saw Lady Killers the next year, I think. Yeah. So it's and just you were like done with the Coens. No, <laughs> I was like bring on more Coens. I understand Lady Killers is kind of flawed from its humor, but it's still fun to me, and I it's enjoy great. it. Um. But so, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, uh, it's, uh, six, uh, six short stories in the Western tradition, uh, told by the Coen brothers. Yeah. Um, the, and I will say, like, I love each of the stories. I understand not each of them is perfect, but I love that, <laughs> but I love them all. And I could have ways to defend each and every one as, like, superior than maybe the other five. Um, so that's where I think its strength is. Like a lot of anthology films, and Ryan and I talk about this a lot with horror films. Like, not every anthology film has like every segment is perfect. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, Trick or Treat might be the closest one in terms of a horror one where everything really does yeah. tend to work. Um, but so, uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, though, what I like about it is that it, I like that the Coens have never outwardly said this is what their shit's about. I like that it's open to the interpretation. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about this one is that it's probably the most overt that you could read of their films in in the respect of each thing is so short that it says what it wants to say very con clear, concise, and quick. Um, like the yeah. second the second story with Franco is like strangely relevant, like because it's just <laughs> it's it's coincidental as all fuck. Um, but it's also like and it's disturbing, but it's also an interesting tale. Yeah. Um, my favorite of the uh, – well, I have two favorites. One is the third one, Meal Ticket, which is one of the most sad and yeah. depressing things you will ever uh, see. Liam Neeson story, right? It, it yes. It remind, and uh, Harry, Harry, Henry Melling, I think his yeah. name is, from who played Dudley in Harry Potter is in it um, as the, the armless guy. Oh, it's – It's It's terrible. It's, it's terrible. It's awful. One of the darkest things. It, 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 ever it, done. It, it, it does it all without showing a goddamn thing other than yeah. intention. Yeah. And and it's also like I mean like I'm not gonna. Yeah. I don't want to read too much into it, but I like how it may say something about the entertainment industry. Um. But uh, and then also the, the uh, what's his butt? Tom Waits searching for gold and That's calling everything Mister Pocket. It is so. So I like watching it again because it feels deeper. But the first time I saw it, I was laughing my butt off because he kept muttering to himself. Yeah. And it's like, it's Tom Waits muttering to himself. This hey, is all know. the things I've wanted. And it's one of the most beautiful shot of the segments because right. it's like those vistas of the mountains and shit. Yeah, uh, the Zoe Kazan one on the wagon train is heartbreaking. That, that final that's moment maybe, in it. That's maybe the best written one, in my opinion. Like, that's such a great 
story because you you don't always see where it's coming from until yeah. the last second right um once and, it's done you're like okay i know what that was yeah and then the the sixth the sixth and final one which is the one i think ryan would like the most is is a great ghost story um and uh Yes, but but not but not a ghost story. Right, it's not. It's like it's 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 tu- it's 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 playing a weird line. Mm-hmm. But like I really enjoy it and the way it ends and whatnot. But the whole film as a whole talks about demystifying the Western mythos. <laughs> um, my favorite segment, other than meal ticket, though, is the first one, the Ballad of Buster Shrugs. <laughs> I thought be- so. Because well, and here's the thing. So it's not my favorite thing because of the Cohen's involvement of it. It's because it. Well, it is because of. How do I describe this? It's it's cartoony, but then it becomes non-cartoony the moment he dies. The moment that, no, no, it does no, it not not visually. The most cartoon stuff happens when he dies. No, no when he dies, though, the whole song is about like it is 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 intentionally spitting in the face of Western mythos and the heroic cowboy. Sure, and that's what I like about it. I'm not saying yeah. visually it does it. Obviously, he goes up the fucking head. They're also very much poking fun at like they're your... they're poking fun at Gene Autry and fucking Roy Rogers and yes. all this shit, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, fucking yeah. wonderful. Like that's I love and hearing Tim <laughs> and hearing and hearing Tim Blake Nelson sing "Cool Clear Water" is is yeah, one of my favorite. Great. It's 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 my. Was I was great. so happy that Netflix put out a soundtrack for this that's on vinyl, and I've got it um back or it's a back order, but I've got it on my way. So. Yeah. But yeah, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I think you should watch it on Netflix if you get a chance. Yeah. It's great. I think you should watch it on Netflix because I think it's the kind of thing you should pause and come back to every now and then. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I like it that it's on Netflix because I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> oh. Netflix gives me that option. No, there's some really good stuff. And that's my point is like you can watch one and then just come back to the next one later. Like, I like Netflix because like I can watch films. this. I like Netflix because I can watch this and then I get to the Liam Neeson second and be like, nope, and just skip over that part and go you to the can. next one. So You, like, you can might be a good idea. That's the magic of Netflix. It's, I can just skip the parts I don't like. So. I mean, it's a well-made sequence. But I'm never watching it again. It's hey, like Brad. The, it, it's like <laughs> yeah. the dear Zachary of, Z- of uh, the Coen <laughs> Brothers movies. Uh, <laughs> Zach, <laughs> Brad? thank you for your number two, Brad. Number two? <laughs> uh, cool. My number two uh, is a movie that I don't think a lot of other people like, but... Um, I enjoy a good nostalgia pill. My number two is Ready Player One. My name's Wade Watts. My dad picked that name because it sounded like a superhero's alter ego, like Peter Parker or Bruce Banner. But he died when I was a kid, my mom too. And I ended up here. Sitting here in my tiny corner of nowhere. There's nowhere left to go. Nowhere. Except the Oasis. A whole virtual universe. People come to the Oasis for all the things they can do. But they stay because of all the things they can be. Can you feel this? Yeah. It's the only place that feels like I mean anything. The Oasis was the brainchild of James Halliday. Hello. If you're watching this, I'm dead. I created a hidden object, an Easter egg. The first person to find the egg will inherit half a trillion dollars and total control of the Oasis itself. 
is this Parzival? And how the hell is he winning? Find him. This isn't just a game. I'm talking about actual life and death stuff. The Oasis. The world's most important economic resource. It's nothing less than a war. We're in control of the future. Welcome to the Rebellion, Wade. Like many of you, I only came here to escape. But I found something much bigger than just myself. Are you willing to fight? Help us save the Oasis. Cool. Yeah. I thought this was okay when I saw it in the theater and just like throughout the year, I just kept coming back to it and enjoying it. And uh does it, get bonus points for me because they mentioned Jack Slater in it. So. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I still haven't taken the time to like actually go through like each frame and like check off what references they make to, because it's, it's just full of everything you love from the eighties and nineties. Um Yeah. It's that it's movie. Great. That movie is smarter than it's given credit. And smarter than its source material. And I say that because I've spent a lot of time thinking about that movie. And all I'll say really quick is to have that movie made by Steven Spielberg and to have it chock full of references to his own stuff and to also have at its core this sort of story about demystifying the the masters to some degree. And here's this this guy who's become a legend and... And honestly, what what the what the movie ends up sort of doing is having Spielberg deconstruct his own mythology in an amazing way. I think that movie is in, incredible. Uh, I'm so glad that you got it on your list. I kind of wanted to get it on mine. Um, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. And it, it sucks because I hear people make fun of it so much because of all the like, it's so chock full of references and it's such a you know pandery thing. And the book is. Yeah. But That's like why it was made, awesome. But like with the, also like if you remove all the references, it's still a good movie though. Yeah, like yeah. it still works. Right. Like yeah, it, it's not a fresh thing. It's just like here's a movie that I haven't enjoyed in a long time. Yeah. Right. Because they don't make this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I saw. This I just movie. hate the main character's design when he's yeah. in his avatar. Yeah. What what might help get over that? What might help when I saw this? One, I saw it at the Alamo in Brooklyn, where I don't need to drive home. So. I saw it super fucking shit-faced. <laughs> um, and this film is fucking amazing if you are shit But like I said, it gets... <laughs> but it gets credit because they have a Last Action Hero reference and Jason's in it as well. So. Yep. First yeah. time Jason's been on Jim, screen in 10 years. Jim Rayner from StarCraft is in it. I think I said when we reviewed it, I was like, I feel like everybody's got one reference that it's going to happen you're going to not know it was coming, and it's going to hit your soul just right that you'll be happy. When Paddington like, jumps on screen. <laughs> right. Last action hero is it. Like, when StarCraft gets referenced, that was mine. Like, yeah, it, it, it's so fun. When Willy Wonka took over the third act, yeah, I love that. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't him. It was Mark Rylance. That was the one thing. If I was going to put this on the list, it would have been because of Mark Rylance's performance and He's his great. final moments at the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a great. So good. I do love it. Um, yep. I'm going to go home and watch that movie while I take a nap. Do you have it on 4K? Yeah, I want to take a nap, too. Oh, I have a four-year-old. Well, (laughs) maybe he'll enjoy Ready Player One. Get your naps in while you can. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Number two? 
Yep. Number two. Uh, my number two is what Henry calls the sad version. Um, Hell yeah, sadness. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, though. Darkness. Um, no, yeah, it's not. But. <laughs> the reason why this movie is my number two is because it's not a sad version. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an incredible movie. Uh, it's a movie that I wasn't expecting to love as much as I did. And I wasn't expecting to think about as much as I did. My number two is Boy Erased. Your revelation. Jared, I want you to do well. I want you to have a great life. I love you. But we cannot see a way that you can live under this roof if you're going to fundamentally go against the grain of our beliefs. Jared, tell me the truth. That's all. I think about men. I don't know why. And I'm so sorry. Your parents signed you up for a program to fix you, but Jared, you are a perfectly normal very healthy teenage boy. They're gonna do things for you. Your revelation. If you wanna say goodbye. Welcome to the refuge program. You cannot be born a homosexual. This is a lie. It's a choice. Go. Fake it till you make it. Become the man you are not. Save yourself. Jared, God will not love you the way that you are. Is this what you want? Who's gonna strike this demon down? Hit him! I'm having a tough time. I'm gonna give you some advice. Tell them whatever they want to hear. Play the part. Unless you really think you can change. Or even want to. What you're going through right now is just a moment. A moment. Yeah. A moment. I love God and I love my son. For your father, it's a little more complicated. We are not finished. I am because you won't listen. Your father is sitting here. Tell him how you hate him. I'm not going to pretend I hate my father. I don't hate my father. Then where is all this anger coming? Because you're making me angry. Open the door now. Mom. They say sometimes you got to hurt a child in order to help them, but a mother knows when something isn't right. I don't want to pretend anymore. I've had to ask myself and God if I'm ready to lose you. I say sad version. It's more like my version is like the wide release studio version of the story. Yeah. Like this is the version. This is the movie that is sold. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll talk about that. This is a movie that is sold as um, a Christian church that doesn't understand beats the shit out of a gay kid and tries to make him straight. Uh, and that's not what this movie is really about. Um, the truth is. I adore this movie. For one thing, it is not well. Sure, there are, there's rough stuff in this movie, mm-hmm. and things you have to deal with that are not fun to to, to spend time on. Mm-hmm. But that's not the movie's fault. Yeah. Um, what I will also tell you is that the very first line of the movie tells you that everything is going to be okay. Um, and so for that, I just think everybody needs to see it. It's really a movie about division that's caused by people not understanding and more importantly not listening to each other Mm -hmm. you know the the actual plot of this film is a family that gets ripped apart because his parents 
don't take the time to listen and don't make a safe space for him to talk. And, and if I can interject my own, you know, uh, bias or whatever into this, I would also say, you know, you, you can't not talk about the faith while you do this. So I will also say it is about a religion and a, a congregation in this case that has poor leadership and isn't being taught right. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're not really listening either. And as a result, this kid has to go through some really terrible shit. And he, honestly, what's so frustrating about the film is how often people are asking him to talk or asking him to be angry or asking him to express himself one way or the other when what he's trying to say and tell people, they're just not listening to. And that's the core problem. It's like and, they're, they're giving him a platform to speak without listening. Basically. Right, exactly. Just so that they can well, say that they gave him a platform to speak. And they're giving him a platform to speak if he's willing to say what they want him to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that happens so many times. And it is not until he finally, until he forces the conversation and yeah. says, this is what we're going to talk about. And you can either you can either take it and we can yeah. have the conversation or or not. And that's finally when things get fixed. And to me... That is why this movie is so important and beautiful because it, it transcends being about the, the subject matter and becomes about the humanity that these people just need to treat each other with. Yeah. Right. It's why I said, when I talked about it on the show, I was like, this is th the best Christian film made in a long time, maybe ever. Uh, and this is in a year that had multiple movies with Jesus in them. Um, yeah. and it's the movie that like, christian hollywood should be making yeah because this is a movie where people who are wrong hurt each other and have to learn the lesson and that's what you ought to be teaching each other mm -hmm. like not just retelling these stories that you're also clearly not listening to yeah. um I, I i think the movie's incredible it is the film this year that i walked out of that hit me the way that something like the big sick did last year where I just had to be quiet for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just had to sit with everything I was trying to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, obviously it hits home for me. I'm not gay, but, uh, as far as the religion, oh, no. aspect, yeah, say that a little more disgust. No, no homo. <laughs> uh, but I mean, uh, like, as far as as far as the religion aspects are concerned, it hits very home for me, and so there are some tough and emotional parts there, um, right? Because, like, that's a thing that has divided way too many families and mm -hmm. too many people, and Agreed. it's not even, it's, it's not even worth talking about because if you go read the book, that conversation is done. It's addressed. We're good. We don't have to keep talking about it. I don't know why we still are. Mm -hmm. But what's great here is that this is a, a a platform that forces people to have that conversation, and it needs to be had. Like mm -hmm. we, it, it's a thing that we shouldn't still have to talk about. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, you know, hopefully is is finally pushing some of those thoughts to the exterior, uh, as maybe especially on a rough year like this, we start to realize like maybe we all just need to treat each other a little bit better and focus on taking people for who they are right yeah. um, it's like when you could like now did anyone else see missile education here on post no no, no, no but i've heard about it compared to this one yeah it this is this is a good version of that film okay um because like missile education here on post is basically what everyone thought this film was going to be being a like oh all christians hate gay people uh yeah. beating the gay out of you kind of film right when when it is when that's what Karen post is 
and whereas this film kind of takes both sides and yeah. kind of looks at it in a way where it's like the prom isn't that no. like it's something else and so yeah absolutely yeah because even the people on that side are struggling with their own shit mm-hmm. um it's about trying to understand how they're feeling about an issue that pretty much shouldn't be an issue right so. and uh, no, it, it is very straightforward, simply a movie where people hurt each other. Mm. And it doesn't matter what the subject matter is. The lesson here is, why are they doing this? Why are they not listening to each other? Because inevitably, the thing that's going to happen when we have kids or next generations have kids, the problem that causes that strife is going to be a different thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, when we have kids, we're, they're not going to be listening to Metallica and we're going to be like, man, what is this devil worship you're listening to? Like, <laughs> that's not it, right? It's going to be a different thing that we also don't understand. And in that conversation, we, we have to have that moment where we didn't watch a movie that taught us that Christians hate gay people. We watched a movie that taught us that if we don't listen to each other, we end up hating and hurting each other. Mm-hmm. And if that's not the lesson, I, I just don't think the movie is actually worth its salt, right? And that is why this one, to me, was hands down the lesson of the year. Song, um, why, son, why are you listening to this all the stars crap? Right, yeah. <laughs> what, what is this Pitbull Africa shit? <laughs> anyway. So yeah, Boy Erased. Everybody should see it. Honestly, if my dad yelled at me for listening to Pitbull's uh, <laughs> Africa cover, I'd be like, Valid. Yes. <laughs> you know what, Pops? You bring up a good point. Shake his hand and go, you're the best father <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> and it's like... It'd be more scary if he walked up and he heard it and said, badass. That'd be yeah. really scary. I yeah. dig it. <laughs> uh, I have to leave home, Dad. <laughs> my man. <laughs> my, man. Uh, my, my number two is... Repeat. Uh, my number two is Avengers Infinity War. Oh. Um, oh, because it's got Spider-Man in it. Totally. Um, I've been I've been so curious of which one's gonna be number one, which one's gonna be number two. Because like you know, like there's one that's actually a Spider-Man film, but there's one that's Spider-Man and Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you, like, see, you see where my contention for the top three is. <laughs> my one of my most cherished Disney movies with my favorite actress, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. with Spider-Man, or the just well many Spider-Man, many Spider-Man, uh, like, not just Spider-Man, but like. All of them. Yeah. And we mean all. Uh, but no, Infinity War is amazing. Uh, that this film is even made, I say this every time an Avengers film comes out, uh, is reason to celebrate into itself. Because there was a time, um, Brad and I are the oldest ones here, there was a time when comic book movies were like Punisher and Catwoman, Catwoman and Spawn. Electra. And then... And then the yeah. shadow. <laughs> and then every once in a while, a the Teenage Phantom. Mutant Ninja Turtles that took the source material for real snuck in. Um, even I, I'm not even a fan of Batman 89. Like, it's all right. It's not great. Um, however, now that I live in a world where I can see a movie with a talking rabbit and <laughs> and a man god. Oh, is, power uh, rabbit. Uh, is, a pirate angel is pretty amazing. And that I have a movie where you're seeing people like Drax the Destroyer in it. And you go, wow. This is a comic from like 1992 that Drax was in that I would never suspect would be in the big screen. Yeah. Uh, you know, people like Thanos I can see being in the big screen. But yeah, even Iron Man. And it all works. Dude, and it's funny. Got the collector in it. Yeah, there's a collector. Just weird. Too. Just for a cameo. Briefly. Sure. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, the no, fact no, that we have this universe. Peter and Dinklage is in this movie. 
And the fact that they're yeah. treating the, the, the universe with, you know, a lot of gravitas, but they're also not taking themselves so seriously or so worried about the future that they're not willing to kill everybody. Because at this point, they've made 19 movies. It's like, look, if we end up rebooting this thing and doing this again, like, look, we, you know, we got plenty of stuff we can work on. Like, they're, it's a really ballsy movie. Um, yep. Just in general, yep. you know, and it's awesome. You, if you watch it in 4K, you can see Thanos's like beard starting to grow in, and his hair starting to get fuzz. It's pretty awesome. You're like, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you're like, wow, they really put a lot of detail into this film. And then you're like, wow, Thanos didn't shave. Yeah, well, he's, he's busy. A, he's, he's a busy wreck, trying bro. to conquer. <laughs> he didn't save that, shave that ball sack of a chin that he has. <laughs> Corinne, watch your language. Hey, I, I, I'm quoting Lord here. My mom is listening. <laughs> I keep on uh, waiting for him to show up in a helicopter, but he doesn't. It, uh, Thanos' first appearance, he flies a helicopter, guys. <laughs> And he went on to be the maybe, most powerful villain in the world. Maybe, yeah, a, but it's a helicopter of hate. Yes, maybe an Endgame. Yeah, uh, you don't know how he gets around that, that little like true. valley or field. Or if I remember right, in. I think in his first appearance, the helicopter is the same colors as him. Ooh. So it's like purple and orange. <laughs> so it's fabulous. Totally, um, but so, yeah, no. I, I, Josh Brolin is amazing as Thanos um, because you know you kind of get what he's coming from. <laughs> he's had a he's had a he's had a great year too. Yeah, Brolin's awesome. This is definitely the caper of it. Yeah, I mean, he's great in Sicario yeah. as well. I like him as Cable as well. Yeah, he's good as Cable. Yep. Corinne, number one. My number one. <sighs> um, so to introduce my number one, I'll tell you all a quick story. Oh, yay! So January 2014, I went to a KU basketball game with my mom. I'd been to dozens of KU basketball games before, many close ones, and they'd always won. This was the first time I'd ever been to a KU basketball game in Allen Fieldhouse that they lost. And the weird vibe in the air when the game was over and we hadn't won was the one of the strangest things. That's just like, so wait, we, we lost? The music's playing, people are walking out like, we're not cheering, we're not playing the victory fight song. Like, what is happening? It was just this very confusing and just kind of an like emptiness kind of setting in. And there were just so many times that you thought, "Oh man, they're just they're going to turn it around. They're going to they're going to come back and they're going to win." And they just didn't. They fell short. And that was my number one movie for me. Mary this Queen of Scots. yeah, Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> Mary Queen of Scots. Walking out of the theater the second time I saw it, I swear you could have heard a pin drop because nobody just knew how to react. It was just, what do you, what, what, everybody just died. What are you talking about? So my number one is obviously Avengers Infinity War. Awesome. That was a great setup because you have a storyteller here. Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, th- there was a funk in the air. Yeah. I guess funks so are wrong. It was weird. You're right. Yeah. Like, just, so, as was, I said, I watched this again on Wednesday, and this movie is just so devastating. Yeah. Because they're just constantly losing. And just when you think, like, oh, man, they're going to turn it around. They're going to, um, you know, like, Thor's going to use his hammer. He's going to get it. Or before Peter Quill does his bullshit you know (laughs) (laughs) like oh they're gonna do it they're gonna do the thing 
and it's it's almost like Shakespearean level of like you th- just like just don't do the thing, don't fuck it up, and then they fuck it up, you know, or like some kind of like Greek tragedy of like you see all the opportunities they had to not fuck it up, mm-hmm. and then they did. Well, the only way they solve that is the one scene I want to see in Endgame is Captain America seeing Tony Stark and they shake each other's hand like Predator style. And then that's that's everything's okay. Son of a bitch. bitch. <laughs> that'll be, that'll be like... No, I, I, you know, I, I remember that feeling in the theater because being a fan of comics, I knew the end game for Thanos. I, I knew that he was going to snap his fingers. However... I didn't know they were going to kill some of the characters. You know, and you start seeing, um, you know, T'Challa go away and then Quill and then Spider-Man with his spider sense realizing that he's going to die. Like, so cool, all, Mr. Stark. All the new guys that we thought the whole universe was going to be based on moving forward went away and we were like, wait, this is the opposite. And my eyes got really hot when Spider-Man died. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Because, you know, I... Well, have you seen the... I There's, like, a great GIF set of it on Tumblr where they show... They, like, splice together the quote from... Event, or not Avengers Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming where he says... Where Tony says to Spider-Man, you know, if you die, that's on me. Yeah. And then it has that moment where he says, I'm sorry. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like Whoa. he knows that... Tony's going to hold that over his head. You know, oh, Tony's yeah. going to feel that guilt that if because Spider-Man And it's the it's uh, just, it's too late so to add good. Avengers Infinity War to my list. <laughs> yes. I can't believe it's not on your list. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> Somebody needs to kick Zack out of his own but house. But Orson Welles' documentary. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> somebody does. Zack, it's on <laughs> it's how? on my list. How? <laughs> how could you not have it on your list, Zack? Yeah, you either, James, cuz I know what your number 1 movie is. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, it's there's just yeah, it's sad. It's, it's just there's so much loss. I mean, we don't even see it, but we hear about like Xandar gets destroyed. Presumably, all over at least most of the Asgardians die before the first scene. Two hundred ninety nine dwarves on Nidavellir die. I mean, there's so many people who just die, kind of in this tragic and needless way, and it's like. Yep. Slightly more than half. Fuck you, Thanos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and the point like fifty point zero 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 one percent. And you know, you bring up a really great point: is he's he's devastated, you know, planets that you'd never even heard of. Oh yeah. And you right away you knew that it was going to go bad when they kill Loki, and he does it in a super brutal way. I mean, this is PG thirteen. Where it snaps that fucking neck, man. MPAA knows where the money comes from. Man. I know. I'm saying, uh, but yeah, I you know it's heartbreaking. And it's a great movie. Yeah. And it is it is crazy. I think you guys were saying earlier that the, just everybody kind of has their moment. And it's almost like it is so dense and it's long. But it's like to the point where just when you were like, oh, yeah, I almost forgot about yeah. Thor or, you know, whoever you last, whoever you hadn't seen in a while. Like that's when they're like, OK, we know we haven't seen Thor in 20 minutes. We got to bring Thor back in. You yeah. Know, or it's a long it movie, is. but it moves so fast. It's just, it's it's interestingly constructed like in terms of like the editing and stuff like that and just like how they set up the how, where it begins and ends because like obviously it's part one of two yeah. but like if i'm looking at it on its own because that's all i have right now it's pretty astounding mm-hmm. um 
And like we're in the headspace right now, but like once Edgate comes out, like then the whole conversation changes. So like yeah. we're still in this position right now where it's the most depressing year to be an MCU fan ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so, but but then in April it, or after, even after Captain Marvel, probably it won't matter because we'll have something else to to, to work with. Because right. we know Spider Man's coming back. <laughs> It's so depressing because we get Avengers and then we get fucking Ant Man. <laughs> it's like the worst timeline for a Marvel fan. I love how Ant Man made me joyous again, and then in the post credit sequence, it made me depressed all over again. Yeah, Ant Man seconds. was the right movie, I think, after Infinity yeah. War. Yeah, as yeah. I say, it's it's a really good movie. It's not. Yeah, it's a great. It's a but... fun movie where they just said, "Just guys, just bury your head in the sand for a little bit. We'll get back to you. Don't worry, it's gonna be okay." <laughs> And it was exciting to see all of these different characters from all over the different parts come together, even though you kind of had seen that with, like, the other two Avengers movies. But, like, I liked Doctor Strange in this movie way better than I did in the actual Doctor Strange movie. It's a movie that is better than any kid's dream when they're playing with their toys on the, uh, like, during recess, right? Like, no group of kids has ever imagined a a whole like action scene and story and all of that as cool as that movie. Well, they don't have Sorry, ILM Squidward. in their head. Earth is closed. Right. Squidward. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So. So good. My number one, Avengers: Infinity War. Nice Nicely done. Not Infinity Wars, FYI. It's singular. Yes. Yep. The Infinity Wars. The, the Scar <laughs> Infinity Wars solo A New Hope. <laughs> That's like a key and pill thing. Yeah. Did you guys see the Infinity Wars? <laughs> with Tony Stark's? I love that Toy Story 4 commercial with yeah. them. <laughs> oh, so good, yeah. yeah. Henry? Cool. It's my number one. It's a repeat. Uh, my number one uh, is Annihilation. Uh, Ooh. Wow. I saw it. Yeah. It's not Cool. Well, if you, Pat well, Paddington was, was, was last year. Paddington was my number one last year. He got so. to see it released nationwide in this year, but yeah. he got to see it in New York last year. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Uh, Paddington two was nominated for nominated for many Baftas last year too. So, uh, <laughs> um, sorry, Annihilation. Annihilation is my number one film. Uh, I saw it at the beginning of the year. Um, and I remember if you remember last year, I was like, "This year fucking sucks." <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like a lot of the films last year. And then, uh, then Annihilation came out in, I think, February or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, that's the number one. <laughs> I was like, they're not going to, they're not going to top this one. And so, and they didn't. So, um, uh, what I really love about Annihilation that wasn't mentioned yet, uh, yeah, I wasn't it, expecting anybody else to have it on there. So oh, yeah, it's I, my I number one. Um, sweet me at what was number nine for you? Cool. Thanks, buddy. No, no, no. Um, it, was, it was six or seven. seven. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, one thing, one thing I point, I point this film. I think it's this film is the perfect example of diversity in film, uh, because it's such because a diverse. There are no men. Well, yes, like, <laughs> it is. Like the, I know. Oscar Isaac is beyond the jail, the like, gender of male. The He's team that goes, everything. the team that goes into the uh, whatever yeah. it's called, uh, is all yeah, the shimmer. Yeah. It's all it's all women, and they, and they can't, and they don't mention that. No, like it, it, they. They don't act like that's out of the ordinary. Yeah, and I I really like that. Like they don't make because they, they could have been like, oh, only women. Like because of your eggs, you can't feel like certain things <laughs> like that. Like it would have been like really easy for them to do like some weird line. For oh, yeah. Especially like, in science fiction, yeah. Yeah, and so like I'm really glad they just like no, it just this team just happens to be all women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just uh, they're all the best people for the job. Yeah, and I think like uh, one thing that's always for me is whenever like I'm just 
in awe of a film. Like, whenever I'm sitting there and just, like, I can't react to the film because it's just impacting me. Yeah. That's uh, something that happened with uh, When Arrival was out. The same thing happened to me then. Yeah. Uh, and this one did the same thing where it was just, I couldn't move when watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just beautiful. I think... Uh, I think it's terrifying. I think, like, the bear... Not only just the bear scene, but also, like, the scene at the the end with the clone. Yeah. Well, and Uh, the stomach scene... Oh, yeah. Which is all practical. Mm Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. When I learned that, it blew my mind. And then how, like... No one really knows what the shimmer is, but, like, it it essentially grows off of you. Yeah. Like, you kind of just get to make your own idea. Yeah. Like, you have enough that you kind of get the science of it, and then you're just like, I think it works like this, you know? Yeah. You know, so this funny. and Aquaman have a lot in common. Stay away from lighthouses. <laughs> I thought it was weird at the end of Annihilation when the song was... Uh, when it was Pitbull's Africa? <laughs> was Pitbull's uh, uh, Candle in the Wind. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Annihilation. I don't... I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Mm. Um, but, I mean... And also, like... How I watch movies now is I have like a cycle where it's like I watch all of one actor's filmography, then a movement, then a director. And I, this film came out right as I was watching every Natalie Portman film ever. Oh, wow. And so I was like, perfect. And uh, <laughs> so uh, and so it was great. I just, Natalie Portman's amazing. Tessa Thompson's amazing. And you were like, this uh, is definitely better than Where the Heart Is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only way this could have been better is if like it was like all like just like they're about to all go into the shimmer and then you just hear hold up and then Paddington runs up with a gun as well and it's like oh. we're going in and so he didn't fight the other bear well yeah. we see Pat- oh. they didn't oh. Paddington bear crazy lady bear fight oh boy oh. With the th- you see the Paddington's too pure he's not self-destructive oh. he would that's true that's he, true he would he go in go and the in. shimmer would just explode so. it would yeah <laughs> That's they true. just throw the bear in there. <laughs> this bear screws up the entire theme of this film. <laughs> bear is driving. How can Alex Garland's just like, I'm sorry, I cannot have you in the... It, you, you're excused, Mr. Bear. You're excused. Yeah. <laughs> he just does his little hat tip and then walks away. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's All right, very yeah, polite. Anyway. Don't worry. No, anyway, let's end this. That's Annihilation. It's the kindest Hollywood story yeah. ever. You know, I'm really scared for Zax because I think it's going to drive me crazy. I don't know. Here we go. <laughs> well... I mean, you did say you were interested in seeing it, so... Oh, so maybe it's one I haven't seen. Oh, it's um, the fucking Orson Welles one. No, um... <laughs> <laughs> him being interested in an Orson Welles movie? Don't be fucking ridiculous. I've <laughs> seen two of them, but I'm like, nope. Yeah, no. No. Uh, no, my number one is, um... Christopher Robin. <laughs> I swear to fucking God, Zach. No, it's, it's, it's not. It's not. Don't, do not worry. <laughs> it's not worth it, Henry, I swear. Um, no, my number one is from a director that when I started really getting into analyzing film and just like really appreciating filmmakers, he was one of the ones I first started to really like notice how you put things in a film. And I haven't really like gotten to love and appreciate him in a while. And he also made a movie that like is very timely, very relevant, but also just a hell of a lot of fun and then hell of a tragic at the end. Uh, my number one is uh, based on some for real, real shit. It's Black Klansman. There's never been a black cop in this city. We think you might be the man to open things up around here. Hello. 
This is Ron Stallworth calling. Well, who am I speaking with? This is David Duke. Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. That David Duke? God. Last time I checked. What can I do you for? Well, since you asked, I hate blacks. I hate Jews, Mexicans, and Irish, Italians, and Chinese. But my mouth to God's ears, I really hate those black rats. And anyone else, really, that doesn't have pure white Aryan blood running through their veins. I'm happy to be talking to a true white American. God bless white America. The KKK is planning an attack. How do you propose to make this investigation? We'll establish contact over the phone. We'll need a white officer to play me when they meet face to face. You for the white race, Ron? Oh, hell yeah. So there becomes a combined Ron, Ron Stallworth. Can you do that? With the right white man, we can do anything. When's the last time they let a rookie lead an investigation? Oh, that's right. Never. <laughs> okay. Become his friend. Let's get invited back. So what kind of stuff you guys do? Cross burdens, marches. This is fixing to be a big year for us. You ask too many questions. Are you undercover or something? We must unite and organize to fight racism. Are you down for the liberation of black people? Power to the people. All power to all the people. All power to all the people. It's right, sister. For you, it's a crusade. For me, it's a job. You're Jewish. That hatred, doesn't that piss you off? You're taking this Jew lie detector test. Why are you acting like you ain't got skin in the game? I'm telling you, the wars are coming. Black power! Black power! Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. That's us. Stallworth brothers. We're on a roll, baby. America first. America first. America first. If I would have known this was a clan, you know, I wouldn't have taken this mother. <laughs> I thought presents. you were going to pick Hereditary. I'm like, you son of a No, bitch. no, no. You know, actually, like, <laughs> Shoot, so. I was going to take a piece of file. <laughs> I haven't. I, I have not rewatched Hereditary since I saw it in the theater. So obviously, whatever impact it had on me hasn't stayed. Black Klansman, on the other hand, has. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, produced by Jordan Peele of Keanu fame, mm-hmm. um, and uh, nothing else, just Keanu. Oh no, I, get, I got you. Yeah, I know. That was good. That was a good uh, yeah. Adam Driver uh, getting nominated for a Golden Globe tomorrow. He, he's yeah. okay. He'll, he'll be. He's like he'll, the favorite. I mean, to he win it, should. Right? I, I would love him to be the favorite. I don't know. We'll see by tomorrow when the Golden Globes happen. Um, I mean, he should have won for Last Jedi. God damn it. And maybe maybe this is the makeup award. <laughs> um, but no, um, Black Klansman tells the story of Ron Stallworth, first African-American uh, detective in Colorado Springs what? who infiltrates the, the who infiltrates the KKK by pretending to be a white guy over the phone, and then they send in the Adam Driver character as the... Uh, actual white guy and they infiltrate the clan and find out information about them um and so it's spike lee who i know is not the favoritist filmmaker of anybody here really um i like him i do too see that's the thing is is that speak for yourself zach (laughs) i will so i will um when i the first film of his i ever saw was actually malcolm x and i watched it for an english essay um in talking about the differences between malcolm x and mlk so I've always really loved what Spike Lee does visually and also how he uses film history. Black Klansman is no exception. The moment that this film starts, it does one of my favorite things in a movie this year. It slaps Gone with the Wind in its face and says, fuck you, you're no longer allowed to be a part of relevant history anymore. You're done, I'm sorry. And then he does it again in the middle of the film with Birth of a Nation and just makes it horrifying to think about that fucking movie, which is good. I don't. I get it, they're important in history. 
but they are both racist pieces of crap films. And but Clark Gable's cute. I, I get it. <laughs> Clark Gable's cute. But we shouldn't be. I, it's I don't really like harsh for Gone with the Wind. Birth, yeah. Birth of a Nation and Gone with the Wind. Not equally pieces of trash. Wasn't the one's, actress one's who more. played Mammy like? Didn't she win an Oscar for her performance? She did. There, there, are, d- there are racist yeah. things about Gone with the Wind. Yes, yes. there and are you racist should, things. And, about and you it. shouldn't just listen to one actor's opinion on that film. You should listen to all the actors on that because yes. they all have differing opinions on it. But yes. Spike Lee using film history and. Frankly, like I mean, Birth of the Nation, it's easy to make fun of. Gone with the Wind, right. we still have it on a pedestal, and I like that he knocks it down in the beginning. But he doesn't do it in a way that disrespects the filmmaking process of it. He does it in a way that disrespects the content of the film, sure. which I think is important. Sure. And then throughout the entire film, it also discusses film language and how we've interpreted um, our society through pop culture. Like, There's a great scene between John David Washington and uh, Laura Harrier where they're discussing, like, which detectives do they like more, Shaft or Superfly? And they discuss for a good five-minute scene about the differences between Shaft and Superfly. And it's a adorably charming and poignant scene. Um, and the film, obviously its relevancy has a lot to do with what happened in Charlottesville last year. And the ending of the film has clips of Charlottesville. It's the saddest, most depressing way to end a movie that you think ends on a positive note. Sure. Um, it also has one of the best uses of Spike Lee's signature shot on the dolly where you reveal that nothing's fucking changed in this country, let alone in the narrative of cinema, um, in just the terms of the way we treat things sometimes. Um, and also, Topher Grace as David Duke is the most terrifying villain on screen I've seen this year that isn't Michael Myers. <laughs> he does that role so scarily well that I get it. Go re-edit the Hobbit trilogy. A lot of people. I mean, <laughs> dude, I'm just, I'm just saying. There was this time when he played Venom, 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 Venom. <laughs> Remember, oh my god, <laughs> I always forget he played Venom, Venom, Venom. Um, but no, like he does a great job. Like, I mean, I don't have any like. It's just, it's really good performance. Um, and John David Washington, like he's got his father's charm, charisma. He sells that fucking role. He's my favorite male performance of the year because I think he has to carry a film solely on being a not only a newcomer realistically a newcomer but also just like the content of this film is fucking heavy um and i think he carries it like a fucking champ um the scene where he's uh in the police uh, he's starting off in the police force and he's just handing people files in the um the records room and he has an interaction that doesn't go well and he lets out all his energy by pretending to be a kung fu master and it's just it's one shot of john david washington just going like and i was like I love this character. I love him. I want to follow him on adventures. Um, and Adam Driver's wonderful. Um, I like that Spike Lee is getting exposure again because it's allowed me to like really enjoy revisiting his work. This film does a lot of stuff that Bamboozled did in 2001, but I think in a much more mature and measured fashion. Um, one of the things that I love about Lee in this, in this film in terms of being a director is he's clearly g- grown beyond... 1989 do the right thing like I love that film but he's grown up he's older now and this is a wise measured but still angry tone of wake the fuck up and I think it's an important film I think it's just it's one of the most entertaining films I've seen this year so yeah Black Klansman number one cool and now I'm gonna switch it on the shelf from get out up there 
<laughs> Can you do me I'm a favor too and take one. that sticker off Get Out? It's driving me crazy the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, why do you leave that shit on there? I know. God, it's obnoxious. You know what I hate is when I peel the sticker off and it leaves the residue behind, and then I gotta go get the goo gone. Yeah. Like, don't. don't t- I'm buying the movie. You don't have to sell me the movie. Also, in case y'all forgot, the best reviewed movie of 2017 was Paddington 2. Um, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Anyway, Brad, tell us your number one film that I produced. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think you know me so well, do you? <gasps> um, well, that is a fine film that I made. If it Damn bleeds. it. Which, where is it, Zach? You just bought it. It's on the shelf um, somewhere. Yeah, yeah you, you lost already. All right. Um, <laughs> but thanks for the money, though. Um, I know, I paid you money. Uh yeah, my number one film, it's crazy to think that six years ago, we were wondering, how can they possibly put this many characters into a single superhero film and make it work? And six years later, they surpassed that many times over, and it still works, while another studio still struggles to make a movie about one character <laughs> <laughs> this year. Um, Badass. Even giving it two hours to breathe, um, they still can't. Uh, this one, it, it, Avengers Infinity War is my number one film. Um, it has been since it debuted in theaters. I saw it. I, th- I forgot to read my stats this year. Uh, Infinity War broke Brad. Yeah, oh, it <laughs> totally did. <laughs> he finally is like, yeah, it's really good. This shit's good. <laughs> Sorry, DC. <laughs> Sorry, Batman. Not, not, no, not, not to shit on DC. Like, I actually watched Batman vs Superman, Justice League, and uh, The Dark Knight Rises last night. Um, and like watching those movies, like, and I, I'm, I'm probably gonna say something about it next week. When like really talk about it, but like I really feel like Batman v Superman, and it's, it's the Ultimate Edition, by the way, not the theatrical version. Yeah. Like it really, I think it got really unfairly maligned because when you watch Justice League after it, where it's been revised to adopt a more Marvel approach. It's just Batman vs Superman was, was going for a different tone and like had a lot more like cerebral ideas um, that just like just the audience wasn't willing to accept at the time. But uh, uh, but anyway, Avengers: Inf- Infinity War. I think I saw it like seven or eight times in the theater, um, multiple times in 3D. It it was just so amazing. Like those triumphant moments where Thor comes in with Rocket and Groot. Um, and the audience erupts and being surprised at the end when you're like, oh, this is an odd feeling. And yet the audience is still going to clap and cheer. Right. And no, everyone's just silent. And you're like, OK, I'm not going to clap either. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then Captain America shows up. Although, why is he just standing there? Why isn't he just like instantly jumping to the fight? Because it's badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a sweet reveal. Um, so, yeah, it's an amazing spectacle. And uh, just can't wait for uh, late April to roll around. To resolve all this, yeah. Talk more like March. My mm. girl, Captain Marvel. Yeah. She gonna come yeah. and she gonna kick Thanos' ass. That's a building ass. block, you know. That's just yeah. That's that's to explain no, things a, that are coming up in the that's movie. That's a movie that ends with her getting a page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She probably doesn't even need the page because she has cosmic awareness. She's got James. a smartphone now, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who's gonna save Tony Stark. Yeah. Captain Nebula. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only one around. Anyway. Yeah. It's uh, alcoholism. It's uh it's yeah. gonna be Nova, guys. 
Oh, could you imagine if there's like, by the way, fucking Nova's here now. <laughs> <laughs> he just like zooms in. <laughs> yeah. If it starts, Hershey with... needed rescuing Stark. <laughs> I think I, I think the twist needs to be that Happy Hogan saves them all, and John Favreau's the real hero of the yes. cinematic universe. <laughs> what, well, no, he, he does have. Oh no, that jet crash in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh. No, he's not never dead. Mind, Half of dogs are dead, though. Somehow fucking Scarlet Spider swings into the thing. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. like, before Peter Parker died, I was clothed, and I'm here to save you now. So. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Peter's here in spirit. <laughs> He's here in my weird cut-off hoodie. Like. <laughs> Actually, it's going to be the X-Men, because wherever Dark Phoenix <gasps> ends in space is where it's going to pick up her <gasps> no. Avengers Endgame. <laughs> no. Don't. Do not touch my beautiful Marvel Studios films with your dirty, dirty Fox garbage. Oh, shit, it's going to be the Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer's going to come in. I would be down if the Silver Surfer Surfer fucking shows up. up. This would be fucking amazing. That would be awesome. Especially if he shows up and he's like, I'm going to help you all out. But there's this dude who eats planets and he is coming. (laughs) No, but they said, like, they said, the Fox thing will be coming in effect in April. April is when this movie comes out. I understand. Because nothing's more cool than a dude on a surfboard who's... Yeah. Who goes, Silver Surfer has like a surfer bro who's just like, sup, Stark? Yeah. Shaka, bra. Yeah. Oh, you need some no, saving, bra? It's, it's Matt Damon from Eurotrip. Scotty <laughs> doesn't know. Done. We're going to ride um, the cosmic waves? <laughs> like, fucking take down Thanos? <laughs> it's totally Kush, bro. Uh, to get Ashton Kutcher to play them. <laughs> yeah. Ashton Kutcher oh, as a silver surfer. So oh, man. Oh, this dude totally ate all my waves. Oh. Good choice, Fred. Good choice, yeah. Fred. My boss is really mad because Thanos snapped out half my dad's food. <laughs> <laughs> Galactus is pissed at Thanos for destroying planets. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That would be an awesome fight. I'd love to see that. Galactus is like Red Foreman. Dumbass. <laughs> Cool, James. All I want to see is Galactus eating a planet like a like, <laughs> like it's a, a burger. <laughs> oh no, I was gonna say burger, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ow, ow, ow. Uh, well, thanks guys for everybody putting Infinity War on your list so that I didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you. Because then you would be wrong. Um, <laughs> James, you and I are wrong. No, I. Uh, I'd be wrong. mad at you. We're the only person that had Paddington on a list, so that's right. I got you. I'm looking out for you. You could be mad at me since I've never seen any Paddington. Well, you've not seen them, so I can't blame you. Okay. Yeah, if you had seen them and decided not to put them on a list, like some people I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry if I prefer a willy-nilly silly old bear. Uh, you're everything you say is wrong. But that wasn't even wasn't even really a Pooh movie. It was a Christopher Robin movie. Yeah, you know what? And it wasn't on your list. It, it, it's true. It's in the top twenty. Oh. But so is Paddington too. <laughs> See, Chris Robin's like my twelve. Both the bear movies are in my top twenty. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Anyway, uh, so my number one is something I've never done before, um, which is interesting. Um, this was like this was one of those where like the the trailer first came out and I went fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna love this Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. And I'm gonna cry for an hour and a half. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it came out. It came out like literally the week of the wedding or the week before the wedding. So I didn't see it until I I got home. And, uh, Rock dog. Um, no, uh, my number one is "Won't You Be My Neighbor." 
A television program for children made its unauspicious debut on station WQED in Pittsburgh. Its host, Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers? Yeah. I want to tell you something. What would you like to tell I like you. I like you, my dear. Thank you very much for telling me that. You take all of the elements that make good television and do the exact opposite. You have Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Low production values, simple set, unlikely star, yet... It worked. Hello. I've always felt that I didn't need to put on a funny hat or jump through the hoop to have a relationship with a child. He was always trying to get a message across in every show. A week on death. What does assassination mean? On divorce. Some people get married and after a while they're so unhappy that they don't want to be married anymore. He was radical. I know everyone says that, but he was radical. They didn't want black people to come and swim in their swimming pools. My being on the program was a statement for Fred. A neighborhood was a place where, at times, that you felt worried, scared, unsafe, would take care of you. He had a singular vision of kindness and love. Love is at the root of everything. All learning, all relationships, love or the lack of it. Children have very deep feelings, just the way everybody does. There must be times when you do feel blue. I'm not feeling blue right now, though. Me neither. <laughs> Won't you be my neighbor? Well, I suppose it's an invitation. It's an invitation for somebody to be close to you. The greatest thing that we can do is to help somebody know that they're loved and capable of loving. Won't you please, won't you please, please won't you be my neighbor? Oh, I put a, a documentary on my list. Dude, that why, one actually genuinely surprised me. Why yeah. you steal yeah. my thunder, bro? Um, <laughs> so this ah, man, this thing again, like it's I said, very, very good. from the trailer, I was like, this is going to wreck me. And it did. And like I said before, in a year with a lot of rough stuff, like here comes this documentary about a guy who genuinely just wanted to speak a good word into the kids around him and use use a platform with very little resources to do something good in the world. Um, and it was really hard for that to not just ring so true. Um, and obviously, like, there's a lot of nostalgia there. Of course, like, I think we probably all watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood because, like, yeah. that shit was crack for kids. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa. And <laughs> I, I think part of what's great about the documentary was, like, <laughs> the what'd you say? Mr. Rogers' crack neighborhood. <laughs> Mr. Rogers' Uh, Mr. Rogers Ghetto. Sorry, um, I stole your thunder, Brad. You're good. No, it's because I can't hear Brad because I've got the headphones. Yeah. On. Um. So the uh, what I didn't know was what all this movie was gonna do, as it sort of tells you a lot of not just his backstory and what his motivations were, but to also sort of dig into, you know, where all of the characters came from, and and here's this guy who just as genuine as he can be is just trying to make something good. And then as it, as it goes on and you start seeing how 
his world changes and his perspective changes. And then when they finally get to the section on nine 11 and, and he does this PSA and, and, you know, everybody comments on this moment where he's looking back at his life and he doesn't know if he actually did any good. Yeah. Um, and it's the, it, it is one of the most heartbreaking moments because of course you want to tell yourself like you're of two minds about it, right? You're half of you is looking at it and going like, no, but think like, you're amazing and you did so much good. And like, I've just sat here and watched an hour and 15 minutes of you doing wonderful things. But then if you take it back to the beginning of my top 10 list, where we also have to have some of these conversations and there's a lot of stuff we're not talking about and, and people aren't treating each other the way that they should be. You realize that there was also a lot of work left to be done. And I think that's some of what, some of what the documentary kind of tries to get to you is that, and I said this when I first talked about it on the show a few weeks ago, um, you know, if if I had a button that could make everybody in the world watch one movie this year, this would be the one because I think it's trying to teach us something. Um, I'm trying to sort of put our heads back on straight. Um, and that was the thing that I appreciated so much. It was it was an a movie that, as I so often do, I think became important. Um, maybe in a way that when they decided to make the documentary, they didn't know it would be, right? When two years ago, when they were, when somebody was like, well, we're going to start doing interviews and archiving footage about Mr. Rogers. Cause like, this seems like a good story. Yeah. Um, for it to come out this year when things feel so divided, uh, I think was apt, uh, and I, perfect and I, needed. When the trailer came out, I, I was, I was, I was amazed they were going to make a, Fred Rogers documentary. I was just like, really? Oh, cool. Okay. And then, like, I think about it more, and I'm like, you know, he's really has reemerged as a meme kind of thing, like a Bob Ross, or even a, even how sure. Steve Irwin's legend has persisted. But there was a period, and they talk about it in the documentary where. Fred Rogers was mocked and poked at fun right. at like whether it's Eddie Murphy with the Mr. Robinson neighborhood, which I still think is hilarious. It's hilarious. Uh, or, um, or even family guy and how they've done him in the past. Right. And like, there's nothing wrong with those, but I think it has also like we, there's a cynical edge to Mr. Rogers isn't cool and whatnot. And nowadays it seems like he's the coolest motherfucker that's ever lived, right. uh, which is apt. But that documentary also like the whole, discussion about when they're doing the show with the feet in the swimming pool thing oh my gosh yeah i I wrecked me literally here's this guy who like on a national stage there is this huge conversation happening and he's like i'm gonna make this the most intimate personal and easy thing i can and then so how about we both sit and wash our feet together and therefore when he asked oh my god like that is the most wise moment Mm-hmm. It's incredible. And then when he like asked that question, like, did what is what I did any good and whatnot? I look at the world today and I'm like, I'd be discouraged too, Mister Rogers. Right. I get, it. I'm with you, bro. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's a great movie. It's oh, great. The it, only reason it didn't make that list is because Morgan Neville because also Orson made Wells, him. Yeah, made him, Orson Wells. Yeah. But he's a great <laughs> documentarian who's clearly killed it this year. <laughs> no, so. I, I mean, you know. Is it bad to say that I never watched Mr. Rogers as a kid? No, no. I honestly, I think we. I, I yeah. don't even know who we are on the the far end of that that thing, right? Like, I mean, I certainly like. I'm on the really tail end. Yeah, like I think I, even as a kid, like watching PBS for that kind of stuff, I think started to trail off. Yeah. You know, and I had like um, Sesame Street pre- predominantly over Mr. Rogers, but I had it. Yeah. 
But like it's, it's right. I mean, if you're a kid today, like Sesame Street's on HBO. Yeah, like, and I'll, and I'll tell you, like, if you watch it, like, the, there's it's on Prime. Like, Mr. Yeah. Rogers is on Prime. You can watch it, and you can see just even one show, and you'll see like how in, how incredibly thoughtful and genius that man was. Mm-hmm. And and he's making like he's making great content out of garbage, like <laughs> well, actual not gar- no, pretty much actual garbage, like. No, none of the sets are good. Like nothing about what he's producing is of high quality. It's just heartfelt and right. Like it's just good, and it relates to children in some cases because he doesn't talk down to them, right? Like the fight, the, the when they spend a whole section where he's like, "I'm going to spend a week on death," and it's 1968, and you know national leaders are dropping like flies, and he's like, "I'm going to talk to kids about this." Mm-hmm. Like that's revolutionary. And a, a completely different way of even thinking about how you teach children, um, even beyond the like, hey, may, maybe we should be nice to each other. Yeah. You know, um, it's uh, just, yeah. w- when I saw it, they had that one segment where they're like, and like, Mr. Roger got really disappointed because there's this new generation of kids that would only watch like cartoons that had like explosions and fun things in them. I was like, oh, hey, me. <laughs> oh look I showed up you were the kind of kids that pissed off Mr. Rogers yeah. Henry. I'm that guy I'm well, that guy so I was in kindergarten and like they'd be like hey let's Mr. Rogers like fucking boring let's, oh, like, and I let's was, get to the cartoons and so, I, I was so sad to hear when when he's like I'm gonna create a version of the show but for adults uh-huh. and, I, and they start showing it and I'm like this looks like the best shit ever like if Netflix made this show this would be better than the baking show Netflix I would watch this all day long is just Mr. Rogers interviewing people quietly and asking them why they're so good at their jobs. They need to do <laughs> like, a, uh, a fucking Peter Cushing. Uh, Netflix needs to do like pull up Peter Cushing and make Fred yes. Rogers come back to life, right? Uh, and just quietly interview people and tell them that he thinks they're very pleasant. Yeah, like that. Ah, uh, it seemed like the best thing. And then for that show to fail, you're like, oh man! By the time they become adults, they lose whatever magic allows them to watch things that are actually good but don't look flashy. <laughs> except for Henry, he never had it. <laughs> yeah, except for Henry, who's like, dude, G.I. Joe's on. <laughs> I will say, when you, when you had your thing, we were talking about, like, oh, this basketball game, and it really ruined I was like, if she has Space Jam, it's her number one film of this year. <laughs> 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 like, I made a friend for life. Like, oh, yeah. boy. That's what anyway, I was into when I was a kid. That is my number one. Yeah. I didn't uh, just see Space Jam this year. <laughs> That's why I was like, if she broke the rules, <laughs> it's her number one. Um, my number one, it'll probably shock everybody here. Um, I, a lot of people think I'd pick Spider-Man, obviously, because it's Spider-Man. And I didn't pick Spider-Man. I picked many Spider-Men and women. Uh, I, uh, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse is my number one film. Spider-Man inclusive. <laughs> I know. If you had actually done a fake out where you're like, yeah, Spider-Man's going to be number one, and then at like the last minute, it's like it's like some fucking random indie film. Like, yeah. Fucking Close. Eighth Grade is my number yeah. one. Well, Eighth Grade oh, is pretty dude, great. Eighth Grade. That, that movie made me cry a lot. Anyway, talk about your favorite movie. Um, Spider-Man made me cry, too. You know, there's... Um, that they made a movie about spider people and made it... Uh, <laughs> That sentence, though, that like made it Rights like for all spider people. Yeah. <laughs> they made it cohesive and fun, and they brought Spider Ham into it. You know, because you're you're talking to dude. I've I have Spider Ham's first appearance. It's garbage. <laughs> I have but, the subsequent appearances. This is garbage. They're garbage. But, but they make him enduring and lovable. Exactly, and it's everything about it's fun. And sometimes you know you just need movies that are fun. He gives and, him a hammer and says it'll fit in your pocket. Yeah. And then he floats in the air like Jesus. And I mean, I get Chris Pine singing uh, 
spider bells. Um, he's also, I learned that he's a spider man in the, like the ultimate one that dies. Um, and, I was gonna ask you, did you listen to the like the Christmas oh, yeah, album they put out? Is it downloaded? Yes. Um, <laughs> I totally forgot to mention that earlier. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. It is just, five copies. Yes, it's just really well done. And you know the the moment when uh, he's fighting the Green Goblin, who looks like a monster. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, so Ryan's such a universe. purist. I know I'm a purist. Like you're about to die. Like all uh, I want is him to fly in a glider. That's all I want. I like Ultimate Green Goblin. He's that's exactly what I was like but uh, what Spider-Man says to Miles there is amazing um, saying I'll help you you know I need uh, you to help me as well yeah and you know I I do only have one nitpick in it it's because I'm a purist is I don't like the Peter Parker that came gave up um, like totally gave up like Spider-Man might stop it's like here my costumes in the trash not get fat and get divorced I'm like eh uh, so it I, works for the world, though. I don't. Love but to be fair, he doesn't give up because at the end he comes back. He, he gets back. He doesn't give up, and that's where it's redeemed. Is when uh, Miles is pleading with him to help him, and he says, uh, "I can't let another Spider-Man die." And he comes and says, "I can't either." And that's pretty awesome. Um, and th- there's moments, and I took my little boy there, and uh, when Spider-Ham showed up, he he just screamed out, "Spider-Ham!" <laughs> um, <laughs> And that's when I know I'm doing parenting right. Uh, is my yeah, kid child, knows? How old is your kid? Four. That a four-year-old kid knows who Spider Ham is. Yeah. Like, that's, some, that's some deep the, Marvel knowledge. The, there's like sometimes when I'm like, I'm a good dad. Like I was, <laughs> I was driving yesterday and I had this uh, Rod Stewart song from 1970 that is deep. I mean, it's called Joe's Lament. Beautiful song, but no one knows what it is. And he was like singing along. I'm like, man, I am just winning. <laughs> You're going to go to like a parent-teacher conference and be like, so your kid doesn't know what shapes are. <laughs> <laughs> he knows Spider-Ham. <laughs> like, like, he knows this obscure Rod Stewart song. Except, except when you ask him about his favorite superheroes and he says, Batman. I'm like, yeah. Uh, you have failed, Dad. It's it just well, Kellen wants to like like uh, get your approval in some way or form, and he knows he, you'll never give it to him. Ryan, like, Ryan, I'll like Batman. You're <laughs> just gonna have to start again from scratch. I'm sorry, I think uh, this one's lost. Yeah. Kellen, do you want to watch some film? Sure. Dun 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 dun. dun. So, <laughs> but Batman. Ryan, I'm yeah. curious to know what's your favorite moment in this film? Uh, it's Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. Very quick moment. Um, Spider-Man and Miles are trying to break into uh, the whatever Doc Ock is. Yeah. Um, and Miles is trying to imitate Spider-Man. And Spidey sits down and is like thinking and he puts his hand on his chin and then Miles does it too because he's mimicking Spider-Man. I freaking love that stuff. And I mean the animation is stunning that each character, whether it's Penny Parker or Spider-Gwen... They they translated the artist's work into mm-hmm. the film. I think is amazing. I think the the animation alone is something you haven't seen before. The introduction to Pete into the the world where he's like a dead homeless guy is funny. Uh, is the best part of Venom. And <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no that it's just the little moments. Uh, being a Spider Man fan. The selflessness of Spider-Man. Um, and I like, too, that Miles didn't have, like, some quick montage of becoming Spidey. Mm-hmm. He had to learn to be Spider-Man. It's not just that you have the powers. With great power comes great responsibility. He didn't just stand on a rooftop and go, thwip. Go, Web. Go, Web, go. <laughs> yeah, so. Snicked. <laughs> didn't that Spider-Man throw away his costume in number two, though? Like, in the trash can? Like, that comic cover? He did. He quit. But yeah. he didn't give up. 
neither did this Spider-Man. He came back. Yeah, he did eventually. Yeah. It's but, all about the arc. Yeah, but his arc, he had to have another Spider-Man get him out of it. It works for the story. He's That's never got stuck to his own words and committed to his feelings. Exactly. He'll always come back and be a spider yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite, like... Cut gags ever in a movie is in Spider-Man 2 where it says he's back and Spider-Man swings through the newspaper. It doesn't make any sense, but it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And when you're Sam Raimi, you can do stuff like that because it doesn't matter. It's also followed up with like J. Jonah Jameson missing him and then going like, he's a thief, a menace. (laughs) (laughs) I I want Spider-Man. That's my favorite moment ever is when uh, Jameson is just like pondering out loud. (laughs) About Spider-Man. And then then it just comes like, if only Spider-Man was there to stop him. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny uh, but yeah Spider-Verse is amazing it's really funny uh, really clever uh, Miller and Lord obviously understand the there's what people love they... about things and they really like just embrace them yeah yeah. it's real. why well, I really wish they were not fired from Solo <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. well you know when you read about it uh, yeah. what happened that uh, you... it doesn't sound... well yeah well, it's like we would have gotten a very different product. Yeah, but I'm st- I would have been I'm, ready. <laughs> it, it, I'm just very if, curious as to what it would. If been. it was finished and it didn't cost twice as much money, mm. well, I think it cost twice as much money because I'd reshoot most of the film. Right. Yeah. But the yeah they're yeah. Anyway, but yes, the argument for another time. I love, time, I love little moments, and uh, yeah, it's great. Cool. Yep. Good pick. Good year, people. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say the shot of Miles like falling up into the city no i mean that's i mean if yeah i mean there's some spectacular things that you can't even i like too when as soon as you got bit by the spider you started getting like the thought uh Mm -hmm. boxes is pretty awesome it's like a comic book where angley's hulk tried to be and it wasn't spider-verse was oh boy what a great what a great year for movies yes it was awesome all right well next week we'll go see i guess escape room (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I forgot to say earlier about Ready Player 2, like, seeing the DeLorean time machine, like, back in action was, like, another reason why it was so handless for me, just because, like, I never want them to remake the Back to the Future movies, but they could definitely tell new stories in that universe with that time machine. Yeah, and, you know, that's, because you need movies, the movies I always like, and you can look at any of my lists, the ones that, like, really mean stuff to me is touching on stuff like that. Where next year Spider-Man Far From Home is coming out, and it'd be really hard for it not to be number one for me. I mean, really hard. I think the only time I haven't picked a Spider-Man movie was Amazing Spider-Man, and only because it retreaded the the origin. But mm. where Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man 2, where people had a lot of issues with it, I could cut through all that stuff and see the great story they're telling, and it's impossible for me to not love Spider-Man. Um, what would they have to do in Far From Home to make you not put it as in your top 10 i don't know that's a good question um spider-man is just nothing but a jack benny and orson welles fan <laughs> no no i, I can even <laughs> do with that because he just web up their mouths um oh. yeah um if they had if they if the new <laughs> if there's a new it's called spider-man maximum carnage i might have a problem um uh maybe spider-man snaps the main villain's mysterious neck uh, at the end no i, I actually i don't have a problem around. with spider-man uh Stopping a menace at all means possible. Spider-Man finds out that... Uh, However, I know he wouldn't do it. Spider- Spider-Man finds out that uh, Iron Man's fa- mother's name is Martha, and then they, they're both Martha. And- no, yeah, which I just totally lied to you, Brad, because um, 
in Superior Spider-Man when Doc Ock took over Spider-Man's body, he shoots a villain in the face, and I threw that fucking comic book down so mad. I'm like, are you kidding Wait, me? Fuck this. He shoots someone with a gun? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Spider-Man. Doc like, Ock is smart enough to know that he has powers, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, well, that's Apparently because, not. Because he's, he's the new edgy Spider-Man because Doc Ock is in Peter Parker's body. Uh, what if there's a shot where, like, in the new one where he just looks over his shoulder and goes, fuck Iron Man. That'd be like, sweet. Oh, Man. shit, that's twisted. I'd be like, oh, sweet, is he going to fight Robert Downey Jr.? Holy and shit. Like, Can I pay nine ninety nine a month for this shit? Because it sounds like dope-ass shit. If oh, I have Iron yeah, Man yeah. and Spider-Man fighting while they're telling each other to fuck off i'd be like nerdgasm he's gonna bang my head on the laptop and i can feel something spider angst in there like. man I, I can't wait to find just literally any and every comment section of a website to talk about this in <laughs> i don't know anyway. that's a good question i don't know what would make me not like spider-man i don't i couldn't even think of something i'd i'd, I'd find a redeeming quality somewhere yeah i'm like you know what yeah this is number six uh what if uh, spider-man suddenly endorsed white supremacy <laughs> <laughs> he's like Miles. No. Well, is he doing it, Spider Man? He's doing. Oh fuck! I don't. I don't have a comeback for that one. What if Peter Parker said "Hail Hydra" like Cap did that one time? Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> because then you'd find out that he was overtaken by Doc Ock earlier. I know. And then <laughs> everybody freaked out. I was like, guys, it's gonna be okay. I bet it's not really Cap. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be like far from home. He's gonna arrive somewhere in Europe and be like, God, I'm so glad I'm away from all those minorities. And he's <laughs> <gonna get together. laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, walking around Sweden, he's like, Man, this is great. There's no black people here at all. And we all go, Oh no, Peter, no. <laughs> that'll be all right. As long as they get Pete right, I don't care what they do. I think that would, would be that the be definition getting him right? of not getting Pete right. <laughs> no, that'd be getting it wrong. Hey, for sure. MA, have you thought about building a wall around the house? <laughs> So you're really... I mean, I want them to clean our house, but I want them to live here. <laughs> Just like swings by Mysterio, oh, like, give you okay, get married. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, and, and the and the tag scene at the end of Spider-Verse is amazing, uh, where they, uh, even the credits, like they had a bunch of like uh, internet memes, like in the credits, the, the sexy Spider-Man laying on the train tracks <laughs> was on it. General, like, pop culture yeah, stuff. yeah, it was pretty, pretty awesome. Those credits were awesome. Not like Aquaman. <laughs> I was thinking about the uh, Henry saying like Spider Man swinging by denouncing gay people, and this mysterious like, "Am I the bad guy?" In this <laughs> What's happening? Mysterious just stops. He's like, "I'm the hero now." Well, there's this like weird thing where like the trailer is Mysterio's like task with stopping Hydro Man with Spider Man. Which I think he's using as illusions, but hey, that's just me. In this new version, Jake Gyllenhaal is just like, yeah, I, I thought I was a villain, but I, I guess not in terms <laughs> of the real world we live in. <laughs> <laughs> the plot of Far From Mysterio is like, I need to change reality so Spider-Man's not a racist. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that means I'm the dick at the end of the day, but it has to be done. Uh, do we have any? I I have my mom's list. Do we have any other fans? I, I didn't get any. I didn't get any. Corinne's either. here, yeah. so yeah. do you have any classic films you want to talk about? <laughs> <real quick? laughs> my my all my family members gave me a uh, a, a favorite of theirs. Yeah, uh, my mom's was Paddington Two. As, cool. Uh, was already alluded the to. The Wise Woman. My dad's was Bohemian Rhapsody because he just loves old Paddington rock and roll too. and Queen. <laughs> yep. Uh, and my sister said a simple favor, which is what she recommended it to me. That's how I ended up saying, fine, I'll see this. Yeah. Uh, and also the Meg, 
which is like, and, and she and yes. she she well she said on the text, if this tells you anything about my taste in films, then I have a shitty taste in films. And I was like, I, I should have texted her back, being like, no, no, you're fine. You gave me a simple favor. <laughs> no, hey, hey, the bag. Jason Statham literally fights a giant shark in it I, I, you with know? a submersible, but he does it. I know, and, and I don't know if you know this, but he he. He just kicks ass doing it. He does. <laughs> I need to know if this shark has fish in it. It's like, I don't even have a comment for it. He just, he does it really well. <laughs> uh, all right. Email from my mom. Oh, hi, yeah. James's mom. Okay, great. Oh, hi, uh, my mom says, hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> uh, just, oh, hi, listen to, just listen to the podcast with Brandon. So funny. Laughed the whole drive home. Nothing like nice. old friends. Nice. Uh, we did have a great acapella on that one. Ooh. It, it came through really good. I'm like, wow, we actually hit all the right notes. Still the nerdiest thing I've heard all year. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is, uh, uh, is going to make me sound old, but wow, this year went fast. Unfortunately, there are several movies that I have not been able to see yet, ones that came out during the holidays. Truth is, if, they were, if we were really excited about them, we would have made it happen. Aquaman, <laughs> Bumblebee. Now, uh, now I'm hearing really wonderful things about Spider-Man into the uh, Spider-Verse. Maybe consider scheduling the 2019 film explosion a few weeks later, so the fans have a little time to catch up. Just a thought, smiley face. Uh, Never. <laughs> once, once again, this was hard. I think it was. Uh, I think it should be by category. Because seriously, like, how do you compare Avengers to Mary Poppins? Uh, but I'm gonna follow the rules. Both this superheroes. Time. I'm gonna follow the rules this time, sort of. Uh, and so here are my top ten. Ten. Sorry. Karen. Oh, I was just gonna say like, oh, so we've been saying it's gonna be Captain Marvel who rescues Tony. No, it's gonna be Mary Poppins. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, Yondu is Mary Poppins. Oh, <laughs> he dead. I'm back, y'all. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. With the whistle. Uh, Man, okay. I should write movies. Her number ten. Solo, a Star Wars story, Ant-Man, the Wasp, Widows, Paddington 2, Ready Player One, all things tied for number 10. I told you this was hard. <laughs> <laughs> My film got on there, so I'm good. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right, number nine. I can only imagine. Uh, great, uh, great job telling this story. Good acting. The main character could really sing. Uh, con- congrats for making a quote, Christian movie that doesn't suck and make me want to pull my hair out. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> you can see where I get it. Uh, number eight, Game Night. Uh, this one stands oh, wow. out because it was the biggest surprise. We weren't expecting too much. We nice, only went uh, because we were just in the mood to see something. Uh, there are scenes. Oh, there are scenes that still make me laugh. Number seven, a simple favor. Great mystery, oh suspense. Loved thinking it through. To uh, uh, love thinking it through to figure it out. Anna Kendrick was too good. That's why it's number seven and not higher. She says Anna Kendrick was too good. Andrew Kendrick needs to try less hard next time. <laughs> um, Man, Emil's yeah. lover in that black dress. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> number Hello. six. Mi- number six. Mission Impossible Fallout. Action! 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 <laughs> uh, and had a story to go with it. Uh, number five. Black Panther. Uh, this is a reminder that I need to watch it again. <coughs> need to uh, need to order it. Uh, I want to live in Wakanda. Uh, number four. Don't we all? <laughs> number four. First man. Ditto to whatever James said. <laughs> Unfortunately, James talked about how much it sucked. So. <laughs> Unfortunately, James put it at eight. Um, uh, this was just great to see the inside story and to know what his that his family approved. Uh, if you want to have a taste of being in space in 1969, there are things th- scenes that I thought where I thought the theater was shaking or spinning. I want to call that film now A Taste of Space in 1969. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, 
Christopher Robin. Sweet. That's how she would say it. Uh, sweet. Uh, Pooh is so innocent and wise. Yeah, I love yeah. all these characters so very much. I think she even there's a little like British inflection in there too somewhere. Uh, number two, Avengers Infinity War. Uh, yes. Great to see the pieces of the story come together and to not have a typical, quote, good ending. Now we'll wait to see if they, quote, fix everything. Uh, this one holds a special place uh, for us because Rich and I got to see it a second time at the Alamo Mission in San Francisco, the Ooh. one in the Mission District, which is a beautiful theater. Oh, my gosh. Um, that place is so beautiful. Uh, I'm reading her now. That place <laughs> is so beautiful. Uh, and we were in the main theater, which is huge. And number one, Mary Poppins Returns. Amazing. A sequel that's, uh, that is still original. <laughs> Everything about the movie was great. A classic musical with all new music. Uh, Where the Lost Things Go started crying as soon as the song began. Me and your mom are like kindred spirits. Seriously. Uh, honorable mention, Paul, uh, Apostle of Christ, another quote Christian movie that did a great job. Beautifully told. Here we go, gentlemen. Biggest disappointment. The Favorite. <gasps> yes, a little humor, but mostly just very sad people living very sad lives and making very sad decisions. That's why I love it. <laughs> uh, which is fair. Now I don't have to have the conversation, guys. Next time I see her, I'm just going to like avoid eye contact as much as possible. Be like, oh, oh no, you saw the favorite. I can't look at you. My son. <laughs> to be fair, I was trying to tell her to go see Bumblebee because I knew she would enjoy that. But she had all, by the time she got my text, she was like, uh, we aren't about tickets for the favorite. And I was like, all right. I thought you were going to say, I was going to tell her to see Bumblebee, but it came out as the favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you should go see my favorite Transformers film. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, uh, all right. The very last thing. Looking forward to hearing the podcast. I'm sure I'll hear <laughs> about some movies I need to see. Film explosions are my favorite. This uh, Is the next one going to be 1979? Uh, that was a good year for movies. Alien, Kramer versus Kramer, the jo the jerk, Mad Max. Love you guys, Carol. Yeah, thanks for doing year. the film solution for us, Carol. <laughs> that's true. Don't fucking yeah, I think all our list would have those five on it. So. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That would be it. Um, man, I've and gone back and like even '83 is like tough to make ten out of. Yeah, at least for me. Yeah, anything. Back I can't make four out of that year. Oh yeah, sorry. Although her film explosion list does bring up a good question, what was the biggest disappointment for you guys this year? Oh. Uh, hurricane heist. <laughs> oh, come on! That movie was dope. Um, no, that's the cloud had a skeleton that, in it. That was my least favorite film of the year. Um, uh, uh, Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, that, that was a big that was a because it it should be Predator, but, but like, but that's fun. Paradox but is not pretty. Predator's pretty okay until the last ten seconds when it becomes worse than a than a uh, Power Rangers reboot. Yeah. Um, but Cloverfield Paradox like could have been like could have been awesome, and all the people were awesome. And they not only did they burn that movie, but they burned the Cloverfield name at the height of the Cloverfield name. Like you can't probably ever call a movie Cloverfield again. Um, yeah. I'd say Aquaman's probably my biggest disappointment. Cause oh. I, I, the only reason I was because I did, had no expectations in it because at the end of the day, it's a dude who talks to fish. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I don't know. I now for me, like the, the expectation for me is that, you know, after taking criticisms for past movies and then trying to, again, world build, it's yeah. just like it, it just falls so far from the tree for me. You know, also Fifty Shades Freed. I expected no. another like 
helicopter crash or yes, something. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. Fifty Shades Freed is too mediocre, like too good into mediocre to be as bad as I wanted it to be. Like, yep. was it bad enough? Yep. And that was so disappointing. Yeah, um, it's still the worst film I saw this year. But uh, Fahrenheit 451 was probably my. It's in my opinion oh, the second. The, in my opinion, the second worst film of the year, uh, uh, primarily because it had so much going for it 11, that it's just nine? wasted. What you said 451? You mean 11 nine? No, no, no. Like the actual. Yeah, no, like HBO mean, made uh, there, there, there was a there was Michael a B. Jordan, Michael, Michael Shannon remake. Yeah. I didn't didn't see it come out. It, don't know when I was supposed it, to see it. It's directed, well, it's an HBO film. It's directed so. by oh. Ram, it's yeah. it's Ramin Barani, the guy who did 99 Homes, yeah, which was on my film selection 2015 list. Yeah. I'd also say yeah. The Predator because yeah. Oh yeah. Given like how much like I enjoy the nice guys and obviously his like it's 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 a fun movie, but it just it doesn't like yeah. it does add to the canon of Predator while also not doing it. Ain't like Yeah. It's just I, I think the problem with it like I think it's a fun film, but it kind of loses its momentum at the end where there's some weird editing in it yeah. and There's uh, a there's an awesome three hour version of that movie. Yeah, it just has, has to be. Even yeah. if it's even if it's on paper somewhere like, there's just character moments at the end that don't come out of nowhere, yeah. and you're like, oh, shit, there must have been more to this. Yeah. And then that last scene is the worst scene of the year, <laughs> for at least for me. Like, um, <sighs> well, Happy Time Murders was actually kind of the one I was disappointed about. Um, it's cool. Henry made a better puppet film this year, though. So, <laughs> um, it, I'm genuinely not joking. His movie is really fucking good. You, uh, if you guys haven't watched it yet, please do. Um. Uh, oh yeah. Oh well, I meant amongst these guys. Um, but um, also, I mean, Clint's outings this year were fucking just. Fifteen seventeen to Paris is the worst one. The Mule's okay, but I was still disappointed by like how many things it misses. But like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, I'll be glad when this fucking miniseries is done or this filmography thing is done. Um, honestly, though, the biggest disappointment was honestly Skyscraper. Um, wow, I did not really like Skyscraper. I was the least enthusiastic about it, I think, of the oh. bunch. And I know, I'm lame. But, uh, I think that's the surprise. I, the surprise is that your expectation was so high that you could be disappointed. <laughs> it was Dwayne Johnson legless, or like, missing a leg on a tall building that's yeah. on fire. It's How fun. could this not have been perfect for, yeah. for me to enjoy? And I just, I don't know why. It just didn't click I'd with me. Watching it again last night, it's fun. Um, like, it's not great. And I wanted to like Tomb Raider more than I did. I don't yeah. think it's bad. I no, just, it's not. It's just not what I was hoping it would elevate it to. I don't yeah. know. No, I thought it was good. I didn't, yeah. I didn't come out of it uh, yeah. and go like, this is the start of an amazing franchise. I came out of it and was like, oh, you you still made some of those mistakes I was hoping you'd avoid. But this was good. Yeah. Um, and then also like Ocean's 8. I like Ocean's movies a lot. Ocean's 8 was not. It's not Kate terrible, but it's it. not but it's not great. And it could have been pretty great if they had done something better with it. I think the team is just too too small. You can't. What we've learned is you can't have a great heist with less than ten people. Like uh, that, that. This is what we know now. Like, you just can't. So we'll parlay that. Uh, what are your biggest surprises, Corinne? What movie surprised you the most this year? That it was well made or good? I don't know. <laughs> All right, just because I'm. A, I, I would say stuff say, like uh, uh, upgrade. Yeah. That. Um, well, the biggest disappointment for me, I didn't see any really horrendous movies this year. Um, I have some you can watch. <laughs> that's okay. I'd say Mamma Mia 2 is probably the worst one I saw, but even that I would maybe rewatch again. <laughs> I would, I Henry, actually, Henry I saw it twice in the theaters, not of my own volition, but <laughs> I mean, it was, it, 
It's a torture I'm willing to sit through again. Let's say it that way. Red Sparrow, however, was probably the biggest disappointment for Hell me. Hell yeah, girl, that movie is trash. I love that movie. That I'm almost made my list. I was going to say, I'm surprised it wasn't on your list. I was because it's, it's, it's mean and dirty and yeah. full of entry. I love exactly. that movie. It's, it's probably the movie I would be the least willing to rewatch because oh, no, it was just it. so long I've watched and it like three kind times. of just stupid. It's like, now that I know what the twist is or what the ending is, it's like, okay, we're good. I don't need to see it again. Nope, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, like, a uh, big surprise. I loved Upgrade. Yeah. It was that, great. Yeah. Um, Blew me away. Hotel Artemis is the other one that I think... Yeah, I um, I, what? Uh, you, you were asking me if I liked it? No. I loved oh. it. It was me. Oh, I, that's right. Yeah. It was Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... Hotel Artemis is one where, like, I, I watched it on a plane and was like, I don't know what this is, whatever. And I was having a, a great time. Like, didn't make my list. So, you know, it's somewhere in a middling 16, 17, yeah, 18, something yeah. like that. But, like, um, a lot of fun that I yeah. had this year, for sure. You know where I also had a lot of fun? And a perfect film called Mamma Mia 2. <laughs> <laughs> that film has Cher in a film about ABBA. And it's described as anything other than perfect? Come on. <laughs> um, I was surprised by Bumblebee. Um, oh, you saw it? Yeah, I'm not a big Transformer fan. Transformers uh, the toy or Transformers the Michael Bay George? The Michael Bay movies. Okay. Um, in wait, fact, wait, I haven't... Are we, re- are, we, are, we, are we reviewing this next week? <laughs> we can. Um, I'm going to see it. But yeah, it's uh, that's a, a surprise for me. Um, I like Peppermint a lot. Uh, yeah. I always like revenge thrillers and um, obviously ballet dancers. Um, for me, I think Deadpool 2 is kind of surprising. I didn't like the first one that much. I mean, it was an enjoyable film, but I wasn't like, oh, praise Jesus, it's like the best thing ever. But I almost like the second one better than the first one. Yeah, um, I'd actually it's agree. It's more mature, yeah. And also Deadpool 2 gets my Jack Benny Award because it has a reference. Do you remember that Pacific Rim Uprising came out this year? <laughs> we don't talk about it, Ryan. Yeah, it I, came out the same time I, as the Laura Croft movie, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I, think so. I, I don't hate Uprising. It's um, all right. Uh, a Star is Born was the most surprising for me, probably, because like, this story's been told for three, four, three, three times before, and one of them was with Streisand, and it wasn't gr- good at all. But Cooper made a fucking tongue. great one. You hold your damn tongue, sir. Yeah, no, I won't. I'll let it spill out. Um, yeah, but, but uh, Papa, can you hear me? It's an immediate downgrade. What? What was that? No, it, it, that's true. It does not have James Mason in it. That is the one thing it's missing. So immediate downgrade from that. Yes, agreed. It will never top James Mason. Um, but uh, also Overlord. Uh, Overlord uh, is awesome. Because I don't, I don't know what I was going to expect out of it. Like, is it just I didn't see a lot for it, and then yeah. I was blown away. It was yep. great. Um, Zach has burnt a lot of bridges in my friendship today. <laughs> so, He's a lot of you didn't like Overlord? Today. No, I'm just pointing yeah. out that you've insulted my taste in movies many times today. So, oh. Like, <laughs> oh no, I didn't mean to. Sorry. It's been like three times, but it's fine. Okay. Uh, I also realized I also got hot eyes at uh, Creed Two when uh, Rocky finally talks to his son. Oh yeah. So the things in Creed Two surprised me. Yeah. Uh, oh, Hostels. Hostels was good. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Hostels is great. Yeah. Ben Foster is great in Hostels. Mm-hmm. He is maybe my favorite character in that. And I was surprised at how much I enjoyed uh, a futile and stupid gesture. Oh yeah, which I think that's is, my uh, uh, my number twelve. Oh, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. it was a, a a fun little movie. Also, so. quick little plug for Hold the Dark. 
not a movie I would like, but it's really well made. Yes. It's like dark and brutal, but every shot of it is gorgeous. That and is the performances like are Sparrow. wonderful. And <laughs> what? And like Red Sparrow, it's a bad movie. Yeah, no. Nah. I don't know if I'd say it's bad. Last 20 minutes of Hold the Dark, man. I just. I it's weird. It. Yeah. I don't know if I'd say it's bad. I would probably rewatch Hold the Dark before I'd rewatch Red Sparrow. Well, let me know. I, I have it. <laughs> if you want to watch Red Sparrow, you can read about it on the top 18 Blu rays of 2018. Yeah. Do you want to hear my stats? Yeah. Yeah. Do it. So, Did you uh, get your goal? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you were here last week. So I, I met my movie theater goal. 41 theaters in the Denver metro area. Wow. Uh, over 365 days. Um, I went to the theater 157 times. Gross. 42 of those were like old movies that had been brought back for a re-release. Uh, 40 of them were repeats of movies that came out this year. And yeah. Yeah, that's it. Nice. Wow. Oh, so 90 new new films. Damn. Wow. For, the, for the first time ever, gentlemen and lady, uh, <laughs> when I look at the board and it shows me the remaining time left on the disc, it's like small enough that I go, oh my. It's a thing to worry about. Yeah. We've recorded a lot of audio. That's because we love diddling your ears with our sweet sounds of voice. I don't know what I was trying to go for. I'm sick. I don't know what I'm saying half the time. Dude, you you speak sexy when you're sick. Oh, good. Good. Someone has to. Yeah, I know. Lord knows I'm not going to do it. Fuck everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Do me a favor. Do an audio book of Fifty Shades of Grey for me. (laughs) And as as Dorian entered the room, long thought dead from his helicopter crash. Oh, wait, it's Christian Grey. (laughs) When you said... When you said the word entered, I was so terrified about what we're doing. No, uh, yes. Let me let me back. Christian entered the room, long that thought dead from his helicopter crash. But he came in with just a couple of dirt smeared on his face and and pissed off that everybody was in his house. And his clothes were nicely pressed. And then bad publisher man took a picture that he took with his cell phone and printed it out, and then he took his cigarette and burned it and said, I'm coming for you. And although Anastasia was just brand new at the at picking out covers for the books, it was already in the window of her shop. God damn it, this movie. <laughs> Yest- yesterday, when Christian spanked Anastasia, she was like, no, that's not cool. But today, it was great, because it's a sequel. Let's keep going. <laughs> it's been 16 days since they met. <laughs> it's not weird. I forgot how quickly that franchise takes place. <laughs> like... Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like 14 hours before they're married. Well, also, it just proves that you can um, find love, find love <laughs> by buying someone a bunch of like random expensive shit. But at first, she's going to reject it. But then she doesn't. She says, "Oh, you know, what? I'll be the editor of this firm yeah. because you know I think I speak for all women." Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think really the key to a woman's heart is money. So, yeah. like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Oh, it's not just money. It's cars, Apple computers. A thick cock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I don't uh, think you can top anything. Uh, See you next week, James' mom. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.